welcome, fake nerds, to episode 287 of the Fake Nerd Podcast, where we're here to discuss how when you trust in nature, capitalism will find a way to destroy your privately owned crops. So we're going to be diving into Jurassic World Dominion today. Uh, We are Sans Ben. Ben is uh, taking mental health time and personal time, and we support his endeavors in that regard ben did mention to me he was going to try to send his thoughts about both our film and our book club today uh it hasn't happened yet but if they come through while we're recording great i also want to say before you introduce me i also want to say i texted him saying look because he's ghosted me the whole weekend um i just want like hey if you if i'm sending you an invite if you want to just pop on and hang out you're welcome but no pressure so he, he may show cool. up we, we don't cool. know uh, and the voice you just heard is Brandon T. McClure. We're also here with uh, the voice of Ryan Eliopoulos. Jurassic World Dominion. I'm waiting for Jurassic World Dominions. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. That's the first. I, that's the first Minions movie. They team up with the T Rex. I, yeah, I really yeah. thought you were going to go with Jurassic World Dominatrix. There's um, a Minions ad yeah. at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Like a they trailer? did like a yeah they did like um they did like a video version of like when um when James Cameron had like the avatar art congratulations congratulating Avengers basically like the minions do a little like real congratulating <laughs> Jurassic World on on existing essentially because Thanks they're both owned by the making same making us a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 the minions like doing a cute bit with the minionized version of dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it was fun. Uh, I'm Sparks Witty and we're we're just uh we're here we're chilling we're grooving having a good old time. Like yeah it. and you know what we also have links done well no i should have segued into it's our sixth you... anniversary today oh, today is our sixth oh. anniversary as we are recording this it is our sixth year anniversary wow for less than four more hours happy anniversary everyone uh this 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 is great and to yeah. celebrate to segue into the links in our description mm-hmm. we have uh, a a special as always every year we put out a, a annual i call it an annual um our fnp annual 2022 is up now you can check that out and that is linked below um is a celebration of six years of our show mm-hmm. um, yeah and uh, mostly it's a celebration of us but you know um, genuinely it, shocked with the runtime of this one we're the podcasters a little yeah yo it's man never be shocked we're five star run times all the time it, you know, if you look at our annuals, like I understand why la- the last annual was as big as it was. But mm-hmm. before that, we were at, like ringing out about two hours on an annual. We went a whole extra hour on this last one. I was kind of surprised because we, we we even had to cut out questions. So like, that's true. I was, true. I was genuinely stunned. As I said on the annual, you come to the Fickner podcast for the length. That's true. Um, Adon- Adoni Zedek, our good friend. Yay! Hey! Woot woot. Six years in the comments. Yeah, Thank you, Marty. I thought it's Thank like you, wart, sir. Wart, like an elite. Wart, wart, um, wart. Love that, man. So, yeah. So so you can find both the audio and the video of that episode down below in the description. You can just check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, again, thank you, everyone who supported us for six years. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey, if, you, if you've been listening to us for a month or six years, thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. you. Um, We're almost at 500 videos on YouTube. Whoa. I'm just saying, remember when we didn't do videos and now we have almost 500? Yeah, yeah, we still don't have her on YouTube. My subscriber count. I, oh. I, 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 like, I, I decided not to say the subscriber count on YouTube, but oh, I don't know hey, why. You know what? Uh, uh, everyone matters to me. That's, all I don't That's true. It's always going up. 
Um, so outside of that, there's other things that you can check out as well from the show. Um, two Fake Nerds Watch episodes dropped this week are Obi-Wan Kenobi for episodes uh, three and four. Mm -hmm. um, and A Strange New Worlds for episode five, which Sparks yes. was on. That was the one you were on, Sparks. That is the one I was on, yes. Yeah. So you can check out both of those. Uh, Strange mm -hmm. New World 6 has been recorded, and it'll be up uh, this week sometime, yeah. I'm sure. I, I must not have been liked on it because I was not invited back. Um, I was just so about to it ask. Was done, no, it was done without me. Listen, okay. it's hey, it's one of those things. It's it's you like you you put on a yes once, and then they expect to come sometimes, back. Sometimes, sometimes you don't have the chemistry, and I don't I don't know if I had the chemistry. No, on it, so I want. I, you know how it is. <laughs> Let's we'll get you on to the next one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing was, I I had to like do some work on the channel, so I was in the YouTube, and I looked, and I'm like, oh, he's recording Strange New Worlds right now. All Listen, right. <laughs> not everyone can be on everything. No, it's true. It's true. And I had I had quite a full week, surprisingly. Um, may I take the baton from you for a moment, Brandon? Sure. Okay, I just want to talk about some of the things that are coming up. So that Strange New Worlds will come out this week. Uh, we did record a conversation about the first half of the season of The Boys, episodes one mm -hmm. through four. That is going to drop tomorrow, Monday. Uh, we will have um, a discussion, because we're talking about Dominion today. Brandon and I recorded a discussion about the entire Jurassic franchise up to this point, because we both rewatched the movies this mm -hmm. week. And that'll be coming out uh, probably Tuesday, along Beautiful. with... Um, uh, our review section of Dominion cut out from this episode. So those yeah. will both come out in Strange Worlds, of course, as we mentioned before. And then uh, Fake Nerds Watch, keep a look on the horizon. At the end of the week, we'll have Miss Marvel 1 and 2 for you. That'll Big be as well. There you go. So yeah, uh, that... that oh, I was oh. About them the week. And, and just real quick, talking about things that are upcoming. Uh, we are not talking about um, Game Fest news or trailers uh, at all in this episode. That is because Ryan and Ben and uh, hopefully Brandon and I as well are going to do a pause menu discussion later this week talking about all that stuff. Get ready. We'll see what's we'll see what's revealed. Um, <laughs> it's already mostly done. So yeah. probably not me then. Yeah. Um, I didn't want you to feel excluded. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Yes. Marty Marty in, in the chat. My son did two. Maybe he can be on the podcast. No. <laughs> um sorry. Pacey? Yeah, Pacey. Okay, Pacey. Sorry, Marty. I shouldn't have asked that like a question. Um okay. I was leave that out later. I've been in this guy's life for so long I don't even know the name of his kids. Jason? No, that I know is not that's not. <laughs> All right, I threw you off your groove. What are the rest of the links this week? Right, so that's all for the uh, links for the show. There are personal links, however. I'll start with Ben, because Ben's not here to say anything for himself. Um, but two episodes of his Grayson Live series on Super Mario Brothers. Nope, Super Mario 3D World. Yeah. Um, that dropped uh, episodes 35 and 36. Uh, I only watched 35. I didn't get to watch 36 yet. But uh, still a good time. They're still going through that game, so... Check those out if you like. Those are linked below. Let's -a go. Ryan, your YouTube channel is also linked below again. That's had some activity this week. Yay! I wasn't totally depressed this week. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, it is a part of my week, so I'll just talk about the stuff that I did for the YouTube stuff and the, the Twitch stuff. Uh, I started playing Asura's Wrath, which is a 2012 Happy 10 Anniversary, uh, 2012 original anime game made by CyberConnect2, the company that makes every single anime game ever made. So if you've played a Naruto game, a One Piece game, any of those fighting games, they're the people who make them. Um, this is a game that is truly the definition of a cult classic. It barely sold any copies, um, but I, I played it when it came out because I, I like playing weird shit. And it is excellent. It is truly, uh, uh, to be reductive, it's anime God of War. It's about a dude getting revenge for uh, the gods killing his family. He's also a god. Uh, there's human instrumentality involved. Uh, there's Evangelion stuff. He turns into a big berserk monster. Uh, it's basically like a super action-y telltale game where you're doing a lot of uh, command inputs, but it's like it's like a narrative thing where you're just like watching shit happen and it turns into a brawler at times. Um, I'm really loving it. I'm having such a good time. I remember it uh, uh, not as well as I thought because like there's a guy who has a sword that turns into a mile long sword and he stabs you in, into the atmosphere. Um, it's like just excellent, like excellent stuff. And it makes me really sad that the game did do well. I'm hoping because there's still one more press conference and it's the Capcom one that maybe Capcom will do something for a 10th anniversary for a game mm -hmm. that literally nobody's played, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Um, I played. Well, I hope. I, I hate weirder things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Um, I played some Fortnite with sparks and ben mm -hmm. we also went to a free and marty concert. and marty marty was there it's true uh marty was not there for the concert that we went to um oh i wish smart can you quickly look up his name uh the artist who who's thinking uh, i believe it's gen hoshino yes i believe that's right uh it's, it's a japanese artist and he does the he mm -hmm. does the i believe the theme song for spy family is that correct? Uh, he, I, uh, what I heard is that he's got a lot of notoriety right now for making the ending theme for the anime Spy Family that's hitting right now. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, he's uh, he has a free concert in Fortnite that you could watch, and it's like twenty minutes of just jams, just hot Japanese jazzy jams. Um, and you can just chill out, or you can also like still earn experience, uh, running around doing cool stuff while watching this free concert. Um, and they do that shit all the time apparently, and I just, I just, uh, uh they, they don't usually give. Uh, they don't give you usually give you the quest with the experience for it. Yeah, I thought uh, that was a nice change. Yeah, uh, but I hope they do that more because like it, it introduced me to a new artist. Uh, it gave me again a free concert in this really silly video game. Um, I just had a really good time. Uh, I'm sure I played more video game stuff, but uh, I've been bouncing around Game Pass so much recently just because there are literally like 500 games on that thing. So I've been playing just a bunch of stuff, but nothing really that I really need to talk about. Um, I started to watch Arcane. I watched the first episode. It's oh, really wait. Are you in? I, I have more links if you want to wait for your. For your I've, week. I, yeah, you sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Yes, link time. Um, real quickly. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I, uh, I really, I really want to hear you talk about Arcane. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to get through these real quick. Yeah, yeah. So I have some links in the description as well. Um, my screen rent work is all of Jurassic World Dominion. I got a chance to write a bunch of Jurassic World Dominion stuff. Um, I've got one where it's like, you know, the major plot points you need to remember before watching the movie. Don't read that. It's useless. Um, I also have one where... <laughs> Man, don't you hate that? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I uh, also have a where all the characters were last time you saw them. And uh, I did not know that two characters were in this movie. So that's actually incomplete. But don't tell Screen Rant. They'll get mad at me. I don't think they give a shit. Um, and uh, I have a Geeked Week one. We're going to talk about Geeked Week, but I got a Geeked Week thing um so yeah that was that was really cool i'm sure i got another one up this week i think i wrote five articles this week nice. oh i got a ranking i have a jurassic world jurassic franchise ranking on letterbox that i wrote after i saw dominion 
little quick story about that one. I had wrote all the entries prior to watching Dominion because I didn't want to spoil Dominion for myself. And so then I, so I put Dominion where it was in Letterboxd. And so then when I saw the movie and went back, I had to change where it was because the ranking had gone down. <laughs> Hot it dog. Updated. Hot dog. So that was fun. Um, speaking of Jurassic World, I also wrote an article, um, a pretty lengthy kind of expose. Not an expose. It's just, I really like the Indominus Rex. I really like the Indominus Rex as a concept. And I think it works very well in Jurassic World. And I wrote about, I attempted to write about why. Um, so if you're interested in that, that's linked below. It's called Indominus Rex, uh, the perfect Jurassic uh, anta uh, antagonist, I believe. Um, I kind of like talk about how, like, I think it's the, the, uh, the, the most, uh, what's the word? It's like the, it, it, it is what they're talking about in Jurassic Park taken to the extreme. It's the, it is that, it is that end point for what Hammond had done. Um, that they decided to go continue with, and I don't think they should have. Those sparks, you're muted. Right. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I want to answer Marty's question real quick. Um, can you follow a specific author on Screen Rant, like notifications and stuff, or do you just gotta visit the page? I don't think you can get specific author notifications, but I don't think so either. I don't think so, but um, you can go and search the author's name. And mm -hmm. get a page of all their pieces. Yeah, uh, that's what's linked below. Is that if you search my name, you'll find that page, and I right. linked that below. But yeah, um, I don't think there's a notification system that's for individual authors. I think it's just a notification system for the site. No, I don't think so either. Um, at least I don't know of one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so the Indominus Rex thing. This like I think that's the what Hammond set out in Jurassic Park. I think comes to a head with the Indominus Rex. And I, so that's kind of just what I write about what I tried to vocalize in that piece. Mm. Um, and then my 37th entry in my visiting the infinity saga series has gone up. Did I do something for Kaiju ramen? No. Okay. Uh, I, thought, I just had a flash of something that maybe I did, but I didn't. Um, my 37th piece for, for revisiting the infinity saga, revisiting the infinity saga is out. And that's about Anthony. If you remember uh, Ant-Man's loyal steed from the first Ant-Man movie, we all like the Ant-Man movies. Anthony. Um, I wanted to give uh, uh, some love to that character. Um, and so I did. So that's up there. That's linked below. You can check those out. That's everything. That's all the links below. Check them out. We did a lot of cool stuff. We've done a lot of fun stuff. So, yeah. It's true. Right? All of it. Continue. It's me. Take it around. And actually, I did do more stuff for the YouTube channel, so I could just come right back to me. Go ahead. Um, summer, Sparks happened. I was just going to say, Mag uh, asked what I miss, and Mag, you only missed our opening stuff about things that are out there. All the links. Mag, happy anniversary to you, too. I don't know. Yeah, you're Whatever. a real one. He's a real one. <laughs> um, so, Summer Game Fest happened, and um, Devolder Digital, who makes all the best, or they release all the wildest, craziest uh, indie games, uh, they put out a bunch of demos. Um, and I wanted to stream something, but I didn't want to stream anything like hardcore or like... Uh, narrative because like i didn't i wasn't feeling it but i there's a bunch of games came out uh so i'm going to talk about them now one of them is called Angerfoot. Angerfoot is a level based uh uh brawler where you literally kick as your weapon and it's um it's timing based so you try to get through the level as fast as you can um and it grades you on uh how fast you do it if you kill all the enemies if you do it using only the foot instead of instead of other weapons uh and it's like really fast really intense the music is blaring in your ears um 
there's a game called Hotline Miami, which is very similar to, which came out a while ago. So there's a lot of inspirations from that. Um, really fun. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the Summer Games Fest episode of Basement Arcade. I also played Midnight Fight Express, which is another isometric brawler uh, that it's just Arkham Combat, but it's not a bad thing. You know, you have a, a block, you have a punch, you have a parry, you have a dodge. Um, that's about a city being take over, taken over by gangs, and you're just a dude trying to stop it. Uh, uh, it's just a really cool brawler. Doesn't seem super... I don't, I don't see mean like in depth, but it's also just a demo. But I had a really good time. Cult of the Lamb. That's a hot one that I'm really excited for. And I can confirm that it's absolutely a game I'm ready to play. It is Animal Crossing and Hades put together. Um, the Hades that. section, yeah, the Hades section is you going through a, um, a grid of you choosing which path to go. Uh, some paths will give you resources. Some will give you fighting enemies. And you use uh, coins from enemies and use resources to build your, your cult village to resurrect your mm -hmm. Cthulhu god who brought you back to life. Uh, that's your goal now. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to hear it. because You're a, a lamb. You're a lamb. I'm very happy to hear it because we were hot on that trailer last year. Yeah, uh, uh, it plays like a like a Zelda game, you know. You have, oh like, my like, god, I remember that trailer. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. a long time ago. <laughs> like you save, like you save this deer from getting murdered, and then you conscribe them into your cult, and then uh, it's just it gets, it's it's like um Happy Tree Friends or like the the evil animals in um in South Park during like the Christmas Critter stuff, like all that stuff. It's like the juxtaposition of tones of cute animals doing murderous things. Really, really good. It's really selling it. And then the last game I played, the demo, was Metal Hellslinger, which is a Doom-inspired rhythm shooter where uh, they're every time on the beat, uh, if you shoot oh, on I the beat... I remember this one. Yeah, if you shoot on the beat, you do extra damage and you do critical stuff, um, which launches you into melee attacks. Um, and it's all on the beat. And if you do it offbeat, it doesn't do any damage. So it's like it's it's music inspired. And what's awesome about it is you need to make co you need combos to not only do more damage, but to um, to unlock more of the song because it just starts with the and then the drums come in and then the then the guitar comes in. And once you hit the maximum uh combo the vocals come in and when the vocals come in it it feels excellent because you just kill the dude and it goes 16 maximum and then the lady goes ah! and it's like it's like every time that happens it's just excellent and playing on the ps5 y'all rumble shit is happening all the time with the beat it's excellent uh the demo's on ps5 so you guys can play it highly recommend it it is tough uh but it's like a fun challenging and it's all real music by huge musicians like lamb of god and and system of a down um, and what's a bunch the, of other what's people. The, what's the game called again? Uh, uh, Metal Hellslinger. Metal uh, you, you play as Troy Baker because he's the voice of everyone. And like the story seems completely whatever. Like you're a demon and you have the power of music trying to fight through hell. Um, trying to escape through hell. Um, seems really, really fun. Um, if it's, I probably honestly won't buy it if it's full price. Um, but uh, uh, it is definitely a fun game that I'm glad I got to experience. I really love the fact that on this podcast, any Troy Baker character is just now just Troy Baker. He's so good. The thing is, he is so good. But like when you are in a hundred games a year, you start to hear other, you start to hear similar characters. Yeah. And his voice, no joke, it is the exact same voice as his, his Ocelot voice from Metal Gear Solid. So I'm just <laughs> hearing Ocelot as this demon. And I'm like, well, it works, I guess, whatever. Um, so that's great. I got that up on YouTube or on Twitch to watch it. Um, but I will talk about some of more in depth during our uh, Games Fest video. I watched one, only one episode of Arcane. Um, I really liked it. Thought it was fantastic. Looks great. Um, it seems like episode one is kind of almost like a prologue because I know there's like a time jump. I'm guessing because like I see all the I'm, characters are old now. In a non-spoiler way, I'm going to tell you episodes one through three are essentially a prologue. Oh, okay. How how many episodes is it? Eight. Nine. Uh, nine. 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 nine? Oh, okay. Okay. 
I assume because the way the first episode ended, like mm. it was them going to grow up the next episode, but maybe not. No, it's you, no, you got something... two more episodes in prologue time. Cool. Something else happens that's cool. gonna that's gonna set the time jump. But yes, you're right. There is a time jump. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna get back to that. I am going to finish another series first because it has enraptured me, and it is what I've been watching uh, throughout the week, and that is Chernobyl. Um, uh, the Last of Us. Uh, TV shows coming out, and the guys who made Chernobyl are making The Last of Us. So I was inspired to go, okay, do these guys have the chops to make a Last of Us show? Because what I think of a Last of Us is like one of the greatest games ever made, one of the greatest, like not just games, one of the greatest stories ever told. Um, and I'm not exaggerating, guys. Like Chernobyl is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. There's a reason it won all these Emmys. Yeah. From episode one, it it is it is one of the most haunting. It's all it's all based in reality. Like some of the drama is fake, obviously for TV, but like all the all the characters is based on are real. The situation is real. All the science facts are real. I'm learning about like quantum physics and science and stuff, and like how uh, like atoms explode. It's really cool. Um, the thing about it that is so insane that's that that makes the show so good is the gaslighting and the and the manufactured control people try to have over a situation uh, where they don't want information to get out. Because this is the greatest, this at the time, it's the greatest natural or the greatest disaster in human history. The amount of radiation from this thing, guys, is like it's it's unfathomable. And like from episode one, when the reactor explodes, people are are melting in minutes. How when they're this close to the re, to the to the reactor, uh, firefighters who are removing gr gravel and, and debris, their hands start melting away. Like it is so insane. And the townspeople around them, like the air becomes irradiated and pregnant women start getting sick and everyone around the city starts getting sick for hundreds of miles. And this all really happened. So knowing this actually happened, watching this shit, and it's so well done. Um, it's it's one of the most like impactful shows I've ever seen. Uh Jared Harris is a star of it, Stellan Skarsgard is a second lead. Um a but it's a, a star-studded cast. Everybody's a famous person playing a like Russian character. Um, everyone's only speaking English, they're all British, which is fine, which is the thing I like. It's fine. Um, there's one scene specifically, and I was like, this is the scene that got them the last of us. There's a scene where they have their their uh odometers or whatever. It's not the odometers, that's for speed, uh, the radiation meters, and it's and it clicks when there's a lot of radiation. And when they are so far down in there, um, the radiation is so intense, all the clicks are so loud, they are so insane. It's these three guys who are going to their deaths to save Mother Russia. Basically, they know they're going to die, but they have to do this thing to to to, to uh, stop the reactor. Um, all of their flashlights start breaking down because there's so much radiation. So all of the clicks are going off. All of their flashlights are going off, and it slowly just fades to black as they're as the clicks are happening. And it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. It's so tense, and it's all real. And it's just like real situations. And I'm like, man, HBO, like I, I'm so glad The Last of Us is on HBO because if it was on like it, literally almost any other network, I just, I don't know if I'd have the faith it would be what it needs to be. Um, it is brutal. It is harsh. Uh, it's, and it's, uh, the, the KGB are some of the worst people who've ever lived. Uh, <laughs> but I think people who don't even live in Russia know that. Um, the way that they will silence people and they will stop misinformation to make Russia seem strong they're willing to kill hundreds of thousands of people to keep that alive. And that is a fact that's happening even right now in the world. And it's just scary. That's like, wow, this thing could have destroyed the world if, if these Russian scientists didn't save it. Um, and like all the things they did to it actually happened. And I'm like, this is incredible. Like, uh, like the fact that they don't teach that like this thing could have like wiped out half of Europe, like, uh, like in a couple months is like, 
is insane to me. It's one of the most insane stories I've ever seen. Um, that you know, all damage that it did to the world. You know, you you bring up something that I was reminded of the last time I talked to my dad. I was like, you know, it's, it's so interesting how how the course of history has been changed dramatically by by disasters, right? Like nuclear power is a cleaner power than 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 uh, fossil fuels, but because of what happened in Chernobyl, nobody trusts it anymore. It's just, and everyone thought everyone thought they knew what they were doing, and it was the smartest people in the world. And like, one of the cool, one of the most interesting things is like, again, it's like it's like Russian pride is like the 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 handbook that like details everything about the reactor. The one part that the one fault that they were able to calculate, they removed it from the book. So when something bad did happen, they didn't know what to do about it, and it destroyed it destroyed Russia. Uh, because they didn't want, because it couldn't be faulty. It's perfect. We built a perfect machine. Yeah. Um, it's just so well made and so well acted. And like, I know Stellan Skarsgård, he's, he's, he's so good in everything, but there's something about this performance where he is playing a Russian, uh, like party company man. He's all about Russia, but he's the one guy who has to go in to see what's really happening and seeing how all of the things that he's been, he's been lying about. It's all a facade. And like everything he's been doing for this country is not what he's been doing for this country. And his performance, like I, I get why all this won so many awards. I really do. Um, you guys should check it out one day. Like for real, it's just it is brilliant filmmaking. Uh, the first episode, the first episode is like a little standalone story in itself. Um, uh, I just I loved it so much. I cannot wait to finish it. Uh, I can't wait for season two. No wonder what happens afterwards. <laughs> no, um, you should watch. Have you seen Death of Solon? No. You should watch that. Okay, Death of Stalin. That's the comedy. That's the comedy. It's the comedy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, real quick, because you brought up Stalin. Sorry. Um, there's a great line where, like, the the head of 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 like the government who comes in to deal with the disaster, he's like, everyone knows this place is called Chernobyl. But you know, do you know the real name of it? And someone's like, it's the it's the Vladimir Lenin nuclear facility. And he's like, that's right, Vladimir Lenin built this place. And you're gonna you're you're gonna say he built it wrong. I'm like, God, you're going to go against the party? Are you? And just like, dude, they're just killing people for telling the truth. Just letting people die in the mean hand. And it's and it's like, I'm just going to keep going. I can't stop. Sorry. Uh, Jared Harris, <laughs> he's the one real soul. And he realizes that, like, he has to kill people to save the world, to save to save Russia and Europe from becoming a radiate irradiated disaster. He has to send Russian people to their deaths. Because there's it's only something humans can do. We don't have we don't have like super robots or, or like Boston Dynamics or you know like anything to fix that shit back in the 80s. Especially like in Russia, it's just all hand handmade uh, uh, stuff. And I'm like, it, it's beautiful to show like like the power of like Russian people, but also like how that like how the government spits in people's faces, like how much they trust them. Um, it's just truly compelling. Like one of the most compelling things I've watched in a long time. Makes me so excited for The Last of Us. That's my week. Okay, cool. Sparks, you want to go next? Oh, no, Brandon, why don't you go? I don't have a lot, so I, okay. I could do that. Go for it. Um, I watched a little docu little documentary on Disney+, Plus, about 30 minutes, um, about Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Buzz? Mm. Um, this is kind of their their promotion for Lightyear, um, which is basically talks about the creation of Buzz as a toy and then how the director of Lightyear got started on... Toy Story 2 that was his first movie at Pixar um and then went to and then like how he always kind of had like the idea well, what, what was that movie or show that this toy came from um and, and talking about how, and talking about Lightyear 
it was really cool to see what I actually didn't know they had, which was sorry, which was the um um we all know that there was this version of Toy Story where Woody was an asshole um mm-hmm. and Buzz was small. I didn't know that was animated. And I and they show a little bit of that. It's it's that awful. It's really cool. Yeah. It's definitely you feel like this ain't it. No. This ain't uh, it. And like they show like and they through that they they show that because they're showing like different the the design work that they were working on with Buzz and that first Toy Story like all the the ways they were like well what if we went like retro 60 sci-fi spaceman and um it was Lassiter who was like it should be a astronaut and then that and that came from that thing the 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 big thing is is that it's also a slight uh explanation of what the the inciting incident of Lightyear is and that was very fascinating because they're talking now they stop talking about Buzz Lightyear and they start talking about quantum physics hmm. And they start talking about, they get like an astronaut and some scientists to be like, here's the science behind Lightyear. Um, and I was like, oh, dang, <laughs> what, what are we doing? And basically like the idea of like, it's, uh, I'm not going to give anything away, I promise. Because um, I kind of wish I didn't watch. I kind of wish I watched it. I was going to I was gonna ask, I'm like, should I, should I wait? Because that's been my thing is I'm like, I'm nervous about knowing too much about the movie. I would, I would wait. I don't Understood. think it hurt anything. I don't think it hurt me my enjoyment of that movie but i think i would wait to watch it after understood thank um, you um yeah uh i i i suffered so you can succeed no i'm kidding <laughs> god uh so like the the thing that i really dug about it was was like they're talking about the science of like the faster you go the slower in time you move um and talking about how like that like that theory is kind of the crux of where Lightyear came from very cool after the movie's out, you all should watch it. Okay, absolutely. Um, I, I'll talk about this here. Sparks and I, we watched all the Jurassic films. That's true. I, I, we did it. We got through Jurassic Park to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It is crazy the 180 I did on Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did a whole, we did three hours on that, buddy. We did, we did a three hour discussion about Jurassic Parks one through five. So I won't say anything more there then because we've got that that talk coming this week. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of it is just gushing about the lost world, which I was happy to do. That's true. Um, I read. I don't know what I want to do next. Pick one for me. The, the movie or the comic? The comic. OK, the comic. I read more of the Mighty Thor. Um, which is Thor by, J- by complete which collection by Jason Aaron. This volume, which is volume four that I'm reading right now, goes through what I've read is the Unworthy Thor, which is a five issue miniseries about what Odinson was doing at the time of the last arc of, of the Mighty Thor. Um, and that introduces the ultimate Mjolnir is now on um, is now on uh, old Asgard, and the collector wants to wield it. That also introduces Thori, who's a murder dog from hell. He's great. I love him. Um, and introduces the War Thor. The reason why they put it in this volume is because the War Thor arc is the arc that goes that it comes that, that that's the next arc in that book is the War Thor arc. Um, He's like the War Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's and I did not know they sell you pretty quickly. I don't know if anybody if it's a spoiler to say who the War Thor is. They tell you pretty quickly in the book. I don't think it's a. Spoiler for really, like, right it's, in this context or anything. So it's Volstag. Yeah. Um, Volstag becomes the War Thor. He picks up Ultimate Mjolnir 
and becomes the war thor and it's cool because like everyone talks about like this mjolnir is angry because he's from a dead universe and so like he's it's so, like this mjolnir is corrupting volstag to basically destroy realms like destroy uh hell to destroy muspelheim and then destroy um Svartalheim. um and the mighty thor jane steps in to be like yo <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this no, um there. and that so that was really so that's really cool it's a really good arc and it's a really it starts because volstag is holding a bunch of uh light elves children on um on Nidavellir and when the and when Muspelheim attacks Nidavellir because the War of the Realms is happening in the background of this entire series right now um it burns and kills those children that he is trying to save oh. and he and he's just sitting there and that's what leads him to the ultimate Mjolnir meow meow um so that it's an awesome arc I was digging the hell out of it um, and then the next thing I read was Generations, which the Unworthy Thor and the Mighty Thor, which sees Jane Foster go back in time to when Thor was young and fought Apocalypse in uh, ancient Norse times. Um, and that was cool. Oh, also the that issue also introduces the idea of I didn't realize how how long ago Jason Aaron set up the Avengers 1 million BC. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that's it all in the background. Whenever he does a flashback for Thor, uh, when he goes back to like Norse times, that's always it there. There's like ancient ghost riders, ancient Panthers, the Phoenix force becomes a prominent character. There's a, at the end of generations, Odin is talking to the Phoenix force, mm-hmm. um, setting up what we know to be Avengers 1 million BC. That was kind of cool to see the beginning of that. Yeah. Really really love that book i'm glad i'm enjoying the enjoying the hell out of it every issue Mm. still got plenty of time to finish i have a july 8th and i think i got it yeah i think you're gonna be fine easy money um okay one more thing yeah unless you want to say something no 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 i wanted to what what's the next thing bob's burgers oh right you went and saw that i went oh you saw you saw the show you've seen the show right yeah, of course I've seen the show. I just don't remember who's seen yeah. what's in this one. It's me. I have never seen Bob, Bob's Burgers. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I love the Bob's Burgers TV show. I did not realize I had been watching it for 12 years, um, however long that show has been going on. Um, I just I just kind of got into the habit of just like, mm, new Bob's Burgers is on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think, I think the show is always great. Um, I don't think it's, it's lost a step. That movie is incredible. Um, if you are a fan of Bob's Burgers, and even if you're not, it's incredible. Um, Better it's... or similar to the Simpsons movie? Well, I haven't seen the Simpsons movie in decades, mm. so okay. I cannot accurately say. But better. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. It's it's a it's a higher stakes episode that's an hour and a half. Like the, it, it is a movie. It, it's not like they spliced it together a couple of episodes, or it's not like the stakes of the show. It is a higher, it is a, the stakes of a movie. It's not a sinkhole opens up. It is a murder mystery. Love it. Love it. Um, that Bob and Linda and the kids are just kind of embroiled in. It's very funny how they oh, get embroiled in it. Bobby. Um, it's really good. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great, like the, the Paul Red comes back. Like he's the horse again and Bob's Burgers. Um, a lot of cool guest stars once again. But it was very strange watching it at the beginning. And the first song is great. They're all all the songs are great. 
Um, because I think Bob's Burgers has always made great songs. But the beginning is so well animated. I turn to Zara and I go, it's so weird seeing them so animated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're no longer on a TV show budget, so they're moving a lot. And they got that shine. Yeah, and they got that shine. And they're like they're like the dances, like the they like move it. It's it, it's crazy. It's very good. It's one of my favorite movies that it's of the year so far. Um That's impressive. One of the, one of the best will, I've done all week. I will probably not see it in theaters, but I the second it's on something, I will. I'll I'm sure. Watch it. I'm sure it's coming to Hulu. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, because Bob's Burgers is on Hulu. Like I don't imagine it wouldn't be. Right. Exactly. It's, highly... on, it's on Epics. Yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, especially you, Ryan. You got to see the movie. I absolutely will. That's my week. Would you say that someone should be like? Could you? Could you go into this raw? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like a I don't think you'd get the same enjoyment out of it. Sure, I think it's a very good movie, regardless if you know Bob's Burgers or not. Sure, okay, oh, love it. Um, real quick, uh, Mag says they finally finished Young Justice season four. Oh, is so it worth is. it? Is it worth it? I've heard. Go ahead and let us know. Yeah, um, from my one friend who was consistently with it uh, after season three, season four is is uh, much better. I hope so, because season three really burned me. That's what everyone said. Uh, he, he's quite enjoying season four. All right. Well, if season four is better, maybe I'll give it another go. But... Definitely got better animation. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, right. Studio Mirror did the animation for the season, and so, like, they're great. Oh, oh, I should have watched this yesterday, then. Thanks. <laughs> I, will, I will jump in now. I'll take the okay. baton. Um, let's see. Uh, we mentioned Jurassic Park. That happened. Watch those movies. Um, the Boys... Watch that. Talked yep. about it up top. Uh, we're having a Fake Nerds Watch drop tomorrow for it. So, excuse me. Uh, check out our huge. thoughts there. Boop, boop. Played some Fortnite. Fortnite's fun. Having a good time. I'm riding animals. It's great. I went and saw Top Gun Maverick a second time because I took my friend Michael, who lives here, uh, and we really enjoyed it. Um, Michael had also gone through the same experience as me because we watched Top Gun together because neither of us had seen it. So he went through the same, like, experiencing the original and being like, oh. Uh, and then we uh, watched um, Top Gun Maverick together and he really enjoyed it. Can I, 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 I have one more thing and it's actually related to Top Gun. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, Captain Midnight here, I piloted uh, not just an F-18, but also piloted the co- the covert dark what's it called dark star the dark star from the Ma- maverick it's called the dark star right you just watched the movie i don't remember you just watched the movie twice it's called yeah, the dark star i don't anyway, i don't remember what it's called microsoft flight simulator released a top gun mission pack where it's about tutorials and like you fly like a jet which is completely different the, than a plane obviously the dark star the dark star thing is the thing they're talking about in uh the original not in Maverick. No, no, no. Right? The, be- the very beginning of Maverick when he's breaking the sound barrier, going 10 Mach. mach oh, 10. the one that he drives, Maverick. that he goes up the Mach in? Yeah. I don't remember if they name it. It's a dark star. In the movie. Definitely. This is the this is the thing that they announced that the Pelican was going to be a part of. Yes, uh, that's, that was where I was going to after this. Um, the Pelican kind of sucks, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Play, like, uh, you can play on, like, easy mode, uh, flight simulator, or hardcore mode. And y'all, when they mean hardcore mode, every effing button actually works does what it needs to do even on easy mode it's almost overwhelming um but it's really cool uh that they take it seriously and what's incredible about flight simulator this new one is it uses cloud technology so it uses satellite imaging so you can actually the campaign 
allows you to fly anywhere in the world to any of the major airports in basically real time for real. Uh, so I didn't finish I didn't finish it because it would have taken like like 35 minutes. But I went from L.A. to Monterey in the Dark Star going along the path that I drove. And seeing everything that I saw is incredible. Video game technology is incredible. The cloud that the Xbox thing is doing is incredible. The Pelican sucks. It kind of just goes up and down and it moves really slow, slower than a plane. It looks cool, though. Mm. Uh, real quickly, Mag's comment here uh, says yes, and they got a JL connect- cartoon connection. I heard about that. Razor the- as a as a red and blue lantern is in the show. I have to mm. catch up. Uh, you yeah. saw you saw Maverick the thing where you have to like go up and you have to spin and go down. That's one of the things you have to do in the mission in the tutorial. It's hard in the game. I'm sure it's hard in real life too. I'm, I'm um, frankly surprised uh, that they didn't just rebuild that track and be like, go do it. Uh, I think it might have it, it might have been a little too much work for how basic there it is, but it's still cool. Uh, the Dark Star mission, though, I don't know if it gets you to Mach ten, but like it keeps mo- ramping you up. And like after Mach three, I was like, I don't know if I can go any faster. And then it kept going to three point one, and I'm just like, just a little more, <laughs> just like <laughs> just like in the movie. Talk uh, to the goose. Talk to the goose. Yeah. Um, I I probably won't play that game very much, but it's very relaxing and being able to actually see like they have like destination destination missions where you can go from like the pyramid of giza to like uh to like the nile river and like all this incredible like like pre-made des- uh pre-made map stuff um that takes you on the most beautiful path of like realistic foliage incredible stuff uh sorry sparks back to you Top no it's cool um notably notably when i when we saw it a second time we saw it on um an xd screen so oh. the the screen was larger and i was like oh this is this is cool this is nice it's it's just it's a good film um uh michael said it is the pretty much probably the the ultimate version of what you can get of a jets is cool jets are cool plot film um true so uh we watched obi-wan i watched obi-wan kenobi we all watched obi-wan kenobi we talked about it that's here you can check that out our thoughts are here um i watched strange new worlds i won't say a lot about it uh i i watched it i'm liking it that's it about it's it. a hard episode this week uh i i'm not gonna say a lot about it because uh you know like wherever people are at this is not the place to spoil so i won't get into mm-hmm. it um uh i'm still liking the show lego jurassic world i picked it back up because i watched a bunch of jurassic franchise stuff and i'm like i feel like playing a game and there's not a lot of games in the jurassic franchise uh but i felt like playing one of the better ones and that's the lego one and i dabbled around in that for a bit because i've never finished any of the movies in that story except for the first one so i was like well i'm gonna put some time here um on xbox game pass both jurassic world evolution and evolution 2 the the park builders are on game pass for you cool yes that's true i wanted uh something not park builder gotcha gotcha in that in that interaction yeah yeah. um i was thinking about playing that but i'm still going through lego it's what it's what lego it's what the lego games do great like you're able to play through movies in a way that actually feels good like they're they're good movie adaptation games um mm-hmm. in their own way. Uh Craig of the and, Creek. And you can play as a dinosaur. That's true. Well, you if you couldn't, I would be that would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. Mistake. Um I'm inching my way still through Craig of the Creek. Uh my summer of anime continues. Um I am just an episode shy of finishing the first season of that time I got reincarnated as a slime. It's an excellent show. I understand the hype about it. We finished um, Surezure Children, which is the romantic 
uh, teens medley show. Um, that was fun. Um, we started Mob Psycho 100, mm-hmm. which is uh, from uh, basically the way Michael said it is, is that um, the author of One Punch Man, uh, One Punch Man was kind of like for fun and then it took off. Mm-hmm. This is the story they actually want to make um, and like really want to go at. And and so there's a lot of One Punch Man-isms to it. Um, but the advantage is uh, the animation team is is spot on throughout. Uh, and really capturing the style of the author and doing it in season chunks and and Mob Psycho is pretty cool. Really like it. Good humor. Good action. Um, the just a summation of the plot. Like the the main kid is basically like the most powerful telekinetic on the planet and doesn't want to be. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's super good. Uh, uh, and in order to control his powers, he feels like the only way he can do that properly is to also shut down his emotions. So he basically locks his emotions down at all times but that means that eventually they have to explode out and so mob cycle 100 is a an accumulation the 100 is that there's always a counter of how close he is to an explosion Hmm. that you are given as the audience uh so when his emotions are getting ramped up that counter starts flying up and when he explodes he explodes um and then i also uh return to cowboy bebop because i want to finish that off i was uh, dragging my feet on the way through it, uh, doing my rewatch, and I'm still doing my rewatch uh, that was inspired by the live action show coming out. That's long past, but I still want to finish my rewatch of the series. Right. Because um, it's been a while, and Cowboy Bebop's nice. And I'm like, I could throw that in. It's a summer of anime. That's my week. All right. Well, shall we get into our bread and butter then? Three, two, one, let's jam. That worked particularly well because it's bread and butter and jam. So yeah, good job. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got a lot of get, a lot to get through. So I apologize. This is probably going to be long. Um, sad news up top. Billy Kamitz passed away this week at the age of thirty-five. Very young man. Um, he had colon cancer. Uh, he was known as Josuke, Josuke, and Josuke. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is unbreakable. Josuke, um, I have not got here. This is further in the timeline than I got to in JoJo, but um, thirty-five, man, that just that just sucks. That's that is that is our age, uh, yeah. and so young, like like with a career, um, just a bummer. Yeah, that really sucks. Yes. Um, and then Julie Cruz, you guys are familiar with from Twin Peaks. Yes, passed away um, at the age of sixty-five. Yeah, so uh, I'm only really familiar with her with Twin Peaks, but she is so integral to like the vibe and sound of Twin Peaks. Um, uh, it hit me way harder than I really really thought because uh, it's not like it's somebody I really know, but it's just it's it's uh, her her presence on that show. Uh, uh, it wouldn't be the same, uh, and she has such a like beautiful, haunting, slow way that she sings. Um, and like her showing up, like uh, like on um, both shows, uh, uh, the '92 version and the 2017 version, like it's just like I'm glad that she got to come back for that. Um, uh, I listened to I listened to her on my Spotify Twin Peaks thing all the time, but I never listened to her own stuff, and that's a shame. But um, uh, she's always part of my part of my thoughts because like literally the Twin Peaks theme and her vocals are always in my head. Right. Uh, yeah, that sucks. 65. That's not even that old. No, not at all. All right. Um, 
get into some other things. The Boys. Surprise, surprise, The Boys was renewed for season four. I, um, figured. Yeah. Uh, very happy to see, have the confirmation, though, and so early in the season means they're confident, so love it. Uh, I I don't think there's been a season of The Boys where they haven't called it before the season was over. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think this season, like, every season of The Boys is, like, good, but, like, I think this season, like, it's on fire, and everyone knows it, and, like, they feel it, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is, let's just get this next one going already. Yeah. Um, very cool. Now, uh, you know, keep going, man. I love love the show. Oh, you will least... hear in our thing. We still got uh the the spinoff show about the young the 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 oh we do whatever they're the college, called college yeah, yeah. the boys college show yeah I think that went back to script recently actually uh, whatever whatever you want to do uh, I will I am happy to have a spinoff of this show maybe yeah. not animated anthology but I would more I would like to be in this world more yeah um Duke Nukem heard of this guy right oh yeah i played his games oh yeah well that movie is back on the table this time with cobra kai creators josh hild john hurwitz and hayden schlossberg do you know do you do you have a history with the nukester no i've only only yes i do yeah uh so i know that man the good thing about this movie is it'll probably be the best thing ever associated with duke nukem um because like the original duke nukem uh it's like it's like a parody of of like uh of like wolfenstein and doom um but your main character is like like i'm here to ch- uh kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of bubble gum like he's like he's so constant spouting now that we know there's a movie coming do you think this is the thing the rock is attached to oh shit i didn't, I didn't think even consider that um i say I, it because he's one of the only people who can say the duke nukem lines and i think it will play yes the th- the thing is, uh, the joke about Duke is that like, uh, and it, the thing why that the, the last game that came out uh, many years ago at this point, um, but it was still relatively new enough where Duke Nukem is a character from the '90s. Um, he's misogynistic. He's gross. Like people don't like him, but he's a hero. Like he's a parody character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see the Rock b- bending to that character. And if they would reverse it, where the Rock is Duke Nukem and they take away his edge, there's no point in making him Duke Nukem then at all mm-hmm. if he's not going to be an asshole so like i think if the rock is willing to play him as he's supposed to play him that would be great and it'd be really fun um but i don't think the rock i don't think the rock will do another doom like that if you know what i mean like where he'll be a, like an asshole bad guy sure we'll see i would lo- i think he would be a really good choice also someone like channing tatum honestly is like the perfect choice channing tatum sure. or, or john cena john cena yeah i think john C- Ooh, john cena might be even too perfect <laughs> <laughs> Because he, you know, that's actually pretty good. He um, looks like him. He does, yeah. Um, and John Cena absolutely will play an asshole. Um, yeah. I, I, there has to be something about this that they're willing to push forward with it because, again, the Duke Nukem franchise is like kind of dead. Like only people who are like forty-five and aggressively white really like Duke Nukem. So. Sure. Um, um, the but the creators, uh, Cobra Kai creators, Cobra Kai is a very popular series on Netflix. It's also a good one right now. Yeah. Um, so like you know. Yeah, and I think like uh, uh, that, the, and I haven't seen Cobra Kai, but I assume like the tone it gets funny at times, sure, right? Like or like it's it's stupid. Okay, yeah, stu- okay, stupid. I I haven't seen it, so I don't want to say stupid, but like Duke yeah. Nukem is stupid, but like funny stupid. Um, who's like he leans in it. Don't tell that to Pi. He is he is very he he thinks that the show is very serious. Oh, it's like it's not. I'm sorry. The kind of, the fun of it is that it's stupid. Cool. Then that that sounds like a perfect creative team. Then yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the order real quickly and go to Scream Six. 
Skrissixum? <sighs> We're still working on that. Can't, you it. can't. It's it's fine. It can just. Oh no, we got it. no. I got a better one because it, where tell us the story and then I'll tell you my new name for it. Oh, well, I got two stories. Okay. But why, why don't I do the one that you've got a name for, mm-hmm. which is that it's going to uh, New York City. We're leaving Haddonfield. Um, where does Carrie Bradshaw live, guys? Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. It's New York City. This is going to be Scream in the City. Scream in the City. That's pretty good. Did you see? Yeah, I, I have retweet, no problem with that. <laughs> I, a retweet of um, the Statue of Liberty. As, the Statue of as, Liberty poster. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love it. I hope that's a real poster. They should just do no, it. Steal, it's, steal it's, it. It's a it's a guy inspired to to make it, and then we'll see if they actually run with that. Yeah. They should pay him. I also saw a uh, ghost face take man, takes Manhattan. That's mm-hmm. a good one too. Like Jason takes Manhattan. I saw yeah, yeah. I saw Scream Lost in New York. Yeah, That's a good one. they're all good. <laughs> These, uh, all the all the posters could be different like parodies of New York movies. Oh mm-hmm. baby, yes. <laughs> anyway, we're all really excited for Scream Six because we love Scream Five. Five Cream. Uh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Listen, like all, so many fa- fan favorite characters come back. Surely, all of our favorite characters are going to return for Scream Six, right? Well, Ryan, it's funny you say that. Segway. Nev Campbell has made it official; she is not returning for Scream Six, and she set the re- record straight is because they did not offer her enough. She Absolutely. thought it was an insult. They, so they... I, I, I mean, like even even going back, we talked about this before. Nev Campbell also made the statement that like they would not return if they were going to kill Sid. Yeah. So that's just always a factor and like i'm a i'm a big big defender of like characters don't have to die for you to like stakes around them in a in a property you don't need mm-hmm. to fear that they can die um for the story to be enjoyable however i think sid is an exception in this case where we're talking about a slasher franchise part of the point is killing characters or at least having characters be in danger and mm-hmm. I I would not be I agree with her stance. She it 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 feels like it would just be uh inappropriate to the arc of the character um and what she means to the fandom to kill her at this point especially with no spoilers for five but the state of being that we now know she lives in mm-hmm. as of the previous film like it would just be mean and for that, for that reason and that state of being, I don't think she needs to be in any more Scream. I think we can let her go. I think they did a good job in the previous one of the reason why she comes back. It makes sense. Uh, it fits appropriately, and she can be done now. If the killers are no longer going after her, then we can leave her alone. This doesn't yeah. need to be about her. And even if that, that wasn't the driving reason that narratively, honestly, it makes sense to let go of Sydney at this point, she does deserve the pay and she should fight for it. And uh, all the more reason I think, you know what, maybe it's, it's okay to just move on from this point. Yeah. Ryan, you want to say something? Um, yes. I, I had a point and then it fluttered away like a butterfly. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I think, yes, I, I Oh agree. no, I did. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, if she just came back again, it would just be retreading a five. They would just be doing like, basically like the same thing a five or, they would just come the killer to like make a statement. So either way, it's like yeah, it kind of did a disservice. So like maybe she just shouldn't be in the movie. Yeah, I also I also agree. With, I agree with that. Like I I think she's absolutely right on both on both points, which is that if she's not going to come, if she's going to come back, then you don't kill Sydney. Um, but if if but I think that you know Matthew Lillard put it put it right. Like if you want her back, you need to pay her what she's worth. Like because mm-hmm. this she is the face of Scream. Right, and she talked about like how 
there's in the past in particular with scream three i think she cited there were particular issues of her not being given what she was due because she was being offered like back-end deals and things like that that never came through because they said well the film didn't do as well as we wanted it to oh, but yeah. still did did well but not as well as they projected and thus the back ends fell through and she's like she's just not going in for that yeah. um she got Ward. That's what happened to Alan Moore. Uh, uh, Nev, Nev Campbell's worth more and Sydney's worth a lot. And I I think I didn't even, when Scream 5 was being talked about, when we talked about on this podcast, I didn't even necessarily want her back without Wes Craven at the helm. And I think they did a good job and I think we can let her go. Yeah. Um, well, I think, Courtney I think Cox it's is, fine. Courtney Cox is coming back. So we got one yes. of them at least. Yeah. Hmm. And I think, that's, I think that's fine. I think her coming back makes more sense at this point in time than Sid. Um. And I think that's that's fine. And frankly, like Court Courtney Cox's character, I don't think necessarily you should kill in the next one, but like you could. And I, yeah. I can see where that's a viable future, but you cannot kill Sid. You just can't. We're at that point in the franchise, you can't do it. So mm-hmm. let her let her be. Let her be. All right. So speaking of things that should be let be. Actually, do you think real quick because we know now that it's in new york do you think that kirby's in new york and this shit comes to her like not after her but she happens to be around she's like god damn it <laughs> yes yeah, maybe she either I, she hears about that. it or like yeah she's like she's working for like a radio station and she hears about the scream killer like what yeah. in she, new york city <laughs> she's, she's in new york and some she just runs into ghostface more what more importantly than anything more importantly than anything i think we're finally ready for like the people who are getting away from like just repeating woodsboro in any capacity whether that's going after sid or making it take place in the same town whatever now we're at okay we're just going to take ghostface and make it our own in a new way and make yeah our own. reinvent and that's it. where i want to be with the franchise yeah i agree um i was gonna say something about that but it's fine fluttered like a butterfly away joker <laughs> the new so joker um there's actually been there's actually a lot of stuff that's been coming about like dc how david zasloff is coming from discovery wants to do more joker more the batman and wants dc to have a better plan than they do now um a lot of frustration apparently he canceled the two superman movies the jj abrams and the michael b jordan one in favor of a cavill one i mean i hate like it's bittersweet <laughs> Yeah, because like like we I know we all want Cavill, but like you don't have to destroy other Superman for for that. And that's the thing. Like he in the same breath, he says, "I want more standalone, like the Batman and Joker." And then went, "But you need only you need to bring back Cavill as Superman only." Yeah, and a lot of this is coming from secondhand uh, knowledge coming through a reporter, so it could not even it could partially be true. It could none of it could be true. You know, we don't know. But what we do know is that Todd Phillips was approached to not just do a, se- a sequel to Joker, but also be a cons- be, be like the consultant for the DC films moving forward. The guy who openly says he knows nothing about the DC, about DC comics. Yes. Uh, so this, I will talk about the second part first. Uh, obviously I don't want that. I don't need that. Uh, d- you don't need to do the Marvel thing. Just like, just make good movies. And if you want to get later. One, it also sounds like the Zack Snyder thing. Like, why are we, if there's anybody over there right now who should be that guy, it's James Gunn. That's if true. there were he, he, anybody over there yeah, who should be that guy, it. it's him. Yeah. And no, he doesn't want to do it. But like, if there was, it would be him. Like Todd Phillips makes no goddamn sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Todd Phillips, 
he i don't think he's going to take it i don't think that's going to go through but that is what they were talking about but mm-hmm. the the joker sequel script has been written joaquin phoenix is reading it as we speak and it's called joker foliado uh, i don't have a problem with another joker movie coming out to be honest mm-hmm. like I, I i think that first one is a uh when when i remove myself from all the weird the weird people who like craft onto that movie and all the messages about society and stuff and i just look at that as a movie i think it's a pretty pretty good movie um bad messaging but i think joaquin phoenix deserved that oscar i think i think he's a force in that movie uh, and i didn't i haven't seen it since <laughs> but like i didn't but like it's it is a i would consider it a good movie um and i would happily watch willem dafoe fake joker against real joaquin phoenix joker because that's what everyone wants i'm just saying what if willem dafoe played a fake joker i'm just saying i we'd watch that movie sure uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy about about Joker, but it's fine. I I just I think I thought the point was to like I kind of liked it as like this one standalone thing. Me too. But you know this kind of like like attempt at the character study of Joker, just one thing. I just don't see the point of doing a sequel, um, because he really did everything in the first movie. Now you just kind of have Joaquin Phoenix being not even trying not even trying not to be the Joker. He's just now the yeah. Joker. People are. I think the story is, is like he's going to inspire people and then they're going to be like, I'm the real Joker. And he's going to be like, no, I'm the one. And I got to make sure people know it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like it's going to be kind of like like a, a different version of three Jokers almost. Um, but like with mm-hmm. fake Jokers, which I, you know, it's fine. I think, I think my um, concern most comes from. I don't think the mental health stuff is handled well in the first one. Ryan recently either retweeted or liked a tweet that was about describing that the reason why people fall apart and how they think about the Joker is when they think of him as a, this I'm paraphrasing, but when they think of him as a mentally ill patient rather than a fictional embodiment of chaos, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why he can't be helped by a therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think Joker barely held that very thin line of not going too, too overboard with its depiction of mental health. And if you're still following in the tracks of the first one, you know, are we going to still engage with his mental health and how, how will that be approached? I think you have to be better about it. Or are we going to throw it all out the window and make him now just that embodiment of chaos, which obviously like the latter is better, but it also is ignoring the, the point that they seem to have said was part of the character in the first one so like it's kind of a you're kind of in a catch-22 like you either need to do the mental health shit so well in this one to kind of make up for where you fell short in the first or you need to drop it entirely but also kind of render the some of the points of the first one moot i 100 percent uh yeah it is um i definitely think it's going to be the second one i think they're going to be oh i do too they're definitely going to be cowards and again that would probably make a better movie because i'd rather them I'd rather them not even attempt it if they're not gonna if they're they're not gonna treat it with respect instead of like do a fake version of it. Um, and honestly, I'd rather just watch a Joker movie where he is the Joker instead of someone who's like who's mentally ill because like that's like sad. So that's not fun. Like <laughs> I think it's very fun. I think it's very funny now that we're going to get a Joker franchise and a Batman franchise, and the two will not meet. <laughs> honestly, I that's there, there's a worse universe where they are where they they, they are connected. And I'm glad uh, it's not that universe. I don't want I don't want Pattinson to fight Phoenix. No, no way. But yeah, like, yeah. I just think it's funny that we're at a place where we are looking down the barrel of a Joker and a Batman. Two characters are so intrinsically so intrinsically tied, and now have two separate film franchises yeah. that are not connected. That is funny. Uh, 
we're at the comic book point baby <laughs> we are I, we really are i had i had a joking conversation um i don't remember exactly how we got here but we were making i think we were actually making references to trevorrow to trevorrow's comments about a, a dinosaur joker That's and right. um and i made offhandedly the comment that i'm like you know what maybe the joker really was a mistake and uh the joker's good for stories but bad for people like bad for people in the real world um, yeah, as like oh, yeah, as yeah. like a, a constantly lauded as a, either the ultimate supervillain or or even in some cases a role model of uh, madness to a degree that's unhealthy, and uh, oh, yeah. and I, I that 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 offhanded joke is uh, just making me think about um, uh, it. Truly, is like I don't see a particularly ideal version of this film. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I don't see a particular ideal result. I think there can still be a fun film and it's still going to come with probably just about as much problems as the first one that kind of makes you go, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Let's talk about some yeah. Marvel news. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you oh. one one thing. If they're going forward with these Joker films, then I really, really, truly hope Matt Reeves holds that idea that the Joker is like a passing appearance uh, of the ever-present danger of Gotham in the Pattinson series rather than a focal point. Because I don't need multi multiple like real focal point Jokers. Honestly, if anything, uh, I, I bet Joker shows up part-time in one of the TV shows. Not even in the movies. Because mm -hmm. if, oh, sure. if you establish him, like, I don't want them not, like, Oh, Barry Barry Keegan is in Chernobyl as well. Like that that dude rules. But like now that he's established, like I don't want to not see him, but I also don't want him to be the next villain in the Batman movie. Right. So it's, it's like a, a weird. It, it's yeah. what we talked about, where like he can he can always be like that thing that's like an ever present force that Batman has to think about, but not something yeah. Batman actually has to tackle in the main film. Like he's the constant antagonist, but there's a personal antagonist for the film. Yeah. After Flashpoint. You think there'll still be a Batman? They'll acknowledge a Batman in the in the DCEU? Yes. Oh, Michael Keaton. I was gonna say I, because there's already stuff coming out about him showing up in newer in movies. So yeah, I, I completely <laughs> forgot about Michael Keaton. Yeah. I was like, oh right, Michael Keaton's in that movie. The, That's the, my answer. The real question is, and we're not. This is not an actual topic. Is like, what do they do with that Flash movie now? Yeah. Barry's right, gonna run it, so fast, his face is gonna change. Yeah, totally. And, <laughs> you know, everyone. <laughs> My joke was gonna be they should get Christopher Plummer, but Christopher Plummer passed away, so they can't get him to replace. Dang it! I, I want. I was gonna say, um, everyone wants like Grant Gustin to replace Ezra Miller. And I'm like, just let the man rest. No, no. Just if give, we were like, if we were five years ago, I think it would have been great. Yeah. Just give like. I know Dylan O'Brien wants to be Nightwing, but just give Dylan O'Brien like a million dollars to go to a, a mocap studio and just put him on, put him on, on Barry's face and like, we'll just deal with it. I'll look it up for a movie. I'll deal with it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, some Marvel news. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is getting a extended cut called Spider-Man No Way Home, the more fun stuff version. So on some level, we all kind of suspected this was probably true because there were rumors about it when the Blu-ray was coming out and uh, the home media had no bonus scenes, none mm -hmm. whatsoever. And they talked about all this content that they'd had to cut out and they're like, why wouldn't they release it on home media? And the only answer that made sense is that the rumors were probably true that this was going to happen. And sure enough, it is. And I'm kind of like... <sighs> All right, I, I. If they did you, it with Endgame, I, you, like, you twisted my arm. I guess you got me. But I'm this is gonna. different. This is different than Endgame because just to defend Endgame, the Endgame real quickly, Endgame was still in theaters 
when it passed a milestone and Stanley and the other Stanley had passed. So like it was still in theaters. So they were like, Hey, we're going to add some stuff to the end of the, uh, to the end of the film. And yeah. everyone, and that became online chatter of it's an extended cut. It was never marketed as one. Right. It was just kind it, of a thank you. So this was, is this is kind of a different situation. It was end of the film bonus features that you would eventually be able to see yeah. at home. This this bothers me more than anything because it's like because you held it back from the home media edition. Not only now, so there's going to be this cut in theaters, and then if you want it at home, you got to buy another home media edition. Um, and so it's just like the, the the double dipping is just like really egregious to to a degree on like I really like that movie. I don't know that it warrants this kind of treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh first off, it sounds like someone's in a submarine right now. Oh, that's the weed truck outside. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> the weed truck. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. we've had this sound on the podcast before. Yeah. That's so funny. I love it. Uh uh, it's not a submarine. Hey, hey, what's up, bro? Um I just like I don't it doesn't this doesn't bother me if you want to see the movie with extra stuff like go ahead like I, it's not going to ruin my day if it comes out like i get why people might have frustrations but like i'll be honest i want to see it i want to see that extra matt murdoch scene they didn't put in the movie yeah i want to know if they put in that that uh toby mcguire uh Dilfo bite scene that they cut out of the movie yeah I want, i'd like to see it i don't know if i'd spend the money to go see it in theaters yeah. but i do want to see it I, I was excited i was excited for those for those deleted scenes and they never came out Mm-hmm. yeah i'll just wait for when sparks buys the super duper this is the super edition with actually all the stuff on it unless unless and the reality i really fear Disney is Plus. that they just don't is that they just don't release it That's so that you, the only way you see it is in theaters they put stuff on disney plus though don't they sony does not it's a sony film so uh, uh, <laughs> i forgot <laughs> oh funny. i was on uh hbo max and then the incredible hulk was on there and i'm like what are you doing here yeah, <laughs> what are you doing here hulk? you're in the wrong place buddy <laughs> hulk um, next to batman the incredible hulk and the spider-man films aren't on the aren't on disney plus it's 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 funny is this the first uh uh mcu film to get an extended cut yes um yeah right hmm. yes that's true. crazy Hmm. We're, we're, we're here we're finally here we made it which is canon the one you like most shut up already i know i'm just getting ahead of the debate <laughs> just shut up already the one with more daredevil the one with more daredevil exactly. i mean i i would i would suppose like if it really is a full integrated cut it'll just be canon if these are if these are fully integrated scenes like it's just new canon now if you yeah, like if this you're... longer cut of the film it's it's canon especially if you're like seeing this in a theater like if you like that's on you if you don't go to the theater to see this new stuff like that's not like a deleted scene that's in the movie theater mm-hmm. that's canon that's real guardians of the galaxy volume three had some casting news the show the movie's already done but uh deadline scoops james gunn he confirmed this maria bakalova from the second borat film is in the film in some role we don't know yet she's she's wonderful in borat too can't wait to see her be probably some weird alien monster or something yeah, that was that's really cool that she got this this gig. She's really great in Borat too, and and I hadn't, ter- I haven't heard of her. I haven't seen her in anything since. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she has or hasn't done anything, but I haven't seen it. So it's cool that like you know I get to see that powerhouse again. Yeah, absolutely. And then Thunderbolts. There's been rumors. We we've suspected that a Thunderbolts something was on the horizon. Um. But it is official. Well, not official for Marvel. Once again, Deadline scooped them. Uh, Jake Schreier is set to direct a movie 
based on the team. So it's the MCU version of the Thunderbolts. Y'all, we've been doing this podcast for a long time. And the Thunderbolts has been one of the things that I've wanted the most in the MCU. Sure. I love the Thunderbolts so effing much. Um, and there's a lot of articles being written right now are, is this the answer to the Suicide Squad? And that's and the answer is no, because people just assume that the same thing, because uh, villains are on the team. Um, the first Thunderbolts run is influential, and it is one of the most, and I'm, this isn't me like like just saying shit, like that for, Thunderbolts number one is one of the most like influential comics of all time, because for years before that, the Thunderbolts were this new team of heroes and, and there's like the Avengers and the Fantastic Four uh, uh, were defeated. This is during the onslaught in the mid 90s. So the heroes were gone. The Thunderbolts sprang up. They showed up in Hulk comics and X-Men comics, and stuff like that. Then they get their brand new comic. Number one, people buy it. Like this new team of heroes. Awesome. When you get to the end of that book, you realize that the Thunderbolts have been the masters of evil this entire time. And they've been super villains posing as heroes this entire time. Um, and that shocked everybody. And it's one of the coolest reveals that's happened in, in a Marvel comic ever uh and since then the thunderbolts have been have been repurposed repackaged into something that i guess could resemble the suicide squad but but it's not they are not hidden from the public they are government issued people who go out to collect either supervillains or superheroes during civil war the thunderbolts were the people who captured heroes and villains to bring them to the registration side during right now in devil's reign they are part of the police force policing heroes from of mayor fisk so they're also part of the Dark Avengers stuff that happens. So, so many possibilities that they can take in the direction. I don't think it's going to be that they're going to be they're going to be heroes that we've never heard of. I because they want to have Florence Pugh and yeah, Baron Zemo and stuff. There's the this is not deadline was was clear like this was just what they're hearing. It's mm -hmm. like Winter Soldier, Baron Zemo, um, uh, uh, Elena Belova, mm -hmm. and probably being led by uh, Val. Um, yeah, Taskmaster's on that list too, right? Mass Masters on that yeah. list too, yes. Everybody who's on that team, um, maybe except for Abomination. Is Abomination on that list, right? I didn't I see so. it. On, it's not on the list. Though. Okay, maybe I, not. Okay, then he's not on it. That's fine. Um, I but... think they're doing, I think they're doing, this is what Falcon and the Witcher Soldier set up, right? Like, th that's what, they were like, Falcon and the Witcher Soldier, so it would be a, it would be a, um, it'd be a, like, it'd be a sponsored Avengers team, basically. Well, like a, like a, like a street level, like we're dealing, we're dealing with super soldiers, we're not dealing with monsters. I think yeah. I think I guess in the roster that they gave us, Zemo's the one that feels weird. No, he's he's the guy who leads the Thunderbolts for decades. He's the guy I, who makes the Thunderbolts. I understand in terms of the comics. I'm talking the state we're in in the MCU. Everyone else is on hero anti-hero status mm -hmm. at best. Zemo's in villain place mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. Wakanda. Yeah. So that's why like like paying paying for his crimes over there. Him on this list and working with the other characters is the one that feels out of place i guess um, uh it can for, very for much... the roster as as the mcu is at this moment of course they sure. can find a way to 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 get the characters to where where that would make sense um but uh, there's it... there's other people on this team that it, i feel like would not jive with zemo being there i don't even think val would necessarily want zemo there uh as it is now but who knows yeah. um yes also a shame uh we'll get no ross involvement in this That's yes true. um funny enough Thunderbolt Ross, even though his name is Thunderbolt, he is a relatively new addition to the Thunderbolts mythology. He's not a part sure. of the first third, three decades of it. Um, I, I, but he would have been involved for sure. Right, I was aware of that, but like this is definitely like where where he's still around. This would have been the place to do his his Red Hulk action for sure. Yeah, uh, honestly, the way the like with everything that I've given and my deduction skills that I usually that I I think are pretty good. 
Um, Val is basically going to create her own version of the Avengers. And it's Yelena is going to be Black Widow. Uh, someone's going to be Hawkeye. There always, there's always an amalgamation of a character being someone else, basically. Um, the way I see Zemo showing up is Zemo will be the only one of that of that group doing the original Thunderbolts team. I can almost, I think it would be incredible if a new character showed up. And unfortunately, if you know the Thunderbolts, this will not be a shock to you, kind of like Bucky being the Winter Soldier. But Citizen V, who is the leader of the Thunderbolts, he is a new hero who shows up under Val's watch, saying, hey, this is the leader of our team. He's going to be your guide. And then halfway through the show, we find out it's Zemo. That's, mm. that's I, I see that directly happening like so easy. Um, mm. And that's what the, the great thing is about doing it so far away from the Thunderbolts inception. Again, they have the, the, the team has been used in so many different ways. You can combine all of them together. So you have the secret villain being the hero. You could have the reformed villains trying to be heroes. You could have the government getting involved to take down People think this is how it's going to happen in Kamala Khan already. Uh, uh, with Stewie taking down like Kamala stuff. Like this is all stuff that's happening right now. Like, and I'm just like, Thunderbolts is the thing I have been personally waiting for so much because it's all the shit that I love most about the Marvel universe. It's like reformed heroes, uh, all that shit. I love it. Uh, U.S. Agent was also another one of the rumored characters in this roster. Yeah, um, Taskmaster and U.S. Agent are both on the Thunderbolts team in comics as we speak. I wonder if they would if they would not mm, they probably would just make the character just quippy now you the, have to give taskmaster a personality that's what i was gonna say you have to give her yeah. a personality now the only thing i could think of was like she got massive brain damage and they just made her into a crazy person because taskmaster I mean, is nuts but she already has brain damage doesn't she no i think i mean but like after the battle with yeah. natasha like it got worse yeah i don't know uh you'd have to like like spark said you'd have to give him personality and again this is the rumored team it sounds yeah. right so it could but they could just be like oh yeah all new characters why would they do that uh yeah. i definitely think that they're going to introduce at least some of the original cast there's mock five there's citizen v there's songbird uh moonstone those are all important marvel characters to the mm -hmm. thunderbolts um who also have like bigger ramifications in the marvel universe outside of that too so uh just just i'm so excited this is the one i've really been waiting for i love it this is the first team-up film of Phase 4 that we've heard about. And this is, was it movie or show? This movie. Okay, big, ooh, that's good. Uh, and this is, uh, the director hasn't done anything before. He's done music videos before. Um, he is part of the same creative team that uh, 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 Spider-Man director guy is part of. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, uh, that's why Patrick Williams is so excited, because the Spider-Boys are all getting Marvel movies, basically. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Hell Let's yeah. Move on move on to some comics we talked about oh long ago now maybe not that long ago but the uh writer of berserk um kentaro mori moria 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 um he passed away uh before and the series was not finished but he did pass away they've just announced this week that the manga series will continue um with uh kuji mira um writing uh, and they are a um, a good friend of the original writer, and uh, 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 he left notes. There are apparently like really detailed notes of how Berserk was supposed to end, how each arc was supposed to end, that they are going to play off of at this point. Yeah, this was a uh, a big shock, uh, a surprising shock to to the the manga audience uh, when it uh, was announced. Because um, like it's one of those situations where like. What do you do when a book's been going on for literally almost 40 years and the, and the sole person making it passes away? Um, and I think it is the right choice, and they agree, is to continue it to at least mm -hmm. to, to the finish and the end. And if, if the notes are there, um, 
they man, they they posted a huge long uh, uh multi-page thing about like how hard it was the decision to make and like it was it the right choice and like who's going to be involved and like like they they grasped wrestled with like wrestled with like is is this an honorable thing to do and at the end of the day is not finishing someone not finishing art is worse than 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 leaving it there right so like um i think it's fantastic uh uh i uh, I it gives me a reason to finish it. I'm, you know, only 600 chapters behind or whatever. Oh, only. Yeah, only. You know, <laughs> I have three omnibuses of like 20. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, okay. Uh, this one's a little misleading, but it's called DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of Darkness. Hmm? Um, this is written by Bruce Campbell. Is it? It is. Okay. Awesome. With art with art by Eduardo Riso. No, he's good. Uh, Bruce Campbell is a huge fan of Sergeant Rock, apparently. This is, however, not a crossover with the Army of Darkness comic book series. Um, it is independent. It is completely independent because it is about Sergeant Rock um, going up against Hitler's uh, Hitler's dead Nazi soldiers that he has that he has brought back from the dead. Okay. I mean, Sorry. that that's a uh, that's cool gonna be a six issue miniseries out in september i'm actually really excited i really like uh sergeant rock honestly like he's a cool character yeah. um and he and bruce campbell writing it i'm very intrigued i no offense to mr campbell lovely actor i don't know his his writing prowess as a comic book writer uh so we'll 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 see how it goes Ed, Ed, Ed is a tremendous artist though so like at least i look good yeah uh i've only read his one autobiography mm-hmm I didn't read both of them. Um, yeah, cool. I think that's cool. Although I was really misled. I was like, oh, Army of Darkness? I yeah. thought it was going to be Target Rock versus Deadites and the Necronomicon. Yeah, yeah it is ex- extremely misleading. <laughs> yes, isn't it? And they know um, it. And they, and they know it. Man, we should we should do Marvel versus the Army of Darkness soon. Oh. All right. Some video game news. Slight video game news. Um, guys, the uh, Summer of Game Fest big episode will be later. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some other th- some other things real quickly. The Grammys, I'm sorry, I thought this was video game news. Um, will be uh, will now have a category for video game scores. Uh, awesome. So any, any music made for a video game can now be nominated for a Grammy. Inclusion is fantastic. Video games are just as much as uh, art as anything else. Yeah, this is kind of cool because this is like if the Oscars added that stunt category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like almost. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, their the music for these video games should not be uh exempt just because it was for a video game so it's it's really great that they made this category yeah e3 is definitely coming back as a physical show in 2023 sure it is nobody wants it (laughs) everyone was happy it was gone yeah no like doing doing it this way like jeff keighley knows what to do he's got it unlocked I look, I think it's really nice that they want everyone to come together for the last E3 in 2023. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Sure. Uh Sparks, you wanted to add this one. Midnight Suns had a had a trailer. I watched the yeah, trailer. Just, it very yeah. good. Rather than just only have this to Game Fest, I thought this was something we should talk about here. That that you go ahead. Yuri Lowenthal, the uh voice actor for Spider-Man and the Spider-Man PS4 games, um, is returning as Spider-Man in this game. Right. This isn't the first time he's returned as Spider-Man from PS4. Mm-hmm. He also showed up in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 for the Switch. Oh, that's true. 
Um, well, he's yeah, also just, he's also he's been Spider Man since the Amazing Spider Man video game. Whoop. Interestingly, but but not in Avengers, correct? No, it's it's some random. Person. It's someone else in Avengers. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, I don't think they could afford him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just thought this was this was cool, good news to learn, and it does seem at least they haven't said at this moment. I think more importantly, like they they've confirmed Spider Man's involvement, and it doesn't seem that Spider Man or Venom are locked to the PlayStation versions of this game. They'll no, be he's, on all consoles. Yeah, so he's just part of it. That's that's also cool because Avengers obviously didn't get that treatment. I'm glad that these are uh, characters that are being treated like they could be used in these other places as well. Now, Ryan, what kind of game is Midnight Suns again? I forgot. So. It is a uh, it is basically a tactic a tactics card game where if you've ever seen something like Final Fantasy Tactics or XCOM where you're based on a grid and you move characters a certain amount of points you have a certain amount of points to attack and stuff so it's a it's a tactics game but it's also an RPG uh, the thing uh, well I'll go into it briefly because like I'm so much more hyped for this game than originally was um, it is a hardcore RPG where uh, you go through you go through uh, Every every mission, or you go through days. You do an amount of stuff in a day, and the next day progresses. You can only do so much stuff within a day. So you can only hang out with all of these different uh, Avengers uh, uh, so much in a day. So you so if you want to become best friends with say Iron Man, you have to hang out only with Iron Man for a long period of the campaign to unlock all of his cool shit. Um, that's something the Persona games have done. That's something other like RPGs have done, uh, like uh, uh, like true character pr- progression. And they Dragon said Ball like universe. Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Exactly, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Um, they said that you, unlike Xenoverse though, uh, they said you will not be able to max out uh, every character in one playthrough because like a like a real RPG, like time is progressing through the day. So like right. you only have a certain amount of time. So like if you want to be best friends with one character, you got to make that choice, uh, which will unlock them new costumes, new uh, missions, new attacks, stuff like that. Uh, also just like hanging out with them. Like there's so much dialogue. Uh, like you're just watching movies with the Avengers, working out with the Avengers. Um, it is It is something that like, this is a Midnight Suns game, and two thirds of the Midnight Suns aren't even on the roster. That sucks. As an actual, as a, as a fan of the Midnight Suns, <laughs> but again, like they're not going to have Morbius and Damon Hellstrom and Brother Voodoo and like uh, show up. Unfortunately, they might show up as side characters, but like no one's going to buy this game for Morbius. You need Spider Man. Um, that's fine, and that's fine. The uh, uh, the trailer. I watched the trailer. It's an all cinematic trailer. I thought it looked really cool. Uh, I really like that Venom design. <clears throat> I think that yeah. Venom design is awesome. Yeah, uh, uh, demonized uh, uh, characters is going to be really fun. Uh, Abomination and Hulk look super scary. Like, mm-hmm. very excited for it. Obama for sure. Hulk? Obama. No. Uh, thanks, Obama Hulk. <laughs> Obama Hulk. <laughs> uh, the funny part to me is that I didn't catch that I said it the first time. And then was going to repeat it and caught it then. Sure. All right. Hulkanation. Hulkanation! Hulkamania. All right, I did it. I got there. The Last of Us Part One is coming. The remake of The Last of Us this is the ground floor remake, all all new thing. Yeah, but and retitled The Last of Us Part One coming yeah. to the PlayStation Five this year. Listen, <laughs> it He's looks funny. it it looks great. Like it looks stunning. It looks like a better quality version of The Last of Us Two's uh, engine because Last of Us Two came out on PS4. Um, the, the the Last of Us remastered came out for PS4 only a couple years ago. This game has been remade twice in three years. Um, the money that this game is getting could have went to anything else, in my opinion. I my thing is that like 
I saw the difference when they did the present in the presentation. They're like, here's a frame from the remaster. Here's the frame from the remake side by side. But when I'm watching the footage of the remake in motion, I'm like, I don't know. It seems the same to me. Like I can acknowledge that it looks better, but like your imagination also fills in things, you know, it looks, uh, it looks and incredible. So like, yeah. But, and so yeah. like, I, I'm like, it still looked great as a remaster. I, yeah. I like to, to me, I just, it, this is, this is unnecessary. Now they're and, saying that there are things in the engine that they're doing with the technology of the game that isn't things that they could do at the time. So maybe the gameplay will be more. Yes. So here's the thing. Uh, if you watch the trailer, they also show footage of Left Behind, which is the DLC. Right. So they are from the ground up remaking all of it into one experience to make it longer. Just like The Last of Us 2 was a 20 hour game that did not need to be 20 hours long. But, but probably... that makes sense. It's probably being built to connect better to Last of Us Part Two, right? Oh yeah, oh certainly. Uh, yeah, uh, that's why they retitled the Part One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the thing is, right though, like the Last of Us Two's gameplay is exceptional, and the AI is just leaps and bounds better than the PS4 than the sorry than the PS3's uh, AI. Sure. So like the the encounters themselves will be more dynamic, and the AI will be better. But the story is the same. It's the same cutscenes just done better. They did a side by side. They're not changing the game in very many ways. So right. for somebody who's played that game twice, I don't need to play it a third time, unfortunately. Yeah, I just, I, there's, there's, it's hard for me to imagine a world where when I do feel the need to play The Last of Us again, the original, that I- pay $70? Well, that I would rather go to this one, you know, when I have the remasters already sitting right there. And I don't think that the, I feel the difference is negligible. It's not- even if the AI is superior in this new remake, like it wasn't really a problem in the previous version. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's perfectly great in the original. That's game. why, that's why I'm still like, it's one of the best games for me, the original. And I don't yeah. need, I, it's just, it's whatever. so it's their money again. And again, if that remaster didn't come out a couple years ago, like I wouldn't feel this way, but they, sure, if this they had, just if it, did this, if it had been locked to the PS3 up to this point, I would get it more. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be like, "Oh shit, yeah, we're ready." But like the fact that there already was a remaster to PS4 that cleaned things up, it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Uh, mm. the the thing is, like, and The Last of Us isn't like a small franchise that like it's an indie franchise. Like, it's one of the the highest selling PlayStation franchises. So there are, yes, there are a lot of people who haven't played it, but uh, I they can't could just play the remaster. I can't. Yeah, for half the price, I can't imagine this game is going to sell 20 million copies because 50 million people have already bought parts one and two in the remaster already. Like I know, I know some people are jonesing for this because they just love the last of us, but like when games have now jumped to $70, this is just a game I played before a little prettier. Like, eh, okay, it's cool. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not, it's like the opposite situation of like the early resident evil remakes. Like, Oh yeah. Resident evil two remake. Yeah, That's, totally. I'll play that game because I haven't played that game in 40 years. That is a actually different like experience, basically, yeah. while still remaining true to the original thing. Um, and like I, I will probably play this again when The Last of Us Part 3 comes out in six years. I'll probably check we, it out when it's on sale. We just last week had this very similar conversation in a different way about Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Resident Evil 4 is, is that it, there's a much longer time gap there. You do have upscaled versions of Resident Evil 4 available on the other systems. But a key thing is that Resident Evil 4, by its very nature of what it's doing, has the ability and seems to be implying that it is doing the thing that um, Evangelion and uh, the Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VII remake have done, where they're saying, like, hey, in canon, 
you've done this before. It's mm -hmm. a little different now. Um, mm -hmm. That's not Last of Us. That's not that story. There's no not going to be a thing where you're like, I've been here before. Like, there's not going to yeah. be some version of this where at the end, like, you can change how things go. You it's know what? Time, it is what it every is. Time Leon, every time Leon walks into a screen, walks into a door, is like, <laughs> this looks familiar. <laughs> the seventh time, you're like, come on, I know. Um, yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> you know what would have really actually would have done it for me? if they would have had the cast of the HBO show be the stars of this game. If Pedro Pascal, if they remade The Last of Us and it was the it was like a completely different cast, that would give me a little more reason to want to play this game because it's a different experience through the actors alone. But it's just I get you. The same I get you, but at the same time, like like and they're not exactly voice actors that aren't very prominent voice actors. They are, but it is slightly erasing the voice actors uh prominence, right? To oh, do sure. that. Um, yeah. Like like elevating the the television and movie celebrities over them, I I feel like is also in its own way a kind of grossness. Yeah. I was gonna say as we were saying that the different thing to me would be if you are playing Ellie the whole time, yeah, rather than just a section of Last of Us Part One, that uh, would be a different also, experience. Also, Troy Baker, right? Yep. Yes, yeah. Troy Baker as Joel. Um, Actually, like, that he is really really good. So like. <laughs> Give him so I will give him credit when he deserves it. He's a little he's a weird sometimes, but like he's tremendously talented. Both of both of those voices um are fantastic for the characters. I wouldn't really want them like I, I know what you're saying, like because it give, provides a different dynamic, but like I think that's just like you're creating like the who's the better vote like a whole thing there. But yeah, if yeah. this game were forcing you to play differently and from Ellie's perspective, that would be something. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. not what we're doing yeah right. oh well i knew what's crazy is it's still like when that comes out like that's going to be one of the greatest games ever made because it's it's just a better version of one of the greatest games ever made but we've done it twice already so it's just like diminishing you returns. know what i'll pull i'll pull back on that because maybe i'm wrong maybe you are playing as ellie the whole time hmm. i think last i told you by now no it's they're just remaking the game bro no way i know i know what you want with this in resident evil but like they're not they're not they're, they're too cowardly it's way it's, they're not gonna do it you're 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 right you're right you're right i i would love nothing more than the like that game to start and it's like not sarah and and joel right uh yeah. but like i it's cheaper and easier to just do what they're doing unfortunately mm -hmm. they're outsourcing it sorry real quick right they're outsourcing it they're not like naughty dog isn't the ones fully making it either so right right because they have more important things to do like last of us part three um no last oh. of us uh Factions. multiplayer spinoff oh Factions. right i am excited for that no that's cool uh that that sounds that sounds genuinely intriguing sorry brandon uh that's for game fest all right uh so we're gonna do some ghostbusters stuff and i apologize you um, don't need to apologize stuff i'm excited for you're you, totally go for it all right so an anime an animated series is coming to netflix this is also this also connects with geeked week um, because they announced at the same time, um, Jason Reitman will executive produce the series. And it will in the series will navigate an unexplored era, Ghostbusters canon, and uh, will create the next generation of Ghostbusters. Wow, so, I'm excited. I thought Afterlife. this was the next generation of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, it sounds like if I had to guess, I think they take because they talked about like oh we're doing another animated series like mentioned is this they mentioned the first two Ghostbusters series I'm wondering is this, is the, this camp the future oh, is this the future gotcha because you could do the future like Extreme Ghostbusters did oh you mean like the future yeah oh I, I again cowards 
No, I did, but like it's a it's a Netflix animated show. Like Jason Reitman is a weird guy, so he might yeah. push for it. That'd be cool. Um, this is going to be a, a also Sony Sony Pictures Animation. They're working on that with Netflix. Sony Pictures Animation is also working on an animated feature film that apparently was something Ivan Reitman was working on before he passed. He really no, he wasn't like directing it, but he was like really trying, really trying to get it off the ground. Like he really that's the that's the next Ghostbusters thing that he wanted to do. Um, it is coming now. Uh, it's going to be a feature with Jennifer Kluska, who is a director, who is one of the directors of Hotel Transylvania 4. Uh, and Chris Prynoski, who I didn't recognize anything he directed. He directed mostly short films, short animated films. Okie dokie. Um, going to be written by Brenda Shu, which I forgot to look up what they did. I apologize. Oh, shoot. Um, and uh, it's going to feature all new characters and supposedly a fresh take. This, so this all happened because of uh, this was Ghostbusters Day happened last week, and they had like a big like like a, they had like a Marvel thing, you know how Marvel's like here's all the things we're doing. They did that. Um, so yeah, hmm? uh, I I'll let you go all the way through, I guess. No, if you want, say something. Go ahead. I I mean, like my thing is. Uh, because we talked about when we talked about like the, the previous Ghostbuster stuff that like I just one of my detractors for Afterlife is I'm like I want new ghosts and different ghosts and different things and so like th- uh, this is a positive about these they have the potential to do those kinds of things mm-hmm. um, and that that makes me happy like I want dynamic different things if we're gonna like I don't want uh, the, the the rehashing thing I if do we're think gonna mine, that... yeah, if we're gonna mind Ghostbusters do something new with it yeah I do think it's funny that we're announcing like five Ghostbusters things and not a single one of them is going to pick up with the ladies. Nope. They're just they're just shoving them off to the wayside. Well, you remember when the, the Ghostbusters like big set was coming out, they left out 2016 mm-hmm. and Paul Fagg even was like, hey, I have a Ghostbusters film. What the hell? Uh, and like and Sony was like, OK, well, we added it. It's a digital code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm obviously really excited for it. They, there was a lot of talk of Extreme Ghostbusters at that convention, so I think that that is a uh, an inspiration to what they're doing when they're talking about like we're going to do something different, we're going to do something new, and that's what Extreme Ghostbusters was. Talking monkeys. Um, you guys remember the Evolution animated show or that movie? I, I like the movie a lot. Yeah. I remember there was a show I did not watch it. Yeah, Men in Black TV show. All of them I did watch the same that. Time. Yeah, me too. I did watch Men in Black. That was good. Godzilla. All right. That Godzilla show's good. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. I did have a. I did have an article published on KaijuRoffmanMedia.com. It's it about, about Godzilla season two. Hanna Barbera Go- cartoon on YouTube. Yes, that is published. I yeah, they're releasing that. Uh, that second season that hasn't been released officially before on YouTube. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um. All right. Uh, back to Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is going to have a really sick ass VR that I want to do so bad. Um, it's going to be an immersive Ghostbusters training where you're in a kind of like a, a, a decked out Ecto One that's like a like a one seater now. It's going to be VR and uh, you get to like you're training to fight like ghosts. It's basically like that PS3 Ghostbusters game, but with like VR instead mm-hmm. of instead of a instead of a controller. And there's still that other Ghostbusters game coming too. Yeah, I didn't put that on here, but yes, they did. They did talk about that Ghostbusters yeah. game is coming. Yeah, because there's, it's not announced this week. But I'm just like, I'm thinking about like just the collective. They're they're really hard push on the Ghostbusters right now. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that game. You can play as a ghost. Mm-hmm. This thing is going to open in 400 locations around the world, so it's wow. going to be a thing that you go to. Kind of like, um, what's it called? Mm-hmm. The Void? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. The Void. Like there wasn't a lot of information about this, but Dark Horse has pub- is now going to start publishing Ghostbusters uh, comic books. Image was doing it. IDW was doing it before, and now Dark Horse will. Uh, Dark Horse is going to do a, at first, they did imply that there could be more, but they didn't say exactly what, but there's going to be a limited series set in the world of Ghostbusters uh, coming out at the end of the year from Dark Horse. Beautiful. And then finally, what we knew already is the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel was in development, is in development, and all they said was, uh, we're back in Manhattan, it's codenamed Firehouse, and it's going to continue the Spangler family's journey. Saga. So they just said saga. They yeah. said saga. I I I winced when I saw that because <laughs> that's when I think of Ghostbusters. I think of making it a legacy, a legacy about a family. I boy, really do- like Ghostbusters Afterlife, so I'm excited for all of yeah. this. Sure. Uh, boy, do I really hope that those uh, comments he made about um, wanting the next film to bring back the other villain from the second film and make him the villain for this sequel. Goes hope that's our, not true. Sure, oh, hope yeah. we're not doing that. I, 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 what's his name? Ego? Ego. Ego, yeah, the Carpathian. Yeah. I love that guy more than Gozer, but I don't need to see him again. I got him. That's, I got no. him. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, here, I, I'll, I'll acknowledge I love Ghostbusters Afterlife. I love Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it's like top, legitimately in my top 10. I really love Ghostbusters Afterlife. Makes me cry every single time. If we do a sequel, I want new. No matter, like, I don't think I'll be happy with going, as happy as I as, as I was with Afterlife, I won't be as happy going into another one that I know is just going to be Ego the Carpathian again. Right. Like, let's do a different thing. Yeah, I think that was the worst comment he made when they were out doing the press for Afterlife. Is he's like, yeah, if we do another, I'm thinking we bring back Ego. And I'm like, boy, that is so not the answer i what want if he to redeem ghostbusters too i want i want to know if i wonder if it's because people were saying that he retconned ghostbusters too and he did he felt like he didn't <laughs> is it a retcon if you just don't acknowledge it whatsoever no right. in yeah. fact that's more evidence that it still exists exactly you just, just don't talk about it and it's there if you want it to be yeah um anyway i'm excited for all that uh especially the animated stuff like yeah even more animated Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think the animated has the the greater appeal to me just again because of the well there's only one live action here thing here so it's not really like the the comic and the animated stuff and the and even the VR experience all have the potential of like new mm-hmm. cuz there's a lot you can do with the concept of the world they've created um uh the variety in the look of the ghosts that we see in the first and second film implies a whole lot of creativity um and then I didn't watch the shows, but I'm aware enough of some of the designs from the cartoons to know yeah. that there's there's a lot of potential for what you can do. And I just hope that we drive down that road rather than um, the regurgitation uh, that I fear. I got two things, which is which is one. Um, it's because of the first Ghostbusters ser- series that came out before a stream that Ghostbusters 2 was radically altered. Uh, and Egon is a very different character in that film because of it. Um, it's because of the popularity of that show. So I <laughs> thought Extreme Ghostbusters was the one that I'm thinking of. It's not. It's the first one. It's the real Ghostbusters, which has the monkey and all the actually weird shit. Yeah. Extreme Ghostbusters, it looks like just like a, like an anime Ghostbusters. <laughs> I really like Extreme. It's 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 weird, but I like it. I'd rather Janine, have a monkey in it. Janine is the leader of the Ghostbusters in it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, which I thought was fun. Yeah, um, yeah the... Um, the... Um, so like 
uh, the real Ghostbusters really altered Ghostbusters 2 and made it like a lot more kid friendly in the first one. Um, oh, yeah. And then the second thing is gone. All right. Like a butterfly. Mm-hmm. I think if you can push out this much Ghost- Ghostbuster product somewhere, we can pick up with the ladies again. I don't really care where. I don't even sure. care if it's them coming back totally and playing care. roles, if it's animated or comics. I just think they deserve their place in the Ghostbuster canon acknowledged as well. It's true. I will I will only say because of the of what they went through, I agree with that. But I definitely did not like that first that movie. Sure. I mean we're different people. <laughs> True. All right. Moving on to Netflix Geeked Week. We're geeks. The basically week long event that Netflix put on, basically their convention. Um, with it came a lot of announcements. So first up, Sweet Tooth. Season two is wrapped. Didn't even know it was filming, but that was cool to find out. I got. Yeah, I think we. I think we did know that it was filming a little while after the cast got the like season two announcement renewal thing. Oh, right. Where they got like the care packages that told them they were getting a season two. The giant thing of chocolate that I was so Mm -hmm. jealous of. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, this is great. Can't wait. The old guard two has cast Uma Thurman and uh, Henry Golding. I want want charlie saron and uma thurman crackling off each other on screen yeah me too i want you that think... more more than i want many things in this world oh i forgot they introduced the girl who was in the the coffin in old guard one so yeah. it couldn't be uma, so it couldn't be uma thurman no it can't yeah. it can't be oh yeah that was the plot element yeah i heard like the oh oh yeah that's gonna be good i heard I, like lover was yeah. it the... God, that that old guard movie was good it was good yeah. i'm glad i'm glad that second one's still happening um uh ryan you just started watching arcane sparks and i we love arcane mm-hmm. arcane bridging the rift is coming this is not a spinoff of arcane it is not arcane season two um it is going to be a five-part youtube docu-series mm-hmm. that's going to dick that's going to walk basically basically the audience through the making of the series that took 14 years apparently from when they conceived it to when it came out this is why I started watching Arcane, so I can watch this. Yeah. Weird that it's not going to be on Netflix, but I'm just happy to have it. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like putting more um, of a spotlight on that animation studio because a lot of it has Hell gone yeah. to uh, a lot of it has gone to um, the makers of Arcane. Um, but like that animation studio needs to be like, they, you know, they were doing the Arcane, the League of Legends music videos prior to that show, and this was like their first show that they did, and it's beautiful, and like they should. But we, I want to see like every step of that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, well deserved docu series. Yeah, I even watched the uh, art, the League of Legends uh, music videos recently because I wanted to see the animation again. Yeah, that animation's gorgeous. Yeah, that's coming out August fourth. If only I... that was a game I wanted to play. Yeah, that, that show was excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will say, I will say, if you want to dabble in that world at all, I highly recommend Legends of Runeterra which is a card uh, mobile card game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you, you're getting experience with those characters in the world. But um, I find that card game very good. It's very uh, it's very well paced and a, and a good game to play. And you can pick it up and put it down. You can play against friends and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that's a lot easier of a game entry point, I think, for anybody than um, League of Legends itself is. Lol. And and um, demands far less expectation of you needing to put any money into it. You mm-hmm. can enjoy that game without paying for anything. Although, 
if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber on PC, they give you free uh, characters that normally cost money if you're a Game Pass subscriber for League of Legends. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Rebel Moon uh, announced... Uh, well, they showed us a costume test of a, one of the aliens, which looked pretty cool. Hell yeah. But also announced that Anthony Hopkins is cast as Jimmy, who is Jimmy. a sentient... So this is going to be the voice, of, the voice of Jimmy, who is a sentient JC-1435 mechanized battle robot and one-time defender of the Slain King. Love it. So to cool. my mind, Anthony looked at his robot companion in the Transformers film and said, I want to be that next. <laughs> and so now he will be that next. He looks like a character from Destiny. Hey, oh, he does. He does. Have you seen what he looks like, Sparks? No. Oh, no, there's a picture of what he looks like. He looks like a Destiny character. Yeah. If there's a picture, it's just like, it's got like, right? It's the, the one where he's like Hopkins and that's who he is. And he's got blue eyes and he's like, yeah. in like in like a robe with spikes like sticking out of the Yeah, yeah. It's a cool droid, man. I'm, uh, uh, the movie at least will look incredible. Like Zack Snyder's got a good eye for, for vision. So like cool looking aliens, cool looking droids. I'm into it. Oh yeah, I, that's, I, that's very Destiny. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited because like, I, I like space operas. I like, I like goofy space operas and I don't hate Zack Snyder. Um, I, I think that like he could pull off something really fun here. Um, I do wish he wasn't already going like, yeah, it's a shared universe. We're going to do a spinoff. So we're going to do like he did with army of army of the dead. <laughs> People already jokingly uh, merging Anthony Hopkins, blue eyed robot with the, with the blue eyes of the zombie robots from army <laughs> of the dead. are like connected. And, and like, no guys, army of the dead. Didn't Ge geek week. Didn't show anything from, from the army of dead anime that's coming soon. Nope. It might be too, too far, still too far in, too far in. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's, he's treating it like army of the dead, which is like, we're already going to have spinoffs and sequels and animated shows and TV shows and whatever. Um, but it's, it's exciting because like, I really like the cast. Mm -hmm. I hope he better get it. He, man, if, if he makes this really epic space movie, that it's really cool visuals. And he has, and he, he didn't get a cinematographer like army of the dead where he's just like focus out of focus background. I'm yeah, going to be yeah. so upset. Cause like, I want to see the visuals, man. I got a feeling he's gonna actually like hire someone to do to like to do a job instead of just him thinking he knows what he's doing. Uh, he better. Yeah, I got because I, I, I get the I get you know blurring out ugly sin, ugly Las Vegas, whatever. But like, give me some space stuff. Don't blur out the space stuff, man. Oh yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, none of us watched Masters of the Universe Revelations, right? I wanted not. to, but no. I still want to, but I haven't. I still to want it. to. Well, you're in luck because another show is coming. Masters of the Universe Revolution will be the sequel series to Masters of the Universe Revelations. And Kevin Smith is, of course, returning to do this one. Cool. cool. People seem to, to like that. And I see the toys at Target all the time. So These toys are really cool. I really They're like really that cool. Battle Cat. Bad news, y'all. On Wikipedia, it says cinematography by Zack Snyder. Oh, man. Oh, not the moon. Oh, not nuts. this one. Oh, Zack. <laughs> This is this is like when when we see like Nur in in Obi Wan and in and in Fallen Order. <laughs> we could have had it all. We could have had it all. All right, man. I hope that's lying. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. That man. That I'm sad. Okay, Junji Ito. Let's go to something happy like Junji Ito. Mm -hmm. Junji Ito had a message. No footage was shown of um, Spiral. Yes, Uzumaki. Correct. Uzumaki. Well, because Uzumaki's not Netflix, 
for, right because that's Uzumaki's coming to Adult Swim. Adult Swim. Four years ago. <laughs> they are taking their time, but you kind of have to, and I think it's going to work. I agree. I'm very excited. All right. Junji Ito Maniac, Japanese Tales of the Macabre, is yeah. coming to Netflix. This is going to be a series of 20 individual Junji Ito Tales animated. Um, and they are, uh, there's 20 of them, but he only said what three of them were. I want to I want to read out the three to you guys, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So the three are Tomi, Sushi, and The Hanging Balloons. And then there will be 17 more. So Tomi centers on an alluring woman who is the living embodiment of death. She cannot die, and everywhere she goes, people die around her, whether by madness, suicide, or at the hands of those she controls and infects. Sounds cool to me. The Midas touch. Suichi? Suchi? Suichi? I don't remember. Refers Suichi. to a series... What? Suichi. Suichi. Uh, refers to a series of Ito's stories centering on the titular mischievous boy... Who is one of the who is one of the author's most recurring antagonists throughout his work, with strange powers at his disposal and a generally creepy demeanor amplified by his menacing facial expressions, he goes out of his way to horrify and harm people through the use of katashiro dolls. Mm. Sounds spooky, spooky. That sounds good to me. I love scary faces. All through this, he was showing like art, like not like art, but like sketches he had done of the character designs. Yeah, this one's really creepy. Okay, and then finally, The Hanging Balloons is one of Ito's more infamous short stories that he conceived of while thinking of the idea of a dead body hanging from a balloon. It's a remarkably bleak tale revolving around suicide and mass hallucination that quickly turns into a nightmare. The balloon is a woman's head. Mm. Oh, so this is the bleak one. This is the bleak one. <laughs> As opposed to everything else he writes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, hey, man. I'll take more of uh, I I will not pretend that I'm familiar enough. Like, I've read plenty of Junji Ito, but I'm not going to pretend I'm familiar with uh, Suichi or The Hanging Balloons. I have not read Tomi. However, I do know that Tomi has a big following of people that really appreciate that story. So uh, this is cool. Um, I have to believe that there you can deduce some of the other ones that are going to be in here by Junji Ito's repertoire of short stories. I will be shocked given... Uh, the the popularity increasing due to like it being one of the more commonly shared stories of his um the enigma of amigara fault uh i suspect will be one of the shorts in this as well um that's just me postulating but uh that one has gotten a lot of attention uh over the past few years because of people sharing the images from it and talking about how messed up it is and making uh morbid jokes out of it if you're not familiar this is a story where uh on a fault line um, these human-shaped holes appear in the rock. And uh, people who see it, if they see the one that's for them, they they get obsessed with it. And they say, this is my hole. Yep. This hole's for me. It's calling me. And they they move their body into it. It's like perfectly sized for them. But then they can't get back out. I've I've seen panels from that one specifically. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's become quite quite popular on the internet lately. So I think this that one will probably be amongst this list. I think when I had more money, I bought Uzumaki. Hell yeah! Uh, I'm I'm excited for for more Junji Ito um, stuff for sure. This is apparently the second anthology series he had. Adult Swim did one a couple years ago. Castlevania Nocturne. Uh, we knew that the Castlevania series was ending 
for a new series, and this is that new series. Um, this is Richter Belmont. He's a descendant. Uh, He's a descendant. Uh, it sounded like the Woody Woodpecker laugh. <laughs> He's a descendant. <laughs> <laughs> um, will take place during the French Revolution, the series, uh, and takes inspiration from Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Yeah. 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 And uh, Castlevania Symphony of Night. Symphony of the Night, which is the greatest Castlevania game ever made. Um, so this is special one because this is getting closer to the greatest, one of the greatest games ever made story. Its story is good and also game, the game is good. But uh, this is just one of the best periods in Castlevania because Richter rules. Uh, spoilers, I guess, for the next season of Castlevania, but it's a game that came out 35, 30 years ago. Uh, Richter beats Dracula and then Richter goes missing. So Alucard has to go find him. And it's a big old mystery in Dracula's castle. Um, and I'm just like, this is this is the one that's going to make me go back and finish that third season because I forgot it came out. Um, do we know if Warren Ellis is involved or not? No, this that's so. This is why I suspect this is why they just canceled the series outright. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure, like like we didn't see his name anywhere or anything. Good, you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I love I love Castlevania and I want I want more of it with less bad people in it. I was pretty hurt by how sloppily handled the third season of castlevania was not to mention mm -hmm. that i didn't think the second season was very well handled before that oh, so i okay. don't have a ton of faith in we've talked about this before that the second season has like half of it is an interesting story that's well paced and half of it isn't oh no, i agree um, I, just, I just i just disagree yeah uh and <laughs> did you just say i agree i just disagree no no so i <laughs> like I, I i hear you but like i just disagree on your point i i, yeah. I like season two more than you did yeah um uh season three is also uh kind of a fumbly mess so i'm like we'll see we'll see i thought you had a longer thing so i started eating this Sorry. is a podcast no, brandon i don't need to spend a bunch that's of time that's why saying i it. mute myself I, I said i said my thoughts all right <laughs> they've they've idiot. lost they've lost a portion of my trust we'll see or did warren ellis lose a portion of your trust Mm. one man cannot be the only person responsible for some of the problems in that season. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. Okay. Well, uh, the, 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 there was a little clip. Looks good animation, I guess. All right. One Piece. That's a show you guys have seen, right? Nope. I've seen three out of the 900 episodes. Well, I'll count it. A I've one never piece. watched it once. Not even uh, one piece? No. Nope. Not even a single piece of one piece. Haven't one of us was has Ben seen One Piece? One of us has I'm, seen One Piece. I'm sure right? Ben I, has seen parts of One Piece. It's nobody it's, here is caught up on One Piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the One Piece. It's about pieces of eight. It's about the pirate pirate kings and shit. Yeah, um, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. I know. I'm familiar. Yes. <laughs> um, One Piece. The the live action series is still coming from Netflix. Um, Cowboy Bebop did not deter them, um, and it's going to. Um, they, what they did was they showed a, a first look of what the sets are looking like, and they're building massive sets for the show. Mag says he's caught up. You've watched almost a thousand episodes, over a thousand episodes of One Piece. I'm so proud. It of helps. Mag. It helps if you've been doing it from at least early on. Even still, like a thousand is like, like I haven't read a thousand issues of Action Comics, and I read a Michael, lot of comics. You know what I mean? Michael and Megan are doing it. They're oh, they're yeah. going through one piece. They're skipping all the filler, but they're going. Oh, then I, I then I don't count that. I don't. That's not real. <laughs> that's not real to me. 
way. I mean, I mean, you're basically doing the manga story, which is still long as balls. But, no, but I know, in the but anime like, form. but like, if you're gonna, uh, I, 900 episodes and nothing. Ain't nobody got time for that. We're talking like filler as it was in the in the mid 90s in some of those cases. Like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I watched Dragon uh, Ball. It's bad. I get it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the sets looked really cool. I'm not familiar with One Piece, but I like I like when they put when it feels like they're putting in the money to make it look authentic with these really big practical locations. It certainly looks like the thing from the show. Yeah. I mean, like it, at least they're I, they they're putting a lot of money into it. Yeah. What did you say, Sparks? I I just I you know I I have no dog in this fight. I just am like I I think the decision to make it live action is so baffling when it's not even done. <laughs> and here's the like, thing like, like you can't you can't end this story or at least you have to come up well, with your own way to end this story well here's the thing i i don't think they would start making this show with with a show that's still going on a thousand episodes later i think they know they're not gonna be able to finish that story i yeah. i i just don't know are you going to just do a two season thing you my, can't my understanding like, though like, my my understanding though is that like you can't even like make an approximation of uh, like so much has happened in that story you can't even make an approximation of where that show is now uh to be the ending of your show you would need so much time to flesh out that material uh like uh, you know even at your fastest pace like you you got to be like leaping through five seasons minimum uh and yeah. i i just i just don't see the point of that endeavor you you got it i guess you have to have envisioned your own like we're just kind of gonna find our own little pirate arc here i, I guess i have to imagine like they're not even concerned with the overall plot they're just gonna yeah. tell their own like five season they just wanted to oh. use the story of one piece i guess you're, you're using five season what what are we talking about netflix from 10 years ago this gets two seasons yeah yeah you're right. sorry this ain't stranger things 30 million dollar episodes yeah yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, you're right if, this is that's if this does well yeah, yeah it's it's cool it's cool that you all are going to get to experience one piece in live action i'm sure it might be in, entirely enjoyable and valuable especially because it's adapting like the very earliest stuff i assume uh you, you will you will have that and then it will never be finished <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so interesting to choose one piece yeah uh day shift uh new jamie fox movie we got a first look of this guy vampire hunter uh, this made me the most excited about this movie that I've been up to this point. Yeah, because, me too. Because it's like, it's a stunt guy who's been doing stunts on a ton of movies for forever. Including um, John Wick. Now, now taking on and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, it goes back that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now making his directorial debut and his focus is when we can use stunts and practicals, we're using stunts and practicals as much as possible to make a cool vampire movie. And I'm yeah. like, okay, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And you see yeah. a lot of that. So what, what I really liked about this behind the scenes was that they were showcasing the stunts um, and being and, and being like, we're going to show you exactly how it's like. You see like the contortionist. Yes. You see like the wire work. Like that's all in camera, all done with no, without VFX. It, it looks was incredible. It was such the right way to market this movie. Yeah. Um, this this has made me want to watch this movie. I'm like, OK you're doing cool stuff for real. That's, that's pretty neat. I'm, I'm into it. Plus Snoop Dogg in his Van Helsing getup is awesome. <laughs> um, I really love Jamie Foxx as a person. He's very funny when he's just like, this thing has what I call popcorn modes. This thing goes, mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie Foxx has made a bunch of Netflix movies recently that none of us have watched. And apparently like they're all not good. He was in a Netflix sitcom. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Crazy. Um, because he started a sitcom and he wanted to go back. Uh, this did look really fun. 
I don't know if it'll be good, but like this looks fun. It looks like everyone's having a good time, but like <laughs> you know, I know it's not Chad Stelsky directing it, he's producing it, but this is one of his guys. That's why yeah. that's why he's a producer on it. So like I have no reason to think it's not gonna be good. I am sure I can that un- like the stunts and stuff will be great. I'm um, all that stuff, all the action. I'm not worried about that's it. That's the thing. That's the thing is like the fact that it's a film that like is built around, you know, like it's the same obviously uh, from a different approach but like it's the same mentality as like top gun maverick's point is how can we make a cool movie around the fact that we're going to film the actors in these jets mm-hmm. and we're going to film the jets really well and <laughs> yes. and this one is like how can we make a cool vampire thing around the fact that we're going to film these actual stunts we're going to make the characters be going through and how do we form a story around that so the story might not be so great but i have very good reason indi- indication at this point to believe that it will be entertaining to watch and yeah. that's also that's more than i thought it was going to be before this moment also you, you got to remember that john wick came from just the conceptual idea of like how can we make gun reloading cool yeah so no i just i think i i i would rather watch keanu reeves than, than jamie fox the jamie fox but jamie fox does look like he's having fun here yeah yeah um it's got I want to watch popcorn it. moments. If it's going to be, yeah, yeah. If it's going to be like a fun entertainment kind of popcorn esque movie, which is the the vein it seems to be in, I think Jamie Foxx can have a ton of fun in that. And yeah. I, I just want someone who's having fun. This looks uh, like more fun than his last Netflix film, which was um the one with the superpowers, with Joe Scott Levitt. Mm-hmm. Oh right, sure. Um, Mag, uh, I see that you said things about One Piece. Uh, you're just saying words to me. I don't yeah, know what don't. East Blue Ors Grand <laughs> yeah, Line is. I mean, I know what that. We're means. not reading it, Mag. We're not reading it. Talking about it's parts of the ocean. I get it, but I don't get it enough. All right, I appreciate quick, you. Quick trailers, quick hot trailers. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Okay, we're still in Netflix trailers. Yeah. Hopefully. The Dragon Prince, Mystery of Avarice. Uh, you guys are not watching Dragon Prince. I'm more um, of a, a Dragon Queen kind of guy, sorry. Oh, sorry, Dragon Princess. Yeah, yeah. He said um, Queen. Damn it! Listen to him when he talks. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I am caught up. I think Ben is caught up too. It's been mm-hmm. three years since this show was in, was was renewed for seven seasons. And uh, yes, I'm not even kidding. Um, this the show was renewed for seven seasons. Does three that mean anything, ago. or is that just three seasons cut up? Ooh. No, because they've already got three seasons out, so I assume it's. I assume it's that. Right, but you know what I mean. Like, is it Netflix well, cutting I, up? I know, but like, I know, I I know what you're saying. I don't know if that's true. I don't know because like they're all, because it's the guys who did Avatar. It's it's structured like book one, book two, book three. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they were conceived as seasons, or if what the first season just covered three books. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, I really like it. The show. I really like the show. Ben really likes the show. Um. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting three years to hear about a season four because I knew it was coming. Um. And I'm really happy that it's coming this year. Um. I will admit to having a moment of going like I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> it's, been watching... a, it's been enough time. Yeah. 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 When I was watching that trailer, but uh, he was in the finale of the Dragon Prince. I really. I'm excited. Awesome. Troll. Yeah. Gives me uh, Troll Hunter vibes. Uh, yep, that's... <laughs> well, the only other troll movie I can think of gives me big Troll Hunter vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it does, though. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, he's only seen two troll movies. It's 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 funny that, like, no, absolutely. Um, uh, This looks awesome. And, like, in like a, what's that? Uh, the When Monsters Are Here, it's that Liam Neeson monster movie. The guy who directed Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, directed it. Uh, it was, oh, like, a monster movie. A Monster Calls. A Monster Calls. I got, like, kind of, like, vibes about that. 
uh, where maybe mm. the troll maybe isn't evil. He's just misunderstood and alone kind of thing. Um, yeah, I. This is the director of Tomb Raider from 2018. Oh, cool. Okay. In his native language, he went back to his country to make this movie. Hell yeah. Cool. Um, coming to Netflix. I thought this looks really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm you don't see a lot. It, it's definitely intriguing as of this yeah. moment. Good teaser. Sparks, why don't you say a couple things about Sonic Prime? The animation looks really good. Yeah. I saw a 30 second trailer. There's not, there's not a lot to say still right now. Um, I like the voice for Sonic. We've talked about him before. Um, uh, new actor to the role. I think he's a good pick. I like his voice. Um, they've now shown that they're uh, at Sonic Central. They showed a clip of Shadows, so we know Shadows in the show. Um, this, they also this... showed a clip of Sonic Frontiers Prologue, which actually wasn't a clip, apparently. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to get into that. But um, they, so so we know Shadows in the show. Now we know Big is in this show uh, along with Froggy. These are Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two characters. So we can f- from that kind of extrapolate that at bare minimum, Amy, Knuckles, Tails. Um, probably a couple of the other characters, Rouge the Bat, uh, from that era of Sonic are included here, um, possibly more further down the timeline, but we can at least suppose from that point that all those characters are going to be in the show. Um, I really like the animation. That's that's the main thing, is I just think the animation looks really nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm jamming. I want to say a couple of things about <laughs> Sonic Frontiers. I'm sorry. <sighs> we have no. so much news. I know, I just, just got to, I just, like... They're talking about like, like there's a prologue to it, an animated prologue that's going to be online. Uh, Knuckles and Amy are in the are in the game, and what they showed us was not even a final or close to final build of the game. And I'm like, what are we doing? Knuckles is in the prologue, and Tails and Amy go with Sonic into the other world, but they didn't say that Knuckles does. So I don't even know what the point of Knuckles being in the game is. But you have to get the the emeralds, right? The chaos emeralds in this. That's what the game is about, right? Whatever. Probably. Yeah, but but Knuckles isn't attached to the Chaos Emeralds. He's only attached to the Master Emerald in the games. Well, it still looks terrible. True. Um, all right. I don't I don't care if it's if it's a first build of the game. Don't show us a first build of the game. They they thought yeah. they had something. Yeah. Son- Sonic Frontiers seems to be a misstep, as we said for I think 30 minutes last time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oops. We'll, um, we'll go on. Yes. Why don't you say a little bit about Lock and Key Season 3? Uh, oh, guys, Lock and Key is so good. <laughs> uh, I really, uh, if you guys haven't watched Lock and Key, this is in general to our audience. I know where you guys are at. If you haven't watched Lock and Key for a while or you never watched it, you really should. Um, I think with Season 3 coming out, I don't feel the need necessarily to rewatch Season 1 and 2 because it wasn't that long ago that I finally watched Season 2 and thus rewatched Season 1 for it. I highly recommend like putting the the emotions of those characters back into your brain rather than a recap video. If you can, if you can put in the time, I think it's worth it. I think it's going to be a nice, concise three season, fully emotional story about this family. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This trailer looks great. I really wish that someone else on this podcast had watched it so I could talk about the actor playing the big bad, but I can't. Um, <laughs> so it's be like that. Cool. I, I will. You're going to be really this. happy about this season when you know who's playing the bad guy. I will, I will, uh, I will catch up before this drops. When, like, when is my goal? When's the third season? July. Yeah, oh, I, think that's, that's, uh, oh, I think it's late July. That's so soon. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay. Go on to the next thing. Enter Galactic. Hey, I love Spider Verse. Yeah, I thought uh, the I'm animation just, here was awesome. I'm just glad this animation is taking off. Me yeah, too. Uh, it's really interesting because, like, it's it's like, I, it's like made and produced by August. Kid Cudi. August? Lock and Key, yes, is August 10th. 
All right, I might have enough time for that then. Oh, yeah. uh, a lot of fake nerds watches I got to do first though. Um, yeah. I would love, I would love a lock and key fake nerds watch discussion. Yeah. We can do the uh, whole series in one go. Um, yeah, this like again, like it, it looks like Spider Verse, but just like like the realistic, like people living in a world, uh, uh heavily like a, like a uh, rap inspired, uh, with Kid Cudi being involved, but also like a lot of like uh other rappers and also Timothy Chalamet for some reason. And uh, Selena great, Gomez, great cast. Yeah, very cool. Looks great. Yeah. I love the this animation. I love that this animation is getting more exploration. Sorry, go ahead. Well, the Sea Beast. This was a good trailer for this movie. This yeah. movie still looks like it needs... It doesn't have a hook, necessarily, for No, me. it's got a hook about the Sea Beast. Arr. Oh, my God. Goodbye, everyone. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I do like the relationship between him and the kid. I guess you could argue that that's almost the hook. Yeah. Um, I do think that that's supplying something. I do think it's nice. It seems charming um it seems like a worthwhile experience to sit down through my only thing is that i still think uh a couple of not every creature but some of the creatures i wish their designs were a little more elaborate sure um Uh, the the large red one we see in this trailer is a little too simplistic and a little too how to train your dragony uh for me uh this one i think we also found out or maybe we knew before but carl urban is the lead in this yeah yeah, that's cool. Uh, that was cool. I do, I did like the first trailer more, I think. Uh, but it still looks like a fun, charming adventure. Yeah, yeah I'm totally gonna see this one. I'm glad uh, that it's getting um select theater releases. It's getting oh. a theater release, interestingly, uh, before its Netflix release, not at the same time, yeah. which has been the case before. So yeah, one month before. Uh, that's that's cool. Good for them. Yeah. The Cuphead show. Yeah, Cuphead show looks great. So I wasn't aware that the first season, quote unquote season, was already out. So I'm going to immediately watch this as soon as I'm done with other shows. But this, I, I love this. I thought this looked really cool. I totally get how you've forgotten that Cuphead came out, but it definitely like the week that it dropped, both Ben and I had watched the first few episodes and talked about it here on the podcast. But I, I get that that how like long ago was went that? out of your brain. That was a while. That okay. was a while. Okay. <laughs> but like, I totally get that it's left your brain at this point. I'm not going to remember you guys watching something that I've been watching. You know what no, I mean? for That's, sure. Like, for sure, uh, it's, this looks really. I'm not cool. going to remember anything by the time we hit end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just did realize, like, because I didn't remember the first trailer or the first season or whatever. So, like, I like I didn't realize the 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 style was all man, we're gangsters. Say, we gotta go over here. Like, I love that's what my favorite dumb voices to do. Uh, like that's like the whole show, like old like gangster 30s, 40s talk. Uh, I'm absolutely gonna catch up. This looks great. Yeah, I want to check this one out. Dragon Age Absolution. Uh, this is a fine trailer. It, it it reminds me of a lot of other fantasy trailers that we get. That's a hey, it's a new fantasy world introduction, but it's a world I'm very familiar with with Dragon Age, which is a Bethesda uh uh, uh role playing game. Um, the guys who make Mass Effect. Um, I love this world a lot. I think the thing that it does with magic is really interesting, where magic is treated almost like um like a weapon and only like only like the magic police are allowed to have it and people who are outside who use magic are basically like hunted down because they could be current if you use magic too much you uh, you turn into a monster it's just a part of the world so i really like the way that they handle magic in the world so that's something i'm really invested in and this is a a really cool thing because it's, it's it is being made with a bethesda itself like and like the team behind dragon age and we're going to a land that we haven't been to yet in the dragon age universe so it is like actually exploring and unfolding new plot and lore stuff that we haven't seen yet uh, which is really cool. Instead of like treading over stuff we know, uh, they're actually building upon the world for the new game that's coming out in a couple of years. Yeah, I haven't. 
I didn't catch who's doing the animation, but the animation looks very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might, check this, I might check this one out. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember I watched the um, only because I had a crush on Felicia Day at the time. That Dragon Age web series she did. Yeah. Where she yeah, was yeah. the elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched yeah. all her stuff, too, when I was young. I get it. Me, too. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, man, that time, her music video, the first one, I watched that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watched The Guild? Did you watch The Guild? Oh, yeah. I hold. I have the first two seasons on DVD. Fine. Beautiful. Hell, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked The Guild. I thought that show was awesome. Did you ever watch The Guild, Sparks? Yes. Yeah, cool. Um, right, because that, that because I was turned on to The Guild because of Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Mm. What a what a track down memory lane that just <laughs> yeah. went down. That is that is kind of how everybody found Felicia Day for the most part. Mm-hmm. Because she was um she was the guild inspired Dr. Horrible, but then Dr. Horrible sent everyone to the guild. True. Yes. <sighs> Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So uh you've played Cyberpunk 2077, Ryan. Baby, I'm going back to it after watching this. Oh my god, this <laughs> this hyped me up so hard. Trigger, are you kidding me? Also, I've never seen the trigger like logo where like yeah. the, the it's the two the two uh like triggers in their name. Be- beautiful logo. Yeah. I um I've, I love Studio Trigger a lot. Like they've done like everything I love about anything. They've got they've got something. So like I'm super stoked for this i have no information i have no i'm sure it would be fine for like people who don't who've never seen cyberpunk who never played cyberpunk 2077 but like any other animation studio i would have been like okay i'll check it out but trigger you got my you got Uh, me there day one it, it not only looks good uh sparks i showed you two minutes of cyberpunk specifically an enemy who was like matrix running at me and they did that in this trailer the the net runner who basically like phases like um like one of the underverse people from uh, Chronicles of Riddick, like that kind of like mm-hmm. thing. Like they did that in this trailer, meaning like they like they know the game inside and out. Like they they're incorporating everything that we love about the game into beautiful animation. Um, all the hacking stuff. Like I am so it's such a it's such a, a perfect melding uh, trigger in cyberpunk actually. Yeah. The the um, uh, triggers. Uh, I was just gonna say like triggers not always always a hit, but I am like animation wise they can be, but not always with with the story that they're handling. But um, mm-hmm. this looks this looks promising. Yeah, yeah, I really love their their animation style. I really like the energy they bring to their animation. Uh, see that again. It's also um, I believe one of the few times that Netflix actually worked with a uh, Japanese anime studio and not farmed it out to Korea. Oh, cool. So. Also, uh, they like like CD Projekt Red is also like involved in helping make this, um, yeah. which is yeah. always nice. Like, I always love like when the creatives like have some input. So like, it's more true to the vision and stuff. Arcane lit a fire on everyone's butts. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. The Midnight Club. Was this the one that was like the trailer that they made for like we're introducing that there was yes. going to be a show soon? Yes. Yeah. Whatever. This is the Mike Flanagan <laughs> one. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it's going to be great, but like making a trailer to introduce, like, I, I never like these types of trailers. Like, we're announcing we're coming soon. Aren't you interested? Like, sure, just show me a trailer. Yeah. yeah this, okay. This is their, they're, they're talking about, they are talking, they're like, they're like reciting an oath that's in mm-hmm. this, in this midnight club. Um, this, I wonder if this indicates that this will be a more lighthearted tone than what Mike Flanagan has done before. I, mm. I believe, uh, no, well, I believe he said specifically it is. It yeah. is it is more lighthearted fun. 
Um, but a it's little. still horror. Uh, do you guys know the plot of the Midnight Club at all? No. no. Okay, so it's a book. Um, I did not read it, but other people I knew when I was younger read it. Okay. Um, all these kids are terminally ill. They're in a terminally ill ward, and they get together every midnight to tell stories. Oh, it's it's like an anthology. The Midnight Club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Well, (laughs) uh, so that's why I'm like the lightheartedness. They're all dying. (laughs) Maybe it might not be. Maybe just not rated R emotional hardcore. Like it is. It is like lighter, lighter feeling. I, 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 yeah. I don't think something as hard as. Bly Man, not Bly Manor, the first one, Hill House, um, and or Midnight, uh, Midnight Mass, Midnight Mass. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could see. Uh, that. I don't think I we'll see, see something being, on that tone. I did, I could see this being about on the level of Bly Manor. Yeah, not, Bly Manor is a little lighter. not Hill House, not Midnight Mass, yeah. but Bly Manor I think is about the range you could expect. I also think it would be fun. Which, like, again, there's another director we're going to be talking about making a lighter version of things he's used to. Like, I think it'd be fun if Mike Flanagan, ch- Mike Flanagan challenged himself to make something like a goose, like a Goosebumps, uh, th- which is this isn't. But like, I think it'd be fun to try something outside of his wheelhouse. What trailer were you talking about? That's lighthearted. Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were talking. It was still, I thought you were talking about Geek Week because the next one, the next one. Is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is So I thought you were referring to that. I was like, did I watch the right trailer? No, 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 no. Uh, another, lots of anthology stuff going on. It was an anthology um, uh, from, from, lot, good cast. Del Toro's got a good cast in this one. A lot of really good uh, horror directors. Yeah, yeah. And Rupert, Rupert Gint, Grint, uh, Sophia Botella. Oh, the director of Mandy is doing one of these. So. Director of a, a bunch of good stuff. Yeah. I just I just wanted to remind myself a little so the the context like that might help you a little bit with at least what this trailer is doing is that um, I'm just going to read this real quick because I think it's cool. Um, every night at 12, they're in a uh, uh, Rotterdam home, which is a hospice for terminally ill young kids. Uh, they're teenagers. Every night at 12, a group of uh, them at the hospice came together. They called themselves the Midnight Club and they would come together and take turns telling stories. Any type of story they could think of, they would tell ones filled with intrigue and horror of life and death, true stories, made up stories, and stories that fell somewhere in between. One night in the middle of a particularly scary story, the, fo- the, the kids make a pact with each other. The first one who dies is to make every effort to contact the others from beyond the grave because they're all terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then one of them does. Does die. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. But Captain of Curiosities, guys. We get a lot of... This is an interesting trailer because it's everything that's not interesting about, about it. It's everything... It's like a zoom out. It's like people on the sides. It's it's not like the scary moments of a trailer. This is just kind of like the setup to scary moments. Constantly. Yeah, I, I only really care about the fact that like we're getting an anthology series with Del Toro and all of the people that they name in it. And that's yeah. really that all that matters to me. The director of Splice. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of... Everyone on that list is is I'm really excited for. Um, mm-hmm. And it's we got a trailer for it, which means it's something that's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, <clears throat> then Resident Evil. This was a I, great trailer for y'all, this. Y'all, the people on the internet are insane. This is one of the this is one of the first times where like the fan base and I have just are not seeing eye to eye because the fan base for Resident Evil like hate this trailer, and I'm like. Not everything has to be one to one. This looks like a good TV show. I think the 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 core of what Resident Evil is about about the shitty corporation trying to do everything to make money, destroying the world. That's all intact here. If anything, they're retelling the origin of Resident Evil just in the future again because history repeats itself. 
like that's that's the most human story of all is like we're doomed to repeat ourselves um i thought this right was and they've and they've been so clear that like this is them putting something new into the franchise and i think this looks this is a good trailer this is yeah. a good trailer i was like yeah oh, damn i'm glad you guys I'm actually really hyped to watch this now uh the only thing i guess and i maybe maybe they have a lot more to reveal they are showing a lot of the monsters um like there's a there's a lot of giant monsters in resident evils all of them um so the fact that they're showing multiple of them in the trailer makes me hope that they have more to show instead of just like hey this is how we get you in um because again like it's not really the point but like i don't want all the big stuff revealed sure do we, there's a there's a do we know who the guy, who the guy in the tank is at the end um i'd have to i'd have to rewatch it i don't remember no i don't um uh i just this is probably the most excited i've been about any resident evil film or show trailer in a while i think this is i think this ever i think this is the best i think this is this is really good there's there's one scene where like obviously like the disaster has happened and wesker is bathing himself in blood and i'm like what are you doing why is why are you bathing in blood bro like i love it the writers of the show and Capcom have talked about how this is like a, a side story to the games. Like the games have happened. Yeah. At least that's what they said that their mind, the games have happened in this, in this continuity. And so this is like, that's why like the games are in the past, in, in the, in the world, in the past concurrent, whatever, whatever they, they, they do it. But this is just a side thing. And I think that's a really cool way to do it because yeah. you're putting something new into the resident evil world while also not erase, not erasing what had come before it, yeah it's the absolute best it's the absolute best thing i think that it could do um uh, i have no problem with them like gender gender swapping or like or not gender swapping a uh, race swapping wesker like, like he's lance reddick like i have no problem with that as long as as long yeah, as he's so good though as long as he is the wesker that i know who is actually like an insane crazy person that and i think that's the trajectory of this character which he's like again history repeats itself um and like the kids are gonna have to fight their dad uh that's that's the thing i'm really waiting for is that yeah, wesker in the, in the beginning of the trailer we see that wesker is is like you know because they're talking about like after what ha- after what happened to umbrella because what happened in the past happened and then a new raccoon city umbrella is trying to rebrand and then mm-hmm. and then wesker's like this thing that we just put out has the t-virus in it like what what are we doing it's i'm gonna be so curious if this is going to be a rehabilitated wesker or it's a Wesker who slowly returns to the person, like, or sorry, he becomes like. Uh, or uh, what if, because it's set in two different timelines, before and after, what if the games actually happen in between, and the before is a Wesker origin? Uh this definitely takes place after like five and six, like when Wesker Wesker dies, and then like this this is this if 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 this were a Resident Evil game, this would be like Resident Evil Nine, basically mm-hmm. how far it is in the future, and then like with twenty thirty six, that's like Resident Evil like eleven. Uh, so right, because they because well I was saying I was saying like just hypothetically what if oh, yeah. we're, what if we're being misled and the 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 Wesker in the before the disaster is actually before the disaster yeah 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 that I would I would love that like my secret desire desire my secret hope is that like they are tying in a bunch of game stuff we just don't know about like mm-hmm. we are gonna see the old the old Raccoon City and like what became new Raccoon City. And we're going to see the old stuff. And like, we've rebuilt. Cause there was a lot of that in this trailer of like, we used to be a shitty company and we're rebranding, but are you we're really better now? Yeah. Again, the Wayland Utani thing, but with zombies. Um, I am so excited for this. And yeah, it's not the direction that like the gamers would want or whatever, but like, this is a fresh take while still incorporating everything we love about the franchise. It looks very good. Yeah. Love it. The Sandman. We got it. We got it. This is man, okay. Like, 
the Sandman is one of like it is one of those like one of like the most like quote unquote unfilmable things just because like the stuff that's happening in the in in on the page is so cosmic and it's so ethereal and it's so magical that like you just need a shit ton of money to make it look real. We are at the point now. This looks good. Yeah. I, how well good. how well it'll adapt everything with like the minutia and like the intricate like beauty of it. I, like we'll see. But the visual style of it looks incredible. I love the, the look of it. I was blown away by seeing that castle uh in it which is completely the rendered castle looking incredible. Um a bridge was, like spawning up. Yeah, with with like hand like it looks yeah. incredible. Um Jenna Coleman, I think uh I already am in love with her as Joanna Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the shot that really got to me was uh, is like when is when um uh Sandman he's like he's like being like some like taken and his mm. hair is huge like legion from the X-Men and it's like his body is like super ethereal and I'm like man they're just really going for it. Um visually no complaints. No complaints whatsoever. Love loving the look of it. I'm very excited for the show. You know any pieces? You like and... how do you feel about Ravens? No, I just I I'd, I'd only be echoing everything you guys just said. I'm There's not to too much to parse through here because it is just a date announcement trailer. Just fine. I have no problem yeah. with that. Is a uh, Sammy in your yes, room yes. right now? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, you're you're petting something. I was like, what are you petting, Sam? Yeah, it's, it's Sammy. It's Sammy. <laughs> Sammy came in. Um, it's okay because you were talking about the cat. I understand. You're right. Stuff. You're um, right. Sammy was scratching at the door, so I had to open it to let him in. Scratched at the door. <laughs> yeah, he's now laying on the floor, staring at me. Um, Mark Hamill is also cast as Pumpkinhead in a. Uh, uh, Sandman. Cool. Keep keep on keeping on. You guys have the floor now because we're in trailers. Oh. And we're out of Netflix Geek Week. Geek Week is over. They announced I, some games. We don't give a shit. I mean, they might be good, but all right, no, I, don't, I honestly didn't even look at them. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Queen's Gambit, the game. <laughs> so, like, if you want the game <laughs> content, go somewhere else. Um, yeah. But we're done with Netflix Geek Week. We're now in the other trailers that dropped this week. Just the regular trailers. Just the regs. Just the regs. Like, like, like the 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 like the bad batch called the clones, the regs. We pulled up and we're locked in at the trailer park. Rags so why delicious. don't you guys talk about Motherland Fort Salem season three? Oh, the God. final season. Man. Man, this is there's a lot of action in this trailer. They know it's a, a final lot. season. They know it's a final yeah. season. I'm glad yeah, that do. like I'm glad they got the go the the notice so they can actually like put a finale on it because like this feels endgame. Like maybe faster than I'd want, but that's um, the reality of it. Uh, but yeah, crazy witch stuff's happening. I, I don't even mind that we could be at Endgame for some of the stuff that we've been dealing with up to this point. I can accept mm-hmm. that. It's it's not even so much that like I need I needed this story, this specific story we've been in to be dragged out further than this point. That's not necessarily it. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't want to be done with this world, nor do I necessarily want to be done with all of these characters. Um, yeah. But like, uh, yes, it, it does look like, you know, they clearly know it's the final season. They're doing some stuff. It looks great um there's we got uh, we got the reveal that someone who we suspected was going to be back in a big way is back in a big way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um they introduced the thing about the show that's so cool is like different cultures use magic differently and like the way that they they vocalize their magic uh and we're being introduced to native american uh uh magicians and witches and wizards and stuff and the way that and there's like i wish i don't remember his name but he's like he's like one of the most famous native american actors like he's he's if he's he oh he was um he got his head blown off in suicide squad <laughs> That guy, mm. mm-hmm. Adam Slip, Beach, Slipknot. 
Slipknot, yeah, you can do anything or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, that guy, he's doing some really cool, like uh, uh like um, tele uh, like a telekinetic shit with his voice uh, in one of the scenes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh cool, like Native American like witch hunters or something. I'm like, that looks that seems pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm so stoked to explore more of this world. I I I hope I hope that somehow something more comes from this world after this season like whether this, it's the season i'm so glad there will be three seasons of a per like a very good story mm -hmm. i'm glad we'll have that i want more this is such a good world yeah yeah i'm gonna try to catch up before I, there's so. there's so many great characters here there's so many great moments um i do like there's a, a lot of people have been sharing on twitter i'm sure you saw this ryan where they're sharing one of the shots from like early in season one which is the three main characters like huddled around each other and now uh they did the same shot but with um uh with the other girl added so now it's the four of them yeah she's officially Man. part of the group it's uh it is more than anything yeah I, I do agree like i this is just such an interesting world and like i hope it comes back in any way they want even if it's just like a text adventure i'll play that i'll read it whatever sure. they have new um military uniforms with higher collars that's it's good cool. luck it's good luck guys like rob zombie um yes most of the time i you guess like the monsters i kind of yeah like yeah. i don't love them but i do i like them well uh brian fuller is coming back to do no i'm kidding um <laughs> uh rob zombie had released his first clip his first like announcement thing of the monsters movie that he filmed this what? is so this wild is... uh that's the my exact words this is wild uh just because rob zombie his entire career is burning witches digging ditches <laughs> murder sex violence drugs uh and he's doing something pg for the first time in his career and i'm just like i am just so interested more than anything i'm excited i don't even know what it could look like i really don't even know it's having new. <laughs> i don't have the rob zombie uh, relationship that you guys have but like even i looked at like Okay, like PG thirteen, I would have got, but like, is this is a kids movie. It's just like it's like someone who makes like nothing but rated R movies making a kids movie. It's just yeah. like it seems weird all of a sudden. Um, but it's like he but loves it's different than like Robert Rodriguez doing it because Robert Rodriguez is not Rob Zombie, right? I was gonna, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like you're, it's Robert Rodriguez is kind of a great pull because like Robert Rodriguez can shift those tones pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Rob Zombie, I think, is just as capable of it. He's just never done it before. He just hasn't tried it. This will be um, his Spy Kids. <laughs> It's gonna be so. It's gonna be so interesting to see who appreciates this movie and where where it lands for people. I'm so yeah. I'm so intrigued. I'm it's so not. Stoked. It's not Sherry Moon as his as the as as the bride, right? Yeah, it is her. I was. I didn't. Yeah. Know, I didn't, oh, yeah. It's Sherry. He, he can't. Come on. It's every, Rob. It. He. Every movie Rob Zombie makes, uh, he puts his wife in, just like Helen and Bonham Carter's, in almost every yeah. <laughs> different movie. Like. Yeah. I love it. Um. When I first saw this movie was announced, when he played post, like I'm filming the monsters, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna he's gonna do a rated R monsters film." That makes sense. Yeah, this is uh, this is crazy to learn. I can't wait to see uh, the real trailer because this was just like them, just like hey, another announcement thing. Um, is this gonna be the Brady Bunch movie of the monsters? Yeah, potentially. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Importantly, this is huge. I didn't know this. I just looked up the cast for the first time. Yeah, um, I don't know who anyone is. Their makeup is so Oh good. my god, what a cast. Uh, okay. <laughs> Holy Do shit. It. Okay. Do it. Um, Cassandra Peterson, if that name's not familiar to you, that's Elvira, is playing Barbara Carr in this Whoa. movie. Um, Jorge Garcia 
uh, from Lost, the big guy oh, from yeah. Lost, yeah, is yeah, playing yeah. Fluke. Hurley. Sylvester McCoy from Doctor yeah. Who is playing yeah. e- uh, Igor. Um, oh, and, yeah. and Richard Brake is back playing Dr. Henry August. Uh, this is wild. Who, plays, man, is wild. who plays Mr. Munster? That's um, uh, Herman Munster is played by Jeff Daniel Phillips. Um, oh. He is uh, he's from a previous uh, lot uh, all three of Rob Zombie's most. He's one of the first. main dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was also in Westworld. Oh shit! Uh, it's a the, shame Sid Haig uncle, passed away. Who's yeah. the, who's uncle? Uh, who's uncle vampire? Uh, the grandpa. That's yeah. Daniel Roebuck. Daniel Roebuck is playing the grandpa. Daniel Roebuck. Um, <laughs> sounds familiar. He's famous for Matlock. <laughs> he, okay, he was in sure. Matlock. He's not Matlock, but he was in Matlock. Um, there's not. I a wasn't lot, like, even cool. Matlock. There, there's not a lot I can pull from from his uh, repertoire that I think would jump out to you guys. Um, That's awesome, though. But yeah, I, uh, I did, I had the one that got me is Cassandra Peterson and Jorge Garcia. Knowing that they're in this is wild. Yeah, um, I'm stoked. God, I'm so crazy. Excited that... It's so crazy that like they said yes to Rob Zombie directing a PG movie about like it's it's just not something you think of. It's crazy. This is gonna be so wild. Nash Bridges. Oh yeah, good pull. Oh okay. I, yeah, no, not for me um yeah so cool strange world oh my god oh my god you guys remember when i was talking about how like i'm glad Lightyear is coming out because it's like it's like their way of like sneaking in a hardcore sci-fi movie because they're too cowardly to make a real one Mm -hmm. they did it they did it this is literally everything i want literally the movie i've ever i wanted them to make cheesy they're making sci-fi they're making what feels like, yeah, very much a Flash Gordon, like classic old school Flash Gordon style. Jake uh, Gyllenhaal is the lead oh in this one. Sounds mm-hmm. so good. Love it. Love it. I'm Jake, really Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal is the lead and to this moment still the only cast member we know aside from Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this looks really cool. I really love the design of this. How how like strange everything truly is like they really like leaned into like how, how strange can we make like the like you see like the camp walks away yeah yeah um yeah this looks really this looks really good this is disney animation this isn't pixar um but yeah i'm really stoked for this one yeah um i just love the presentation of like i know disney adventure like i love yeah. i love that like like broadcast style um yeah like all all of the foliage and all of the animals being weird and you don't know what they're gonna do uh it's just so fun uh like land of the lost kind of stuff um yeah i'm this is literally like the disney movie i've always wanted them to make so like i'm it's better be good this is gonna this is interesting this is one of the rare disney animated films uh centered around a, a male a male protagonist mm-hmm. look at that he could be our first princess a male princess well that would be treasure planets dude right oh i guess or the predator or the, or the predator or the predator we'll get there <laughs> Oh, we're not talking about... Th- oh, yeah, we are. I'm going to mention a little thing. The Bullet Train trailer. There's a new Bullet Train trailer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the big thing that I didn't know about this is that uh, whether true or not, uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson are twins. Um, but they, they said, like, our boss's soul is stuffed in that case that has now been stolen. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool angle for this thing. Yeah, I I'm super jazzed for this. Like this, the the trailer just solidified like it's just gonna be like a fun like character action movie. Uh, yeah, it's a shame it got delayed, but uh, it's still coming this year. So, 
August 5th. Yeah. Black Adam. He did it. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe has changed. Finally. Thank God. We're, we did it. The I hierarchy, think... <laughs> by the way, is that Black Adam is the only superhero that doesn't kill. Somebody tell Zack Snyder. <laughs> so, sorry, he is the only superhero that does kill. All the other superheroes don't kill, apparently. There you go, there you go. Um, I'll be honest, guys. I thought this trailer was fine. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, like, I... I... I think, I think visually, uh, like I'd even this, go a all, step further and I, I'd even go a step further and say it was a bad trailer. I, I, I think the special effects look good. I think there's going to be a problem of it looking very samey throughout the entire movie of just being kind of brown looking. Mm -hmm. That's my big fear of it looking just kind of bland looking. Um, it's not very vibrant. It's like, but, but I guess I don't need that in a Black Adam movie, but I don't know. Well, I I kind of do want it in in a Black Adam movie because you have the JSA. Well, I guess that's what I mean. Like, I guess I don't, I don't even know what I want with a Black Adam movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a little weird because like the JSA are in it. It's a present day film. Um, it's that is it's set now. I think that that was a mistake. Maybe. Um, yeah, we I all kinda, thought I we we all I think I thought we'd heard at one point, but I guess maybe we just all presumed this was a period piece film. You yeah. just you'd hope so. Yeah, maybe they um, want to distance themselves from Wonder Woman though. Yeah, but I mean, you could do you could do even the seventies, like you could still, even if it's not oh, World War Two, yeah. or you know, Wonder Woman's World War One. Even if it's not World War Two that you jump to, there's still other conflicts you could jump into to bring in Black Adam. Like I, I don't know, like that's uh, modern day feels maybe ill ill conceived. Yeah, yeah, this one's a little strange, um, but we get a first look at Doctor Fate. Uh, I really like how they visualize Dr. Fate. I, I like the, the helmet uh, split kind of between order and chaos, the two mm -hmm. gods. Um, mm -hmm. That's very cool. Pierce Brosnan always looked great as Dr. Fate. So I'm stoked, I'm stoked for that. But like, other than that, there really wasn't anything in this trailer that got me interested. I'm stoked about the movie. Still, this yeah. trailer isn't anything that got me stoked for it. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they, uh, I do like I the shot where he just like, uh, uh, side punches the jet because he's like mm. get get that shit out of here uh he does, <laughs> do like iron, he does what iron man wouldn't and him tossing the dude that's good yeah this would this would that whole like that whole like superheroes don't kill i do thing would ring so much better if every superhero in this universe didn't kill uh like they all kill right honestly i if this movie came not out aquaman he kills kill plenty of crustaceans did Aquaman That's kill anyone in Justice people. League? That's it, racist. And <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, and the Snyder Cut, because I haven't watched the Snyder Cut yet. Does Aquaman kill anybody? I mean, well, the parent I mean, demons, but I don't know if they count that as killing things. Spider Man kills I, drugs. Racist. Too. Yeah, I, I learned it from him. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, it's the same thing of like, do you think Spider Man's killing people when he does the the kill mode in Endgame? Like, I those are mindless drones. So like, parademons, yeah. I don't count that as murdering things. Right. So um, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. That's fair. Wonder Woman's Wonder Woman has killed people. She definitely is a murderer. In that first movie, Wonder Woman has She's killed people. She's in a war. She's wartime murdering people. She just she just knocks people through walls and they get sleepy. <laughs> they get sleepy. <laughs> John's been sleeping for seven months. <laughs> that's what, that's what Superman. That's what Superman did in Batman v Superman, right? He knocked him through a wall. And he got I'm sleepy. not defending that. I know he killed people there. <laughs> Honestly, if this movie would have came out ten years ago, I'd probably like this trailer more. If I'm being honest. Yeah. 
It definitely feels kind of like like a 2010 movie, maybe. I mean, we've been waiting 17 years for this. Maybe we don't need the higher update to change. I think this is just a bad trailer and a bad first look at the movie. I think I it think focuses so much on The Rock. And you know, he is Black Adam. Um, it's, it's, it's focusing too much on just The Rock being The Rock and not so much on, like, who Black Adam actually is. Like, oh, he's a slave and stuff. Like, we see him just killing people, though. So, like... I need more of your character than yeah. you're just a cool It's not man. clear what the movie's about still. Yeah, 100%. There's definitely, like, a villain that we don't even know about. It's, so. It looks like, because we see, like, the, the three people on the jets, I was like, is this Intergang? Is, like, Intergang the villain yeah. that we're doing? Yeah, like, the villains look, like, completely from a different, they look like, like space villains. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, who, know, who knows what it is, yeah. I wonder I wonder if the villains, I'm so upset if the villains are just like, it's a gangster. It's a gangster movie, guys, with Black Adam. Honestly, the worst thing it's going to be, it's just like, they're new evil rulers of Kondok, and he's just like, I have to take it my way. But, the, but like, I would be okay with that if the JSA wasn't also in the movie. Yeah, because they're right, going to Because stop. that's, like, that's like kind of okay. That's, like, what Black Adam does all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's a good point, yeah. If, but the JSA is in it. Like, I want more. They're going to fight. They're going to team up to fight the greater villain. We'll see. That's fine. What is yeah. it? It's what is the greater like, villain? It's a I, I, I giant reserve... motorcycle. It's a giant motorcycle. I reserve strong judgment on the film until another trailer comes out. I just think this is a bad trailer. You know what? Who, you know who should be the main villain of this? Who? Genie Jafar from uh, Aladdin 2. Genie Jafar. Just transport universes. Mom, but sure. Oh, rude. <laughs> <laughs> that's racist. <laughs> that's that's racist. <laughs> There's a community bit where that ends with, that's racist. Um, Nope. Um, I, yeah. I I think this trailer is great. This is another trailer where like I kind of wish I didn't see it because it, it doesn't just give away like what the movie's about, which is fine. It gives a death away of a character that I didn't even know was in the movie, which is interesting. Uh, oh, Keith David's character. Yeah, like I didn't even know he was in the movie, and then like I know he dies in the movie, sure. so like the first part of the movie I know where that ends up, which I guess mm-hmm. makes it means he's that's... not as important. Maybe. Well, he, I mean like, that probably the... that probably means it's like the really inciting early. incident. Yeah. 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 Uh, I really like this one. It was interesting because, like, watching the first one, this one are almost like watching two different movies. Yeah, because this one is is meant to be is meant to tell the audience, like, lead the audience to believe that it's a lot of it's a lot more lighthearted than us or Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm I, sure it will be in those those instances before it gets nuts. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we still don't actually really know what this movie's gonna do. Yeah. Um. I th- I think that you know. I think Jordan Peele's comfort with the film showing us as much as it did is an indication of not that there's a twist necessarily, but that there, there's still something else to this film that we're not grasping yet. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I really like that. Uh, what I said this in the first trailer, but I really like that he's bringing back the imagery of the classic Roswell, New Mexico aliens. Sure. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. flying, the flying silver saucer. There's, with the there's a line in the trailer and I was really glad that the shot wasn't in this trailer. Cause I'm sure we'll see it in the film. Um, uh, where he's saying that cloud hasn't moved for, for like two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. and I just can't wait to see like the shot of a cloud, just a single like, cloud. What that cloud will look like just, just sitting yeah. apart from all other clouds. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to look like really unnerving in its own way. Uh, there's one shot of, um, I forget his name. The guy from Glenn from the walking dead. Um, Steven Yoon. Steven Yeun, thank you. Um, there's a shot where he's like preaching to people about something, and then there's like a woman who she's either like entirely burned or she's an alien, yes. but she's mm-hmm. like right. like sunken eyes looking at the sky, and I'm like, 
I don't know and what's we, going on. It's insane. Right. We saw we saw her in the first trailer too for yeah, a yeah. brief moment and still being like, I don't know what's up with her. And we don't know what's up with that. We don't know what he's doing. There's something under that thing and we don't yeah. know what it is. So like, I'm still like, I, I have a clear idea of like what our main characters are trying to do in this movie, but I, yeah. I don't, I think that's half the story. Yeah. Sure. Nope. All right. More Prey. Like, yeah. That's a bad predator. Noise. That's a horrible. Yeah. You do the, I don't have enough spit poorly. <laughs> um, the, Yaucha. the, the Yauchas have come back to earth to fight <sighs> off the girl from Legion. So Hell yeah. Good. Good for her. Back in the 1700s um, or whatever. This this is a good trailer. Uh, this is a great trailer. I'm really glad that it shows the predator as little as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a if you're not in the know, you could be like, what's what is going on in this movie? Um, well, up until up until the bear gets killed, you can definitely just be like, oh, this is a man versus nature, yeah, uh, film. And then <sighs> could you? Oh my god, I'm, could you imagine? If they, if they, this isn't tied to the Cloverfield universe, but they did a Cloverfield where they don't tell us this is the Predator movie. So the end of the trailer is the bear getting lifted up, and that's when the trailer cuts off. <sighs> Could you imagine just like, what's the mystery yeah. of prey? Well, Ugh. remember, remember that Dan Trattenberg, it, this was a secret. He had been working on this for a while, and then someone found out, and he was like, Yeah, you got me. I've been working on this. For yeah, a bit. it got yeah. leaked. Like, two, so yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that never would have happened, would we, would this trailer have been cut differently? Yeah, I, I wonder. Uh, that'd be that'd be so sick. I'm I'm really happy still with the them holding back on how much we actually see the predator in this, and the uh, that they that they don't see... feel like they have to market that to sell us on this movie because I'm sold on the movie. The 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 little that we do see, it looks like a more rudimentary predator design, something a little bit a little bit more a little bit less techno uh, less high tech than we than we're used to. Yeah, when, well, cause... I think. Um, Oh, uh, because like when he does the the uh, laser beam, what comes out it looks like are like darts or needles or something. They're not bullets or lasers. Yeah. So it is definitely like olden times predator stuff. I think I think even more than that, like the the implication we've had from predator stuff is that I think that they'll hold back their technology to be fair yeah. for the prey they hunt. So like if they're going to a planet where their technology is not up to snuff right they'll they'll pull it back so like they have advantages but they're not exceedingly over advantaged right yeah they don't want that that, because otherwise what's the point right yeah i i i I wonder if that i bet that could be read that way because i doubt we'll have a an exposition scene because we we didn't in the first one either um like we're not meant to um uh but I, i do i do think like a little bit of it is because I think Trattenberg said this is the first time that the Predators came to Earth. This is like the origin story of that. Oh. Um, that will that we're seeing not just a predator who's maybe scaled back his technology, but all but also a predator species that aren't as high tech as aren't as advanced as we come to know them to be. Yeah, like again, like five hundred. I'm not, I'm not gonna get. Yeah. I'm not gonna get. I'm not going to get married to the concept that this hat will have to stay rooted as the origin of the predators getting to earth, just because like, I don't want to rule out predators versus dinosaurs someday. So um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll just leave that as is. I uh, think we can, I think we can still get predators versus samurai. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's and Vikings. The, yeah. Oh yeah. I want That's that. like I want every, every yeah. sequel is just a different like era. Yeah. Like Vikings, samurai. I, yeah. I, I was saying, like, based off some of the stuff that we have in, like, the, the comic lore in Alien versus Predator, we know, like, they pull back 
their technology for the people who are the initiates that are going through mm -hmm. the training. They got to earn it. Um, I really, I really like this trailer. I really like everything that we're seeing in this trailer. Um, I, I like that we're kind of going back to, uh, you know, it's not about beating the predator at a battle of technology. It's about outsmarting it. You know, going back to what Dutch did in the first Predator film. Being the better, like, yeah, like, right. hunter. Yeah. Being the better hunter, exactly. Um, and we see, like, the this girl, forgive me, I don't remember her name, but she's from Legion. I love her in Legion. And uh, she she looks like she's doing a great job. And you see, like, the axe, like, she gets, she creates a, a, a boomerang axe almost that she can, like, pull back with a string. That was awesome. That's uh, really cool. There's, go ahead, sorry. Her, her name is Amber Midthunder. Thank, ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Amber Midthunder. Um, and, uh, we also see one, one cool bit of the predator because most of the time it's, gets camouflaged, but there's one bit where, where like someone hits it with an ax and then he flips the ax up and crashes it and kills the guy. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, again, um, I do, I do lament that it's on Hulu only, but it's, I'm glad that it exists. Sure. Nonetheless. That we're getting it. We, um, we have a, we have a diverse cast, um, which is great. Uh, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and read the next news bit and then I'll comment on that. Yeah, so the um, the kind of a big announcement was that this is also going to be available in the original Comanche language, which is the the tribe that the movie is based around. Um, and the actors who are in the movie are dubbing the are dubbing the lines themselves in the language. Yeah. Um, this is awesome because I definitely watched this, and when they were speaking English, I was like, "Man, I wish they'd gone full tilt, and this was just like all subtitled." And like then a, they announced this, and yeah. I'm like, "Well, shit." Uh, <laughs> um, bad, bad I, gentleman. But Mel Gibson directed Apocalypto, and that entire thing is in Mayan, and that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good point for that. Um, uh, yeah, they they talked about that because um, I, I I'm still slightly disappointed that it's a, a dubbed over track instead of like re recorded in Comanche, or that that's not just what they did to begin with. Um, but I guess I shouldn't be like too demanding or too picky because uh, uh, as one of the producers, um, Jane Myers, who's Navajo, uh, sorry, who is Comanche, uh, talked about, said that um, uh, this kind of thing uh, with the dub track has never been done for my tribe ever. There's only a couple of movies. Um, Star Wars, which was 30 years old, uh, was transcribed into Navajo and then Finding Nemo was transcribed into Navajo. Um, and then this is the first time a brand new film is coming out with the option to hear the, the whole language, the whole native language as part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. So like kudos to them. Like, you know, I'm, I'm asking for the moon, but I'm glad that they did what they did. Yeah. Absolutely. They gave you the stars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really stoked for this. 10 Cloverfield Lane is incredible. I love Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. I've been stoked ever since I heard about this. Mm -hmm. Even though it's going to be a redub track. I'm definitely watching that in Comanche. August, guys, it's coming close. Dang, it's gonna be great. Hot dog. All right, that's all the news. All right, let's talk about a movie now. Full spoilers for Jurassic World Dominion, uh, a movie that two out of three of us have seen. This will be fun. Um, so, yeah. Guys have been I'm, warned. I'm so here like, to to ask questions about the movie. I uh I did not want to give this movie money, so I did. Six. This is the sixth Jurassic Park film. Jurassic film. Uh, full spoilers. You've been warned. What do we think about this one? Sparks. I I had a pretty good time, to be honest. Um, yeah. I don't think it's like doing anything too incredible or new with the franchise. 
but I I did have a good time. To the surprise of me, uh, I am less hot on it uh, than you are. Yeah. I was... I mean, I talked about it, how much I didn't like being so excited from the trailers, but I was. I was excited. Those trailers were... I liked, I liked those trailers. I was excited to see the original cast. I was excited to go into this movie. I was like, you know what? Maybe he maybe he pulled it off. But I don't know. I really didn't like it. I'm trying to connect with something, trying to find something to connect with, but like, I just this didn't do it. This didn't do it for me uh, on a lot of levels. I won't say all the levels, because there are things I like, of course. Mm-hmm. But most mostly, it just kind of fell flat. Mm-hmm. My first question for the panel is: How does it treat its? <laughs> how does it treat? How does it treat its original characters? Uh, uh, Owen, Owen Grady, and I don't know her name. Uh, uh, if it pleases the court, um, uh, Claire Deering. Thank you, Deering. Claire Deering. Yeah, I, I, um, I think uh, the uh, characters are all integrated very well. Um, the original cast of uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and uh, Jeff Goldblum. I think you agree with the Sparks. Um, the way they are in, brought into the film is organic and they well, fit. But he's asking he's asking a different question. How are Owen and Claire specifically? Oh, actually, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like them too, for the most part. Uh, their, their relationship to Macy makes the characters work a little bit better than that's, they did. That's the, the thing I was going to say is that um, Claire, I think, is at her best here. Being in the role of, of mom to Macy gives Howard much more to do than I think she's had. Uh, in the previous two outings, especially in the mm-hmm. previous outing. Um, I think she has the most to play in range here. And honestly, it's nice to start a film where her and Owen are just already a thing and that's not a part of the plot and they're just being trying to be supportive parents to Macy is mm-hmm. a more interesting dynamic for those two than the previous ones have put their relationship through. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think Macy... It's a good holdover character from the from the second one. I also think uh, you'll hear us talk about it in our Jurassic in our Jurassic thing. But like, I think the side characters from Fallen Kingdom are pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. and they do return uh, in this film. But I wish they were a bigger role because they're only in um, as Zira is only in it for one scene, and Justice Smith gets two. Yes, um, but a good scene, a good opening scene that made sense that they were still because Claire is still basically like doing she's now doing like underground maneuvers to try and save dinosaurs from uh black market breeding rings and um they point out to her that like claire this is just not the way to fight this fight uh anymore um yeah she like because it's just too out of control the opening scene is her breaking into like a triceratops breeding black market area after the uh youtube docu-series uh opening that kind of catches us up on how the world is. That right. was my, my... Uh, which I wanted to talk about just really quickly. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. I was, that was going to be my my ahead, biggest que- my biggest question about the movie. Um, I never bought that the world now just has dinosaurs everywhere because that means we would need a lot of dinosaurs for it to really feel like it has any real impact on the world. Do they address that at all? Does it feel like there are dinosaurs everywhere and it makes sense? Because I never bought that at the end of the last movie. Go ahead, Sparks. So, so the biggest thing that they sell you on is is two things. Um, one, at least some of the dinosaurs uh, are reproducing asexually. Okay. Um, yeah. That's one factor. 
uh, which means that they don't need a mate to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, another factor is that um, people have been grabbing the dinosaurs and forcing them into breeding um, to sell them or to market them to different places. And yeah. because of uh, the the uh, the extradition of like, I'm, I'm extrapolating a little bit from that YouTube series, but like essentially what they're saying is that because of the enforcement, like the main force of what's trying to rally the dinosaurs to kind of monitor them and keep them safe is based in the United States. Those black market rings move the dinosaurs globally. They move them out of the country to run those breeding rings and sell them on the black market, which does cause the dinosaurs to be spread out in more places. Okay. Um, there is something that I really disliked about the film, which is that, like, like you said, Ryan, the thing of of these animals are now across the world. How is this happening? Because we know all the dinosaurs that made it out, and I'm not even talking about like the dinosaurs, like the amount of them, but we know all the dinosaurs that made it out of, off that island and into and into that place. We never ever seen an Achalcoraptor a uh, before, and that's mm-hmm. the one that really stuck out to me because I'm like. Who's making all these? Well, so the the atrociraptors, I just assume, because we know Biosyn is making more. Yeah. So Biosyn is, um, real quick, uh, Biosyn is uh, the competitive company. It's from the book that Dodson was working for uh, in the original Jurassic Park. He now runs the company, I guess. That's stupid. Um, Brandon and I talked about that. That's stupid. That it didn't need to be Dodson. That makes no goddamn sense. Oh, like, but you uh, recognize the name. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bring that up, then I, I have I have many notes about Dodson. If you're gonna, bring I don't, it up, I don't, I don't want to go down that road yet. Uh, okay. I just want to, I just want to touch on that. What we see is that Biosyn uh, is stepping up to be to be like the main force of we're going to be the sanctuary for the dinosaurs now because essentially InGen is kaput at least as far as it seems in this conversation. But they're also trying to engineer dinosaurs themselves and in a more naturalistic way they want to perfect creating the genetic genome of the dinosaurs so they're like like they're they're trying to do the good thing and the bad thing at the same time and so more dinosaurs are getting out into the world because biosyn is making them so i do think that they made those atrociraptors right or at least or at least they're selling off their genetic components for other companies to do so because other people are also competing in that field i will i will agree with you i will agree with you that that should be in the movie but it's not and that's the thing that bugs me about it so much is the fact that like instead of the plot of the movie being that biosyn is causing chaos by making new dinosaurs and making this pet this 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 thing way worse than it is that's implied that they do are making dinosaurs but it's never it's never we never get that confirmation that like they're they are doing that instead the plot they go with is the locusts um because like i i think the locusts took away from the fact that we could have just had new interesting dinosaurs around this movie as as it stands there are four new dinosaurs in this movie the thing there's nothing else from everything that i've seen uh someone else seen the movie uh this locust (laughs) this locust thing i it's it's just so funny to me like your sure. your 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 end game Jurassic Park movie, your Rise of Skywalker, your finale to the franchise. You're not even focusing all the way on the dinosaurs. That's well, interesting. I can, I can understand how how you could probably think this was a good idea in the scripting stage because these are Cretaceous locusts. Sure, sure, sure. They are by they are they are genetically engineered Cretaceous locusts that have been that and so by that definition, I guess you could just make the case that yes, they're dinosaurs. Sure, sure, sure. I don't think you should be. 
Um, and I quite, that was the kind of thing that, that's the thing that hurt, that gets me out of the movie so fast. The, the thing that's preventing me, like the wall that's preventing me to find something to connect with in this film, like I did with Fallen Kingdom. Like here, I'm like, just fundamentally, I think the locusts were just a, not a good idea to not the route you should have gone, not the, not take away from, because what we've done is we've got, we've, we've taken, we've taken time away from creating new dinosaurs and showcasing a new, a new species that we can, that we can really bring to life. Um, and just doing what essentially are, are large particle effects. And that's the end villain of your movie. That's the end villain of your, of your Jurassic film franchise is basically large particle effects. It's not the Gigantosaurus? No, Giganotosaurus is only in two scenes? Three scenes. I Really? That's like the, the entire marketing. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but I don't, feel it, I don't feel like it's fair to say that the locusts are the main villain of the final. Are film. they That's featured more than, than the big dinosaur in the trailers? It's, it's a, about even. Okay. I guess if you count like the individual like when they take a dead one or sorry, like the captured one to like, say this is going to be a problem. And it's like in a cage for a scene, then I guess technically it's in more scenes, but like yeah, I think you're, the, the swarm, I think... the swarm itself that he's referring to the particle effects swarm. That's about even to Giganotosaurus. I will, I will agree with that because I, I, you know, most of what we see about the locust once we get to Biosyn Valley, which is where most of the movie takes place um, is, is that we're hearing about the locusts secondhand. Right, and we stop seeing and we stop seeing them in the wild. Yeah, um, uh, I think. Look, I agree because it's the, the main thing I said. You know, like I, I think in general, every Jurassic World film, all three of them have squandered the potential of what their story is supposed to be about. Uh, this is about a functional park. Oh, we kind of screwed that up. It wasn't quite the story that it maybe should have been. Uh, this is about saving the dinosaurs from a volcano and extinction. Oh, we kind of screwed that up. That wasn't quite what the plot was <laughs> ended up actually being explored. This is about there are dinosaurs everywhere now. Oh, we, we kind of screwed that up. Um, so yes, it should have been about like, um, realistically, like the film. I would have wanted is one where they're actually having the debates uh, about what to do about these dinosaurs, what to do about how they're affecting the ecology. And frankly, like doing something that would have been interesting analysis analysis, which is where you are bringing in that original cast, but as like people who are experts on the matter and especially have experience with these animals before. And so they are coming in and what they're having the debate about is that like, look, the dinosaurs are really bad for the environment and our ecology and our food system right here. However, they're really great here and here and here and bad here and here so how do we get the this balance of the dinosaurs in good places and not in bad places and that's the movie i would have wanted is like the kind of figuring that out in the corralling and the action scenes that would come of trying to connect and bring the dinosaurs to places that they need to be in that kind of thing that would have been a cool film that's not the movie we get um the locust I plot would, i would i would kind of push back and be like you know i think this one squanders it worse because it like at the at the end of the day the first two Jurassic World films are about dinosaurs and they have plenty of dinosaurs and they're about dinosaurs and there's dinosaur fights and what what have you uh, here you you kind of just I think you just kind of how did you not make your dinosaur movie about dinosaurs and I felt like I felt I felt I saw this tweet where so I really felt this where it's like I'm watching the movie and I'm like you you do expect to have dinosaurs in this uh uh dinosaur movie I I, you know I feel mean? like I, I I get you. I feel like there's a locust blindness going on there. There are still a lot of dinosaurs, including new dinosaurs in this movie. So um, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. 
the, I counted I count four new dinosaurs: the Atrociraptors, the Dreadnoughtus, the Giga, and the the Pyroraptor. Uh, are you, are you when you're saying Dreadnoughtus? Are you talking about the Therizinosaurus with the long claws? Oh, the Therizinosaurus. Thank you. No, I'm talking about Dreadnoughtus. It's briefly we see it when they're when they're yes. Yes. flying in. Uh, so um, five. So the th- I forgot about the Therizinosaurus. Technically, there's the large pterosaur that comes down on the plane. Um, right. Uh, we get we get the different type of Triceratops species at the opening. They're not Triceratops. They're a different breed. Their horns are. Didn't we get them out. in the last movie? I'm not certain, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But they but they're not the standard Triceratops breed. Um, you yeah. get the one that uh, is the one that Ramsey says, "Yeah, we're trying to make." the dinosaurs more like they are which is the small the small one that grant and sattler are looking at that then is free in the wild later i, yeah, I believe um, that's a I, I believe that's a baby therizinosaurus it looks like one from the from the because this yeah. species is in the is in prehistoric planet and i thought i thought maybe yeah hard to hard to say for sure i guess um but yeah so yeah. like it, the, the the variety is there and we're we are still seeing these animals um right fairly fairly often um uh I'm sure there's like a couple of, of smaller appearances in the like group shots when they're moving through the, the Biosyn Valley. But um, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't pull any out of my, my hat right now. Uh, I, what I was going to say is that I think the locust plot is not the way to have gone. Mm-hmm. However, I do think the locust plot ends up being a very logical, surprisingly natural way to connect our original cast with our new cast. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, if you don't know the specifics, Ryan, or just in general, like to to retread it, the way that this all starts is because um, the the locusts are eating crops that are not biosyn seeds, which is a really stupid plot. I don't understand why they would think they could get away with that. They would have locusts eating the plots that crops that aren't ours. That you'd have to just do it so fast that everyone would hate you, but it wouldn't matter because you own all the crops now. Um, but that's essentially the plan. But um, people are calling about it. They're calling the group. I, I forget what the DFW stands for, but that's essentially the group that's like handling calls about dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. they, they these families are calling that group and asking them to come take care of it. But basically nobody comes out unless it's a dinosaur. So they don't mm-hmm. consider the locust serious. But Ellie Sattler, the paleobotanist, does take that seriously. And so she comes and she checks out and she figures out that there's Cretaceous DNA inside of these locusts. And she takes that to Grant and says, we we need to get proof from a sample at Biosyn that this is happening. And Malcolm is the one who's actually turned her onto it because Malcolm is working as an in-house philosopher at Biosyn to undercut what they're doing because he doesn't trust it. And he actually gets told by Ramsey, like how bad it is. So he brings Sattler and Grant to help them get like, expose the corruption of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That puts them at Biosyn, and then Owen and Claire end up there because uh, Biosyn also abducts Blue's baby and Macy and brings them to the facility. So that's how our original cast and our new cast kind of come together. But it's I, I have to tell you, Ryan, it's the most well-integrated like meeting of the minds on those things I've seen in a legacy sequel. Like uh, uh, this is one where I went into it expecting like kind of you know like we're gonna get the like slight appearances and then a, a you know a good like. 10 15 minute chunk of of the old cast appearances but mostly it's you know like a, a lot of grandstanding on the cameos but they're like they are feature characters in the story and their involvement makes sense it's it's truly like my favorite thing about dominion is that the the plot for the characters and why they move into these 
positions together makes a lot of sense. It's truly impressive in that uh, regard. It is impressive. I have heard that, like, thankfully, that like the the return the original cast, the the older cast, uh, they are good, which is which is mostly good, which is good to hear because like that would have been like a really big one for me if like if that's the reason I would watch this movie really is those the, guys. <laughs> the the legacy cast is really is re- really saves this movie for me um, because. I think that I like Sparks. I agree their inclusion is really good. It feels really natural. Whether or not I agree with the lo- the locus part of it doesn't matter. But the the thing of like, I think the original cast inclusion is good, and I think all three of them play the these parts again well, except when they don't, which is specifically refer to Jeff Goldblum, who slips out of Ian Malcolm, not frequently in the movie, but enough to notice. And just becomes Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Which I I told Brandon, like, I chalk up a lot to, I think, a weakness in direction. Just not yeah. keeping them on point of being who they're supposed to be. Like, Trevorrow's not not high on my list of top directors. Um, I also told Brandon, I was like, you know, I kind of wish that Trevorrow could have still been behind the scenes. It could have been the same script. But like the previous one, I wish that there had been a different director, at least because while I'm not crazy about Fallen Kingdom in, in every way, I will acknowledge that I think visually there's a lot going on that from a filmmaking standpoint is very impressive and it stands up much better. Right. And stands apart because uh, Jay Bayona was on it. And um, and I kind of wish that I, I think you could have had all the exact same pieces outside of the director here and had a different director on here and, and made some things stand up a little bit better and a little more iconic in a way uh, than what Trevorrow puts out here as a director. Uh, the thing that made me after I read this in a review, I was like, maybe I will see this movie. Is there a woman who uses a laser pointer to assassinate yes. people? Yes. Oh, yes. See, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I hated that so much. Assassination I raptors? I honestly don't understand why I hated the, the Atrocer raptor because the, the, she can control the Atrocer raptors um, with the laser pointer that Sparks has kindly informed me uh, goes from red to green. And which I did not notice. So, so basically it's red, it's red when it's picking its target. It's green when it goes to attack. Um, which I could not air, tell. It's an airstrike. That's, it's a dinosaur airstrike. Um, That's awesome. But I, I really didn't care for maybe how that looks visually uh, how it's inclusion i don't know there's something about that that does not does not click there's the bit especially at the end when she's she's like you know barry who comes barry comes back the, the frenchman who comes back he's got the gun on it on her and she's like don't move and then she's she's like takes the time to to uh uh set the raptors on owen yeah while she's arrested i'm like what no are you i know i don't i don't i don't like that part either i i acknowledge that i think that part in, it specifically is a problem i do yeah. i do think overall the atrociraptors are fine it makes sense that someone would pick up what they were trying to do with the indoraptor and still modify it so these atrociraptors are genetically designed from creation to obey the laser pointer targeting system um I also think the Atrociraptors designs are overall pretty nice. I like them. Uh, the Atrociraptors are a different type of species from the Velociraptor, and I think it's mm-hmm. cool. Are they uh, the, the way that they do it from the trailer? That's no, the Pyroraptor. That, that is the Pyroraptor. I also think the Pyroraptor is cool. Me it too. Cool. I, I frankly, I frankly think its action scene is just a little shorter than I wish it was. But I also don't know exactly what more you could have done with it than what they did, which is pretty cool because at one point it dives under the ice. And swims around uh, to try and uh, spring up on them. And, I saw that uh, in it, the trailer. It's, 
it's pretty good. Um, it's a pretty good choice. Uh, I, cool. I gotta say. So, um, yes. So there's a uh, Santos. She's kind of a representation of like how, how far out of control. And I think the movie just didn't do enough exposition to support this as much, but the visualization, like at one point you are in this place that is essentially like one of the hearts of, uh, the underground black market ring for selling dinosaurs. I mean, there are people there who have like, uh, they have their like sick looking, uh, pterodactyl species, uh, it's not it's like it's type of pterosaur that's really small and kind of like has the big beak but like the small head and looks really messed up uh just perched on his arm the way you would have a hawk oh, uh cool. and so like all these kinds of things like the way that they are using them um they they show that like some of them they're breeding just to to make their meat because their yeah. meat is like a uh you know it's rare so it's it's this like a uh, import export thing that they can do um that that idea feels really um rich in yeah. a way that the movie doesn't fully explore, but at least the scene that showcases that black market does feel like it's trying to give you a lot of visual cues of like, this is how far spread this is. Uh, you you mentioned the black market, which is also where we meet the, where we, where we free the Carnotaurus and the Allosaurus, um, the two, the, yes. the, the two of them. And that was two big boys. I, I, I wish we had seen their joy ride through that town because we see them in yes. the we see them in the black market and then the next time we see them they're in just in the square in the eating people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that, I wanna see I wanna see that story. There's a short film about their adventure coming their out adventure. the D V D. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we get like the, the Barry the Baryonyx is back as well. Um the Baryonyx gets if broken he? out in that scene which is pretty cool. There's also, I don't know what type of dinosaur it is, but whatever that freaky dinosaur is that eats the dude's hand in that. Oh yeah. I don't know what that is, but that's a new dinosaur. <laughs> or the, the Komodo dragon dinosaur little thing. Yeah. 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 I have a, I have a question for y'all. What was the biggest surprise of the movie? Good or bad. But when I say that, like, like, Oh shit. Like what immediately comes to your brain that we haven't talked about, whether it's a dinosaur, a character, something bad that happens. Like what's like a surprising thing about this movie. I have a bad surprise. Okay. I'll take it. I want it all. That leads it. That leads into a, a point that I want to make, which is, um, I was surprised that the prologue wasn't in the movie. It's not too. It's not. So the um, prologue, I, I real quick I just I do want to highlight I was going to mention this earlier but so the the big prologue that they marketed that said they said was the opening of the film not in this movie whatsoever uh Brandon and I are two different minds about this I'm personally grateful for it because I never thought it made sense to begin with um mm -hmm. and uh but I would point out like this is this also stood out to me Brandon this is the only Jurassic film to not show the title ever oh you're right they show the they only show the Logo? Uh, amber logo in the beginning uh but they don't, never show the title whatsoever i was surprised that's brand recognition baby all right so the prologue uh introduces the the, the giganotosaurus and the t-rex and it's meant to be rexy the t-rex the from the first film and the jurassic world films and the idea is that it's supposed to set up a ancient rivalry between the giganotosaurus <laughs> and rexy is oh is t-rex like batman and then the giga is joker so th this is this is this is what i hate is what brandon's mentioning which is that it, the t-rex the we watch get killed in the prologue by the giganotosaurus is supposed to be rexy's direct ancestor because the, yes the see i hate rexy, that too the clone of rexy rexy is a clone of that dinosaur is essentially what 
course it is. So the thing is because, because well, real quickly, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's supposed to be because the 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 tra- the the prologue shows that shows people chasing down Rexy, and it's supposed to be the idea we just saw Rexy die, and now she's alive in the in the modern day. Um, and the reason why I hate that that's not in the movie is because I hate how underwhelming the fight between the Giganotosaurus and Rexy is in the film. Mm-hmm. At the end of the film, it's a poorly made fight. Um, and, it's, and it has no weight to it at all because the Giga hasn't even been in the movie really that long to be like an antagonist. And even Rexy hasn't been in the movie that long to be really anything. Rexy. I, I believe that, that Rexy should have had the role that the Giganotosaurus had in this movie. That specifically in the attack in the like the treehouse, I think that should have been Rexy. Is kid. there is there any stupid like like I recognize you, old girl, from any okay. of older? Yes, yes, but it's not from <laughs> Rexy. Like Rexy doesn't do it, or G- the Giga doesn't do it because they're animals. Is it Alan? Um, it they they get so they have the Giga behind them, and the Rexy is coming, and Rexy moves in front of a giant circle to make the logo briefly. You know, I think the I IMAX, see that in, in in a trailer. Yeah, yeah. The IMAX poster. Yeah. Um, and then she walks back, and then she get Rexy roars at the Giganotosaurus, and then Alan says, "She's got everyone behind us. This isn't about us." And they all scatter. <sighs> I hate that so much. <laughs> so let me tell you, one reason that I I personally just haven't connected with this trilogy at all is, and this is a personal thing for me. Uh, I am not. I don't need hero dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I don't need. I don't need. I want my dinosaurs to be on on the side of nature and like the aggressors. Like I don't need a a merchandisable pet dinosaur, right? So like when you make heroes out of Rexy and Blue, that like for me that's just like marketing nonsense. That just makes me like it's just a dinosaur, dude. Like like I, I get it, wanted to make it legendary, but like it makes it worse when it's supposed to be the same dinosaur from millions of years ago and six movies. Like huh, I think it, I think it works in Jurassic World, and that's the only place where I think it was necessary ever sure um sure i think the way that it's structured because you are talking about nature versus a true monster in the indominus right so i I understand making hero dinosaurs in that context i think that makes sense and it works it belongs Mm -hmm. where it belongs uh that's why i'm i'm a little different from brandon and not underwhelmed uh necessarily about the giganotosaurus or t-rex fight because i didn't come there giving a shit about that fight uh I don't care about dinosaur fights in my Jurassic films. It's not something we usually have. Uh, it's it's not a you know that that big of a focal point oh. of the Jurassic films, um, except for Jurassic World and and yes, and then I guess you can make the argument of Jurassic Park, but again, I don't think that's necessarily about a fight as much as that is the T Rex kills the Raptors before they can kill the people. That's barely um, that's barely a so, fight at all, yeah. So because you know this isn't Godzilla, like I don't come there expecting like a big showdown between the T Rex and something else. Uh, well, so that's so the, that's the thing of like I, I agree with you. I agree with you, and my issue isn't necessarily that the fight is underwhelming. Uh, it's kind of this that I don't think the fight makes any sense. The fight shouldn't be in the movie at all. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing like if it doesn't add to the movie, giving the prologue at least gives it context that, that maybe we even give a shit about, but otherwise it just, otherwise to me, it's like the, it's like the opening of Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Richard Parker. Why have it in the movie? It doesn't add anything to the movie unless Mm -hmm. you have the other thing. I, Mm -hmm. I, I hear you. And I think that like, 
to me that the the Giganotosaurus and the um, Therizinosaurus and the T-Rex fight is just a capitalization on putting alpha animals in a single like these these apex predators in a single area of course they're going to have to duke it out for who's on top which they already showed like earlier in the film the Giganotosaurus shoves the um, T-Rex away mm-hmm. um, so the T-Rex comes back saying like I, I do want this territory it, that that part all works for me but what I will agree with you is that I, I don't think the Giganotosaurus uh, part needed to be changed for the treehouse I think it's perfectly fine there I think it's good good that like what happens is that they hear the thing coming and their immediate reaction is don't move because they assume it's going to be the Rex Mm-hmm. and they're wrong um and then they have to work their way out of that situation i think is fine what i would have liked better is that we didn't see the giganotosaurus again after that and when they're trying to get off the out of the valley to the chopper uh if that's when they had the t-rex in between them and they had to maneuver their way to get out of there safely i think like a, a final uh encounter with the t-rex where they're having to like utilize uh how can we get to the chopper and not be wrecked caught by the t-rex would have been yeah. a good like if well thought out enough final sequence that would have been plenty as is and a good like hallmark of like you know when it, when you get down to it for the last film it always just comes back down to getting away from that damn t-rex and yeah, i think I that would i think that would have been better i agree with you there um that's that's what i assumed it was going to be it's not rexy is it like the the like the end like the final thing they're trying to get away from Rexy and Giganotosaurus fighting each other. Okay. Um, so they're they're maneuvering around their fight. But like I'm talking just like it's just the Rex. Like the, the way that arena is built is like they're in a wide like circle area. If you had just had the chopper on one side, them on the other, and the Rex in between, and just had to find their way through that action sequence, I think that could have been really interesting. Does yeah. uh d- again, because like I'm not a big fan of like hero stuff, but in the context of this movie, does the movie end in like a heroic way for Rexy, or is it just like is it is she forgotten? Rexy, Rexy kills the Giganotosaurus. Okay, is it like heroic and like a cool shot and like like mm. there's there's closure, like you know what I mean for a dinosaur? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't think it's it's not that well shot. Okay, it's just she she kind of pushes she kind of pushes him into the Therizinosaurus's claws. Like it's the end of the franchise, so like this like the T Rex being like the thing, I would just feel like you treat it with like some like majesty or something. You know what I mean? Something I don't like. I, I don't know. I, I hear you. And I think like that, that is the failing of doing the fight thing is that you were never going to have a more victorious moment than the defeat of the Indominus for Rexy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's too well done. You were never going to top it anyway. And it wasn't, yeah. it shouldn't have been the point. Um, so I think there is some better way to have structured like the, the iconography of the T-Rex at the end than what they okay. chose to do. Yeah. Um the I so so Biosyn uh Biosyn has this preserve where they are keeping all the they want to keep all the all the animals all the dinosaurs in the preserve. Um uh, that's their like end goal. Um but they don't have I, all of them, which is important. They, they right, they don't have all of them. Um I just kind of Can we talk about Dotson? Yeah. 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 So Dotson, Dotson's in the movie. So Dodson, Lewis Dodson is now the CEO. Um, played played by uh, Richard Parker from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because the guy from the first movie is a sex pest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cameron Thor, that's his name. Um, yeah, so so Lewis Dodson now now CEO of of Biosyn. Wait, wasn't what? Dodson just like a guy, like a just like a dude? He was he was Nedry's handler. Yeah, like what I don't. Maybe he became a CEO. I now don't he's to. now he's Steve Jobs. <laughs> that's, a, that's an upgrade. Um, 
I, the thing about like Dodson, I feel the same way about Dodson as I did the Gigantus Horus. It doesn't need to be Dodson. And the reason specifically is none of those characters know who that guy is. None of them have met Dodson. <laughs> the only person on Jurassic Park who has met Dodson is dead. Dr- Sam Sam Jackson, right? No, no then it's Nedry. Nedry. Oh, Nedry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Nedry. So like, it, so like... He he hold, hold real quick. He brought up uh Sam Jackson. So I just want to mention there's this ahead. moment. So there's this guy who's the number two to Dodson. His name's Ramsey. He's actually like he's a young up-and-comer in the company. He's actually very smart and he uh genuinely wants the best for the animals. So he's the person who tips Malcolm and thus the rest of the gang off to what's going on with the locust, what Biosyn is doing wrong. He has this scene where he reveals to Dodson that it was him. And the way he does it is by standing at Dodson in silence, and Dodson figures it out. And they hold the shot long enough that I'm like, is he, is he going to reveal he's, he's like Mr. Arnold's son. And he knows that <laughs> Dodson was responsible for Jurassic park falling apart that day and led to his dad's death. Like, is that where we're going with this? And thank God we didn't. Thank God we didn't. But I was really afraid for a second. <laughs> the, other, the other thing of like, he's got the Barbasol can in his office. And like, it's not even, it's not even that like it's incriminating evidence. That's not what I'm saying. It's that like one, how do you get it? And then two, why would you keep that? Oh, to remember my friend Nedry. <laughs> like, why would we do And, like, it's specifically something he cherishes because when Biosyn Valley is burning down because of the flaming locust that fell from the sky. He um... takes <laughs> What? <laughs> The flaming locusts that fall from the sky? Hell yeah. Okay, so so he burns all the locusts because he's like, okay, they're going to catch on because Sattler and Grant got in there and had evidence, and if we don't catch them, then we need to make sure we burn all the evidence on this end. So he has them burn all the locusts. But apparently it's in a room where they can actually escape through a duct that lets them out into the valley. So they and just so escape on locusts. fire and light the forest on fire. Oh, that's pretty metal, alright. Um, And that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and so like, D- Dodson... Uh, Dodson, when, when uh, that's going on fire, on fire, and Dodson's like, okay, I'm going to leave because this is incriminating. I'm going to get found out. I'm going to get arrested. And all the animals are being evacuated into the center of Biosyn. And Dodson, specifically, one of his most prized possessions, takes the Barbasol can. Like, he takes it off his thing. He's like, I'm taking this with me. This is, Why? This is entering, like, Black Widow's vest as, like, important pop culture stuff. Like, guys, come on. Like... <laughs> We don't have to make the Barbasol can legendary. But the but the thing of like like the Barbasol can is also the plot into the Jurassic Park video game. Like I I yeah, yeah. I, I fine, but like what it doesn't make sense that it's Dotson. Dotson, the only way the only reason why I kind of enjoy Dotson in this movie is because he dies the same way that Nedry does. And I think that's cool. Yes. There, uh, there's I, a there's a a Dilophosaurus. There's, there's oh. multiple, multiple Dilophosauruses. I actually like their appearance. I think it's cool. Um, yeah, me too. When when animatronics and practicals are used and they're used reasonably frequently, um, the the Giganotosaurus has it happen. The Dilophosaurus, um, uh, the Raptors at times, um, specifically the ba- beta. Uh, the baby Beta. Yes. Yeah. Question um, for the panel: they How is good. the how is the special effects overall? Like the CGI and stuff. Good. Good. Pretty good. I think it's good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Good. I especially like the I've always in the world films I've always liked the practical effects, the animatronics. Uh, but this one has supposedly the most out of all of them. And I was surprised at how much uh, Beta, who's Blue's baby, was practical. Cool. Uh, two two things I want to highlight right now. Um, I forgot another new new dinosaur, and I can't believe I forgot it because it's one I've wanted in the Jurassic films forever because it was one of my weird favorites as a kid. It's Dimetrodon. Oh. Uh, Dimetrodon, which has the, the sail. Yeah. And is in the caves. It walks like yeah. this. 
yeah so they they go into a cave area um ryan dimitridon is like a a little like a picture kind of a komodo dragon type uh, i know alligator, like yeah with the big it's sail gonna, and, yeah, and they're yeah. like kind of uh, they're amphibian-esque in the sense that they go in the water and everything well there's a cave area that grant sattler and macy are going through and it's full of them um oh I yeah i wrecked yeah, big lizard boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. finally put those dinosaurs in in these films, and I really liked them. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to highlight is, uh, frankly, it's it's one of my favorite sequences in the film. Uh, Claire's encounter with the uh, Therizinosaurus uh, uh, is really good. Therizinosaurus. Um, it's blind. It's an herbivore, but it's territorial. Um, and it's huge. And it's huge, and so uh, it will it will kill her not to eat her, but because it's territorial. And they make that pretty clear because, like, when it comes around, uh, there's a, a deer eating in where it wants to eat, and it just like whacks it to the right. side and kills it. <laughs> like, um, uh, and her her whole sequence, uh, honestly, from falling out of the plane to that moment is, I think, really good. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that the scene from the trailer where like she like goes underwater? Where she goes under it? the water. Yeah. Yes. Cool. That, that looks like a like a shot. Well, yeah. It was. I, I thought cool. that was. A, I thought that was a really good sequence, personally. I have, I have two questions. No, you go first, Brandon. Well, the Therizinosaurus has long, long, three giant claws you, on its on its end, and, and, want, it, and it like. What? Do you want me to tell you what what Megan called it because she saw it today? What the Babadookasaurus? <laughs> God. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and and so so the the Therizinosaurus can like like digs its claws in. Uh, yeah. That guy? It looks very different in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. In, in the okay. movie, they they gave it more of a beak. Um, uh, to to yeah. highlight its herbivorism. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I I I I did like that scene also. Ooh, what was I gonna say? Um, I, I lost it. Two questions. Yeah. Does Vince Vaughn's gymnastic da daughter show up in this movie? It's Ian you mean, Malcolm's. It's Malcolm's. Sorry, Ian, sorry, Ian Malcolm. Sorry, sorry. It's been a while. No, no? Kelly does not show up. Nor, nor is Sarah seen or mentioned. That's a bummer. Um, does the Spinosaurus show up in this movie? No, no. Ah, damn it! I love the Spinosaurus. Um, the uh, so Ian, so so the first time that Ellie meets Alan, they kind of catch up a bit, and and um, Alan's goes so has the and he's he's like, the dig's not doing well. He's got Taurus. He's not doing. He's not happy. He hates his life. He's just Aww. he's just lonely all the time. Funding uh, funding has dried out entirely for his digs, so now it's yeah. just a tourist destination. Mm. And he he like Ellie's there, and like she's like, "Hey, you really got this? Like you're happy? You really found your way there?" And he he's like he's like, "Yeah." So how's the kids? Oh, they're good. They're they're almost twenty years old now. Made me feel old. Screw you. Um, <laughs> and then like it's like and uh, uh, Mark, Mark and I are done. And everyone in the theater just breathes a sigh. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> oh, oh, Alan and Ellie back together. And that's one of the things that I, going back to like the inclusion of the original cast, one of the things that I, I'll, I'll be honest, teared up about is there's a final kiss between Ellie and Alan. Finally, mm -hmm. they get back together at the end of this movie. Sure. Um, I did not need Alan and Ellie to get together. Uh, it I was did. not something I, I needed from this film. I was I was okay with the decision in Jurassic Park three, even if I thought it undercut to an amount the theme of Jurassic Park. I've um, never forgiven them. <clears throat> yes, I understand. You're you're very very like needed this. However, that being said, I I think they made very much the right call, regardless of that. That they needed to be flirtatious with each other because it gave both actors so much to play with in their dynamic throughout yeah. the whole film that made them honestly a joy to watch. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so I think it was the right choice for that. They had some, they had multiple things going on in each scene because of that undercurrent between them, where both of them kind of wanted to be with the, the other, but didn't want to say it. And also like Grant getting weirdly, I think it plays well personally. There's a scene where like Ian pulls uh, Sattler aside and distracts Grant by ordering him the wrong coffee at a bar. Yeah. Uh uh, and so Grant's trying to explain that he doesn't want it while um, Ian pulls her aside because the machine, the coffee machine is loud enough. He can tell her like what floor to go to, to find the evidence she's looking for. But uh, Grant just sees it as them being very intimate and getting jealous. Yeah. Ooh. There's the, there's the thing that there's one thing that I re- that I liked that I thought they were playing with, which is in the beginning, the first time we see Malcolm, he's Jeff Goldblum. He's kind of he's kind of like playing the company lines like yeah I'm a rock star at the company he's signing books and I was like yeah this is great Biosyn's wonderful like you know and the, co- let me I'm gonna get you some coffee coffee two coffees um there you go uh, and then as soon as the thing it goes Ian Malcolm clicks on he's like you're right we're here to do the thing and da, da, da. um I like that transition a lot I did too I'm I'm super glad to hear Jeff Goldblum wasn't just Jeff Goldblooming which is good I hear. think I think there's also a kind of a blurred line there where I think part of it is a decision to try to recapture more of who Malcolm was in the original film than who he was in the second film. Sure. Um, and I think that is kind of moving back towards more Jeff Goldblum mannerisms. Sure. He's more of that of himself now, but like mm-hmm. there, the, the, the Jurassic park depiction of Ian Malcolm is much closer to who Jeff Goldblum is all the time than the second one. The second one is a pretty far cry away. Uh, and every once in a while, that second version of Malcolm kind of shines through, mm-hmm. but usually they're trying to play to that original. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, the the but the inclusion of the of the of the three of them, the way they they interplay together is good. And I think we get a lot of good scenes between the three of them, um, and then when they get connected with the uh, with the new cast, because they actually spend a lot of the movie separate, the two casts. Um, and then they come together about about the beginning of the third act, pretty and close to. And they both get equal time. And I find I'm never I never find that that like one of them is a more boring plot than the other. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think I, that's really important. We have to talk about two very important things we haven't touched on. One is Wu. Um, and, I've been waiting. I, I uh, wanted to say one more thing before we got there. Okay. Um, which 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 is just to just to cap off what I was saying, like. There's a scene where, where where Alan saves Ian from falling into the mm-hmm. gigas, and I think that's a good scene. And I think when they when they get together, they also pair up now. But it's the new cast paired up with the old cast, and I think they chose well, like Ellie and Claire, Alan and Owen, um, Ian and new guy. Um, but there's some good. It, there's it creates some good interplay, and I think that's all. I think they mesh and are separated well. Yeah. Um. So, so Wu is in this movie and uh, as per, I guess, is now a trope of the Jurassic World trilogy, Wu has never a consistent motivation from one film to the next and never is working on the same goal. Um, and in this one, he has made these locusts and apparently regrets it, but almost looks like he's being held hostage at Biosyn. Um, yeah, that's the wasn't weird thing. he the bad guy in the last movie? <laughs> so it looks like, well, Eli Mills is the bad guy of the last movie, technically. Oh, yeah. Um, so when, when Wu, so when we first see Wu, it looks like he's a hostage. Like he's been there and he's not getting a shower. He's a hostage, but it turns out that he is just regretful of making the locust because they, he had, he had engineered them to die after a certain point and none of them are dying. 
so he's so like he, this is this is getting worse because of me and i feel bad right and so he needs macy and blue's asexual born raptor daughter uh he needs both so he can analyze their dna for differences because blue's child beta is a raptor born asexually as a pure copy of the original with the same dna whereas macy is in fact not a perfect clone she is actually her mom's daughter charlotte lockwood who was involved in the making of jurassic park and one of the head scientists on isla sorna she created she inseminated herself to have a daughter who would look like her uh, but would genetically not have the terminal disease that she had. And so she changed her DNA, which is something that Wu never learned how to do and is the key to what he needs to stop the locusts. See, guys, this is what I meant about <laughs> the, the, the clone stuff to a certain point. Now we're doing like she's her own mom. Okay. This is okay. an Evangelion. Come on. Okay, look. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't line up with the last movie at all. Because the implication is heavily there that Lockwood and Hammond split because Lockwood was like, hey, human cloning. And Hammond was like, no. Yeah. Plus, plus Wu sees Macy and none of this comes up. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, and, he, man. and now Wu tells, tells Macy that, Char well, first off, Charlotte Lockwood wasn't the lead scientist of Isla Sorna because she became, because she was still a kid when she went to Isla Sorna. Right, but she, she was, was right. She was she was there though, and she was she learning fast. They say yeah. they say she lived on site B with the scientist with the other scientists in 1986, and we hear Wu in the video because this oh, video. No, uh, we hear Wu Charlotte Charlotte Lockwood. You get away from there. Is this like a character is being retconned into the past to make it all make sense, kind of thing? I mean, but that was already Lockwood. Oh, okay, okay, like that was already Lockwood. Yeah, it's, just playing, it's just playing off the Lockwood stuff. Okay. And that and that's like I that's fine. Like you, what you wanted, what you wanted, whether or not we needed or wanted it, is you wanted a a, a a John Hammond, but you can't get him because he's dead. So you you create a new one, and that's fine. And then like to already have this idea, and so like what what was their split then? Why did Lockwood and Hammond split if Charlotte was actually the one who made Macy around two thousand and nine? So they didn't, they didn't which is way after. Uh, Hammond dies because they didn't write the script yet, and they didn't, they didn't think about it. But it's been the same. It's one, one writer. No, I know. How hard is this? And he's uh, had the same endpoint in mind since he made the first one, as he'll yeah. frequently say in interviews. Yo, man, maybe Locust shouldn't be an endgame. I I refuse to believe that he that he was like when he was making Jurassic World, and then Locust. I'm just saying, y'all. He got taken off a of Star Wars movie for a reason. <laughs> well. Whatever that's gonna, whatever that was gonna um, be. In the past. Uh, they love the fates. The the Lockwood daughter thing doesn't really bother me. I think mostly because I I care less about that plot point in Fallen Kingdom, so mm -hmm. uh, I don't care about it being retconned. <laughs> to be honest, um, uh, I I like Macy's arc. I like her learning that she's about her mom. I don't mind mm -hmm. it. Um, I will acknowledge that, like, there's an amount of it. There's an amount where, like, yeah, you could argue that her arc in this film is undercutting her point at the end of why she freed the dinosaurs. I'm alive and therefore they are, which is a really good point of Fallen Kingdom. Um, but I also think she's just being a teenager 
and mm-hmm. any teenager going through what she's going through where she has her parents but her parents aren't her parents um and feeling like she's she doesn't uh, really fit in and doesn't understand her past because all of that was thrown at her and now she has to just be isolated because people are hunting her just because she's a clone um uh, I think that all works fine. I don't. I have no problem with it, and I do like that they really do push the the arc narrative of not only them acknowledging themselves as Macy's parents, but Macy acknowledging them as parents. It's not just there's like subtext; line. it's it's clear text. There's a there's a line when they when the the original trio and Macy because they end up together, they survive the 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 car crash, uh, and she sees Owen and Claire, and she's like, "Those are my parents." Yeah, and that's kind of like the end of that that arc that she recognizes i like that i quite enjoyed that yeah i do too i also liked um the in the beginning we see macy helping uh the construction workers get the apatosauruses out off of yeah their construction um, site it's it's a really nice moment because i think like um you get you get still this involvement of um whether it's the old cast seeing them again for uh for the first time seeing dinosaurs in in person for the first time in a while at least uh, and acknowledging like boy you just never get used to it or it's the scene with the construction workers where like they've heard that there are dinosaurs they maybe seen them on the media sure but they haven't seen them in person clearly by the way that they're reacting to the apotosauruses and that's a very sweet like wonder moment of uh, Macy helping them to move the apotosauruses out of their construction zone safely uh, I yeah. thought that was really nice I do too. it's like it's like Jurassic World Dominion at its best I uh, I know you disagree with this one, Sparks, but I wish I wish there's no way in the script to include Blue, but I yeah. don't think Blue gets enough to do in this movie. Um, I I think Blue. It's weird to say I think Blue is one of the most well-rounded characters in the Jurassic World trilogy. That's um, that's saying something then. For- yeah, I, I really like Blue in in both Jurassic World and Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Um, I figure if you're going to do an anthropomorphized anthropomorphized animal, then do it well, and I think they did. So having her basically just kind of like sidelined because there you can't travel with her in the in the way the where you set the script it has to be in a specific place, um, and barring that I wish I also wish we got more Beta because as soon as Beta is freed she's gone for about forty five minutes before the before they go looking for her again. I think, mm-hmm. um, and I wish that I wish we got more of at least of of at least Beta causing some some trouble. Sure. I mean, because really, it's just, you know, Macy's not looking for Beta after she sets her free. Yeah. It's Owen has to get to the building, and he he looks for her once he gets to the building. He just hasn't gotten to the building yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I hear you. I just I just don't I don't see it as an issue personally. Sure. Um, what, what, I'm what, I'm what, like what? Ryan. I'm I'm kind of anti-hero dinosaur outside of uh, Jurassic World. See, like, I don't necessarily see it as a hero dinosaur. I guess in Blue's case, I, I guess in Blue's case, I do. But, like, it's just her. I don't see it anywhere else. Yeah, and I, I, I am specifically citing, like, yeah. that's why I didn't need Blue in this movie more. Because if if she is going on the venture with them, then she is a hero dinosaur. Like, it's like, don't worry, we'll call our friend Blue. <laughs> Go get the Atrociraptors. And I'm like, I'm really no, glad we didn't do that. And you're absolutely right. Like, the, 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 the setting of the script in Italy... You can't. They're not taking her. Blue's not right. on this trip Just with give them. Give her a big mustache, <laughs> Alan. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I think the workaround is just a different script. Honestly, quite honestly, I think that's just how you fix everything. It's just write a different script. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think that you've you, you have you have uh, set up Blue in these two in these two films, 
to to kind of I look the, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna scratch the blue topic because like it leads into what I think is th- this film ends the Jurassic World trilogy and the Jurassic Park franchise with a whimper and not a bang. That was my final question. Um, what is the because this is the cap off of the saga or whatever? Like, what is what what are the final moments of the saga? What's happening? What's in the world? Like, what where's what's the state of the world at the end of this? It's pretty much where we ended Fallen Kingdom. No, That's it's why. it's a little more than that because um, uh, Grant, Sattler, and Malcolm are going to court to um, uh, bring out the information about Biosyn and um, set uh, uh, higher grounds for a natural preserve. Like the idea is that um, they're going to be the four the four minds of the momentum going forward on on where the dinosaurs are, what to do about them. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I I. I think it goes out well for all of our human characters. I think it's a good end point to all of our human characters. I think it leaves everything about the dinosaurs kind of up in the air. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There's... So like like I all of the human characters get to the Ooh. He's his, his internet is probably real bad. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be back soon. Um while we're while we're waiting, I'll I'll say a different point. Um woo has there's a moment with Wu where he's able to be with the um with the group like he he walks in hobbling like he's the hostage that he is holding his his briefcase and he's like um i it's my fault i made a mistake and everyone like everyone recognizes him because they've met him before um and uh they met him once 30 years ago (laughs) well right but like um, he's been in the papers now also because that they blamed jurassic world on him um dr Wu. Yeah, and so like, and so like, he comes and is like, "It's my fault if if we did this," and like, they have to like, he then joins the group and be and is like with mm. them for the rest of the adventure. Not like they're escaping at that point, but gotcha. I mean, that was all right. I wonder if Sparks is gonna come back. Yeah, he'll text us probably. Yeah. Um, is there a post credit scene? No, no post credit scene. Interesting. Um, it does end with uh, Wu. Uh, in a field of in a field of reeds. <laughs> Um, walking, walking in with the with the with the new bioengineered uh, locust that's going to spread the disease to the other locusts, and uh, here's Sparkles, um, and he has got the like the locust, and he like sets the locust free. The good locust. <laughs> yes, Sparks. Hello. Oh, Sparks, I think you're delayed. Yeah. Well, that's the end of Jurassic Park. Unless you guys have any more, any more, any more thoughts, some questioned out. Well, let me see. Um, I I wrote a Trosseraptor scene sucks. I don't really care for it. Um, oh, I guess that's I guess that's it. I won't, I won't. I wrote quite a bit. Sparks, do you have anything anything left? Um, I just I think that uh, with expectations properly aligned to what the previous two outings of the Jurassic World trilogy have been, I don't think that this was necessarily a, a far reach away from what those films gave you. Um, and I think going in with with the proper uh, I shouldn't say that because I don't think that's accurate. I think going in and not having a lot um writing on it to me benefited me in the sense that like i i felt rewarded by a fun and what i thought ultimately strung together well enough 
narrative for what it was doing. Um, I don't think it's uh, breaking the mold. I don't think it's doing anything bold or new. And I wouldn't say it's the uh, conclusion to um, now what would be the uh, large Jurassic franchise that I would have wanted. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, there's more fun to be had here personally than there is in Fallen Kingdom. Um, upon future rewatches just because of the value of uh i think the human character plot and getting our original characters back uh our our lead trilogy characters back and them being so dang good uh and fun to watch it it kind of almost makes it rival almost makes it rival jurassic world to me um but i don't know i'd have to watch it again right now i at least hold it on on pretty equal footing the fallen kingdom probably favoring this more um uh, as you as you probably aware I'm, I'm i'm the opposite there um because of how much i enjoyed fall i enjoy fallen kingdom now but that's not to say who knows where i'll be in a couple of years like, i did a complete 180 on fallen kingdom like who knows i could love this movie the next time i the next time i watch it um, i doubt it i mean you know i doubted it with fault with fallen kingdom yeah i don't know um brandon I brandon hated fallen kingdom yeah and now I love it. Yeah. How did, he, he how did I it. feel? Because I, I remember being like, whatever. I'm pretty sure you hated yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Nobody liked it. When okay. we talked about it, nobody liked it. Okay. Um, so two things. Uh, just to cap off the Wu discussion. Uh, he's the worst character in the trilogy. Uh, he doesn't. So inconsistently oh. written. It, do, it doesn't go to anywhere. It's dumb. <laughs> You're, you're right. Uh, we didn't really like put put the final stamp on that. It, it's really, really baffling to have set up Wu the way they did in Jurassic World and like to get to this point and like n there's no consistency between his three appearances. There's yeah. no sense of like an arc like in many ways like I, I at least hoped that what it would be is that um, as we were starting to learn the plot of this film and uh the stuff about uh macy's mom charlotte i thought that what it was going to be is that he was obsessively like mad that he never figured out what charlotte figured out with dna sequencing mm -hmm. and that that had driven him kind of uh over the board and obsessed with macy and like the fact that we don't get woo eaten by a dinosaur or anything like that is is kind of like a eh, okay i yeah. guess um it, it, it i just it, it they it never feels like they had a clear idea of what they were doing with him yeah it sucks because they set him up twice he just keeps setting him up. The second time, he just gets knocked out and leaves the movie. <laughs> oh wow, uh, that was Fallen Kingdom. Um, yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of wish that like they did think about it, or if they did, they followed through because something didn't happen that they thought they wanted or whatever. Yeah, it's just a bummer because like. Uh, I probably when I eventually do watch this, I'll be able to get some enjoyment. Like I know already, I'm gonna love a uh, 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 laser pointer dinosaur assassination. That sounds great in my book. Um, everything else is just like you know, I just really can't connect with Owen or Claire. Uh, but maybe this will be the movie that does it for me. Um, um I have I have one more. Oh, if you have one more thing, go ahead. No, I mean, um, at the end of the film. Uh, they set this up a little bit. Uh, they say we have some of the Nublar dinosaurs in this in this place. Um, at the at the very end of the film, we see the two remaining T Rexes from Isla Nublar, um, the the mom and the the mom and the the baby T Rexes from the Lost World. Um, they were they were in falling they were in Camp Cretaceous recently, mm -hmm. so it was cool to see uh, the T Rex. Rexy from Sorna interacting with the two Nublar dinosaurs that two Nublar T Rexes. That's I cool. That was cool. Right. 
uh, what what Brandon's referencing there, I thought was really nice because um, as I pointed out to him, he didn't know this before. Uh, uh, Rexy from Jurassic Park Classic and the T Rexes from the Lost World Jurassic Park, they're a uh, different look. They have a different color pattern and design to them. I personally really like the Lost World ones, so when they show up here and they don't look the same, I was really appreciative that they didn't just like retcon them into also being the same color pattern and everything as Rexy. That they acknowledge like these are two different looking T Rexes. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Dodson, Dodson's death. We we touched on it, but like the Dilophosaurus is in this movie twice. Um, there's multiple. Dodson is in this underground tunt, like speed tunnel, bullet tunnel, whatever pill that he's running through, uh, and that that gets shut down. And he decides to leave it by going out the front, uh, and then the Dilophosaurus is standing in the, it, there, waiting for it. Not. Not for nothing, the guy playing Dodson does make some interesting choices with like mannerisms and quirks to the character to try to make him stand out. Uh, and I, I don't think that's meaningless. Mm-hmm. All right, why don't we rate it? Um, pretty much the same as I give Fallen Kingdom, it's about seven out of ten. I will give it a six. I think I'm actually going at 5.5 at this point, the more I think about it. Um, Dang. yeah, I'm not, um, uh, I think it's. You feel how you feel. I think it's fine. I just, I'm, I was, maybe I went in with the wrong expectation. The thing for me is like, even if it's just a fine movie, like when you're doing this finality, this final epic, you know, you're doing your end game, you're Rise of Skywalker. I just want you to like, again, I haven't seen the movie, but like I could tell like there wasn't as much thought as something like an end game. Like I just want them to treat the final one with like respect and care. And it's just like, they're just putting out a big blockbuster and like, just have a little bit of care. Like at the very, at the very least, the second time I watched Fallen Kingdom, I acknowledged it was a lot of fun. Like at the very least, I was hoping to have a good time, mm-hmm. but quite honestly, it just made me sad. Yeah, I, I, I did have a good time. I think that um, there is respect and care. It's just not in every compartment that you necessarily want to be with this franchise. Okay. I, I guess I emerge in some ways, in some ways, grateful because I think, I think I went in the most nervous that what was going to be mishandled was the original characters. Yeah, me too. And uh, and the new characters to an extent, but but specifically like integrating the original characters and the fact that I think that's one of the highlights of the film has me pretty high on it. Yeah. Um, good. 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 I I, I don't want to be mean. Like I feel like I, I I'm trying to be as positive as I can, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my six. Sure. Like out of ten. Um. All right. It's a little late, but do we want to do the book club? Yeah. We've already you pushed want- it one week. I don't think we should push it another. Let's do, do it. it. I'm so sorry. I'm a bad podcast, bro. Ben did send me his thoughts about Dominion real quick. Um, There (laughs) are parts I love it. There, there are parts I love and parts I cringed at. The dinosaur action was fun and tense, but there were times that the acting was not the greatest. It was mostly the beginning parts of the movie where I wasn't a fan of, but once they got in the valley, it had my attention six out of 10. Same as me. Cool. Cool. So um, that's where he's at. Okay, cool. Um, All right. Uh, Let me get my stuff open here. So sorry. Like last week, it is once again your turn. That's true. That's true. Um, so what we're doing is Vader Dark Visions. And um, this is a section of five stories. They're all written by uh, Dennis Hallam. Um, the first one has art by Paolo, uh, Paolo Villanelli. And the second by Brian Level. And the third by David Lopez and Javi Pina. Oh, yeah. Um, the fourth by Lee Lowridge. Oh, sorry. Uh, 
uh, by Stephen Mooney and Lee Lowridge, and the fifth by uh, Geraldo uh, Boris and Marcio Menez. Lovely. Um, Yeah. Uh, So there are five separate stories. Let's just go through them one at a time, I think. Um, Let's talk about the first one. Uh, What did you guys think of this? This is the one where Vader falls out of the sky. Vader on a horse. Uh, I first. I was gonna say I like uh, this being an anthology. uh, I I knew they were all gonna be different stories, but how different each one is really cool and unique. Uh, The first one being like he's like he's a hero without them knowing who he really is. Really cool idea, and like the fact that he might have just killed them, but he was but like the force basically saved them in a way. Like at the end, um, really cool, unique kaiju big battle story. Love it. This is my least favorite. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about this one. I think there's some good imagery. I really like the the kaiju design. I really like Vader on that horse. is is a cool image. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not crazy about this one. I I, I far I like the book a lot more as as we went through the other stories. That's fair. Why? Can I ask why? It just kind of felt flat for me. Um, I like the angle of it of like the um the 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 it's being it's telling the the story of vader and it loops and then it loops like it's like a loop right like the it it, it he where it ends he's like okay now i'm going to tell you the story about darth vader as we've been hearing his narration of the story of darth vader um and I, I, like i like it it just ultimately for some reason somehow some way just fell flat that's fair i i find it interesting that like that this is the least interesting one because I find the ones near the end of the book more more uh, like standard mm-hmm. as opposed to like like this is like I didn't expect this from the book whereas like the ones in the later ones I'm like oh yeah this is absolutely what I expected um, but that's I mean that's fair they're all I think uh, they're all unique in their mm-hmm. own way which is which is cool yeah um, I I think that uh... oh sorry no, no, no go ahead no I'm 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 way off. I'm sorry. Uh, I I really like the first one. Um, I I like Vader as uh, perceived as this heroic figure, this noble black knight who's come to save our our planet from uh, this monster. Uh, and uh, the 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 narration of the kid who's like, I'm a fool. I'm a fool who should have run. I should have run because I'm going to die. Uh, I'm going to be killed by the ender and then uh vader force pushing him out of the way to fight the monster and he sees it as like an act of saving to get um, out of the way i i just think that's all so good uh this also correct me if i'm wrong but like a lot of these stories are kind of connected like they have connective tissue of like the rebel who's just like stolen this plan and like the like the battle that that darth vader is in he like comes in from with the doctor uh, there's like a, I think there's a small connective tissue throughout that starts in this in the bat in the battle at the beginning of this. I see, I see what you're saying. I I I suppose that could be there. It's it's not overtly clear enough, I think, but I I get what you're going with there. Yeah, like different perspectives along the same kind of plot line. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anything yeah. I just else? I just think that first one's pretty neat. I like the art a lot. Um, yeah. The, the I, scale, I like the, the idea scale of it. this idea of uh, of yeah i think i think like if you did a vader disney plus series i'd want to see a part where he's perceived uh incorrectly mm-hmm. uh, by a population this um, is uh... i i said that i really like this one i might have i might have even said it's my favorite but the second one is is probably my favorite uh go ahead ryan uh this um 
this like this first one could absolutely be in like an episode of Visions, where like where you see people perceive Vader as a hero, and you just see a Black Knight in a way. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. What's the second one? So the second one is the one where you have um, the uh, uh, commander uh, Tylex, who is uh, he. Uh, radios in the report because they didn't capture the rebel spy and the, the underling convinces him that like, but in many ways, isn't this a victory? And he's like, yes, yes, you're right. I, I suppose report to Darth Vader that we, we're doing quite well. Rep- report to them. And it's like, oh, good, sir. Great. Uh, Darth Vader's on his way to pick up the rebel spy. And then he's like, oh, God. And he flashes ah! back to like what happens to people who fail him. And he gets so driven mad by it that he goes the paneling, the paneling they do with the Star Destroyer yes, on love, so many of the pages. Yep. I love this issue. Oh, yeah. This is this is actually my second favorite issue. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I, this ha- but this has my favorite page, which is, yeah. if I can, if I can... Oh. I got you. Go. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it yeah. is. Yeah. The uh, the 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 Star Destroyer going through the, the asteroid worm is in... Like, he's just like, he's like, it's, it's big. We're bigger. Groom. <laughs> Yeah, the um the the absolute Get, go through the go through the asteroid field. Uh the absolute like insanity and like determination that this guy has cuz like he knows he's going to die unless he gets he gets this rebel. Yeah. Uh so he will kill everyone that he needs to and destroy his own crew if he needs to and to get where he needs to. The horrible thing is like through this crusade his entire crew died except for him. And when, then and- like Vader shows up and he's just like, I, you were warned about failure, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, this yeah, is another, I think, I think it's, <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. No, I'm done. <laughs> I, I think this is a stupid, stupid good issue, both in the visualization of the story it's telling with the commander and, um, just the narrative of it. I think they do such a good job. Just the, the shot of his eyes at the moment when he hears Darth Vader is coming is so yeah. good. Uh, just the like fear that like grips him. I think that's such a good, just Vader, uh, uh, Vader story that Vader's not even in that much, but it tells you so much about Vader. Vader's yeah. in the very end and in one flashback page, but otherwise it's his, it's his, the mere idea of Vader that is driving this story. It's his, it's his presence alone that like that drives the fear. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's the opposite of fear. Love. Is that the next issue? That's the next issue. It's the next issue. Uh, that's my favorite. I, I love that issue. I think that issue is um, it. I, I, I love it's the Harley Quinn thing of like, she's, she's seeing everything that Vader has done. Like she's like, she sees like mm-hmm. the, the, the Victorian era, like the Bridgerton Vader. Um, and he's like, you will never like hearing James Earl Jones's voice in my head when he's, when she, when he's like choking at the thing to protect her honor. And he's like, he, he did oh, that yeah, to protect so my honor. Oh, uh, it's so good. Uh, it, yeah. It's like, turns into like, um like the lost city of D like, like fantasy cover yeah. model stuff. Uh, and he, really fun. And like she, she collects things that Vader leaves, uh, that Vader like falls off of Vader when he comes in for a battle. Uh, and he's like, it's our, it's our love is too pure. And she goes so, the ending where she just goes so insane that she goes into Vader's chambers and it's like, it's unlocked because, because he loves me and he wants me to come in. It's like, it's unlocked because no one dares to go in. It's, yeah. it's, it's basically like, um, she goes out to him and, he, and she does like the shh. I know what you're trying to say, but you won't say it. So I'll say it for you. And then he kills her. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's incredible. It's an incredible issue. 
his his sad eyes just looking at her like what what is this like what is going on <laughs> get this garbage out of here like just oh my gosh yeah i love this issue yeah yeah uh, i think it's really good i yeah, think that the, this uh sick hero worship is so uh t- done so well to this extent of like what if she convinced herself of this tale yeah the yeah the, the her picking up stuff of his and she's like oh he's leaving me things little secrets this is for me and me alone like oh my yeah. god <laughs> jesus yeah i think it's a super good issue um i think they did a great job uh the the switch from the art the, like the standard art is pretty good like what you're seeing most of the time but then when you switch into like her fantasy art is so good they yeah. they get the romance cover idea of it the um just the fantastical elements the paint brushes uh, it all looks so good i i do love this issue yeah, yeah. Uh, the artist is David Lopez for the regular stuff, and I remembered uh, he did All New Wolverine with Tom Taylor, and I was like, that's where I recognize that guy. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. yeah. Issue four. Um, let's, yeah, let's go on to issue four. I uh, think for me, this is probably the weakest, personally. Um, I like it, uh, yeah. but it, it, um, it's just not quite as strong as I want it to be. I do like the... Uh, the the impression of this guy who like had this fear to to pull the trigger and he gets overconfident and then when faced with vader like he falls all apart over again i think the best part about it is frankly at the very end when you get the the mesh of uh the rebels being destroyed and at the very bottom is like his face overlaying next to vader's uh of i i'm sorry i failed i couldn't i just couldn't do it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um i think the art stephen mooney is a terrific artist i think the art's really good i just found this to be again kind of like like kind of just pedestrian like i like it, it didn't have a, a like like a hook for me like the other ones the other ones really did yeah i i don't i don't think this was my least favorite um i will admit not not to enjoying this one very much but i i, I like the story that it was telling and the 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 parallel of the of the of the guy who basically got everyone killed because he couldn't pull the trigger and then mm-hmm. got, did it again uh when yeah. faced with vader I, I like i liked it enough yeah um, it, it i do have... like that I do like that Vader's um, sharp enough to recognize, like, I don't need to blow up this one. I can trail this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sense is like the weakness in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then five. Five is the one with the bar and the bartender who welcomes all sides of the war, but Darth Vader does not obey those rules. And I think what's wonderful about this one is both uh, like the hallucinations he, he's fear creates uh when he gets poisoned but also um the fact that if he just hadn't picked that one specific thing yeah that's great art um if he had not picked that one specific thing i also like this piece uh then vader wouldn't be chasing him it's because he picked the specific bag that he did that he's getting hunted give it to me Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, this one uh again it is kind of like a simple story of just like a guy getting chased by vader but the hallucination stuff and the art uh is just exceptional i really love the colors uh uh the imagery is really good the paneling is very good um like some of the first issues uh i like this one a lot yeah yeah i i I don't i don't i i I don't know 
I was, I don't know. Why do you one. hate Darth Vader, Brandon? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think Darth Lord. I, I think it's a nice little bite-sized uh, story telling you about like this. I like the idea of a place where like the war is put aside outside of these walls. Like you in mm. here, you know, you put down your weapons. It's all good. And then Vader comes in, and Vader's like, "That doesn't apply to me. <laughs> that doesn't apply to me at all." <laughs> the the bar guy just freaking out. Everybody that tries to fight Vader just getting mowed through. Um, yeah. I think that's a ton of fun. Like my my whole point of like uh, showcasing these was not necessarily like I want to see these specific stories adapted, but like if we were to get a Vader spinoff, because there's been a lot of buzz about it in in the light of Obi Wan Kenobi and Hayden Christensen be cast, is the kind of richness you can have with Vader just as Vader, even as his the mere idea of Vader. You don't even need Vader in a ton of the episodes uh, to instill storytelling in the universe. Absolutely. Just remember the remember the the meme where it's like. I want my own spinoff. Anakin, your whole the whole saga is your spinoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the That's finale. true. It's very funny, but I, I do think that this uh, showcases... Sorry, Ryan. This yeah. showcases what's so um, uh, strong about the potential of the storytelling that can surround the figure. Hmm. Yeah, uh, again, like, the different, like, perspectives of Vader, of, like, they're not all that he's the villain. Like, some people don't even know who he is, and they just see him as, again, like, a knight. It's really cool. I love the finale of this, that Vader doesn't kill the guy. Uh, he just leaves him that, well, you can't see it. He leaves him just drugged up and, like, like riddled, like, in a, in a, in a like, a broken uh, cabin or whatever. Uh, and I'm like, he has some mercy for crazy drugged out people. Like, he's not totally merciless. He remembers what it was like on Coruscant with the death sticks. Oh, you want some death sticks? <laughs> You know, you want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Uh, I, I love the idea of this, mm. and I, I wish there would be more. I don't know if there's more, uh, but I like the idea of it a lot. Darn. My uh, my tablet has decided to update at the most inopportune time. Oh, no! Whatever will I do about reading the outro to this show? We just can't, we can't, can't end the... Oh, do we know Ben's book club? Yes, ask. we do. Um, okay. So Ben and I talked about it in advance because uh, I realized right after we talked about doing this one that I realized that there was maybe a better one I should have picked. And I talked to Ben about it and, and Ben was like, you know what, I'm going to take that one because uh, I almost retracted this one. And so Ben's is uh, from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is seven oh. issues from the Star Wars run detailing from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, kind of helping us to tie in more of talking about the show. That... Yeah, that that's the one that's the one that collects the various obi-wan kenobi issues from the main yes. star wars yes title Ooh. i'm it's just seven gonna, issues i'm just gonna real quick see how that is on uh uh marvel unlimited yeah uh, go ahead uh it, it's a it's a collection you say yeah yeah it's its own collection i can Maybe. tell you the issue numbers if we need to Oh, then yeah, it's just probably under Star Wars number yeah. thirty-one or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so I'll I'll tell you what those are in our text thread. Okay. Yeah, I think one of them is like Star Wars seven or Star Wars six. Mm -hmm. Um, like that. Okay. Well, um, I guess I'm just gonna have to wing this one as much as I can. That's the show, guys. Thank oh, you. Five Everyone. star runtimes. Yeah, we had a lot to cover. Um, I think we did. It. I think we did a good job. We got a lot of good stuff in this show juicy all right guys happy anniversary once again this is the oh. this is our anniversary our six-year anniversary has ended 35 minutes ago hot dog um and uh you know it's been a wild ride and here's the six more years um we can of course uh check out all sorts of things next week sorry uh trying to, to remember how i do this specifically next week is lightyear mm -hmm. pixar's newest film lightyear 
Um, there, if you want, by the way, uh, Sparks was kind enough to put up the uh, Pixar ce- our little Pixar celebration as its own video. If you want yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. that, if you want to watch or listen, if you want to watch that before you see Lightyear, be cool. Um, okay, so stay tuned for all of that. Uh, and I think after that, I'm not too sure what's actually after that. Oh, the black phone, maybe. Ring, ring, ring. Yeah, why not? Um, Hello, uh, it's murder. <laughs> Hello, murder here. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, like this video, subscribe to this channel. You can find all sorts of shows, uh, such as Fake Nerds Watch. We've mentioned it up top, but there's tons of Fake Nerds Watch shows coming. Concurrently, you can find Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Boys, Stranger Things, um, uh, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, upcoming Miss Marvel, lots of lots of fake news watches that you can go. Uh, Mag, always a gentleman says good night, gang. Stay safe. Happy anniversary. Bye, Catch you later. Thank you, you're, sir. You're the best. You're the best. All right. Um, and of course, we got Basement Arcade. We have Basement Arcade pause menu, um, which I believe a new issue, a new episode coming soon. Sparks. Um, it depends. Ben and I haven't touched base about it. Um. Uh, but we'll definitely have uh, the pause menu for the um, summer summer game fest. Very cool. Um, and we also have Fakner Book Club and Choo oh. Choo 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 Animation Station. Thank you so much, Animation Station. You can find all those shows on this YouTube channel. Uh, if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, some of them are even audio. If you're listening to the audio, check those out on their own feed. I'm sure. Um, we have a, a Patreon and we have a Tee Public. If you want to support us financially, um, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Um, you can find all those links below in our description, or you can find them on our website at fakenerpodcast.com, which is also linked below. Uh, Fakener Podcast on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Fakenerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure. I didn't say thank you. Don't forget our homies with the music and the logos. I didn't say thank you. See, this is why I got to have this thing yeah, in yeah. front of me. Um, so thank you to everyone who supports us. Thank you to everyone who listens to us. Thank you to everyone who um, does uh, who watches the Rewind. Thank you to everyone who watches us live. We greatly appreciate all of you guys. Thank you to our good friend, Jeremy Bellucci. You can find uh, him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards on Instagram. Um, and he does all of our all the music you've heard tonight. All the music you've heard tonight and all the music you hear on all of our shows, that's Jeremy Lucci. You'll find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist Official, with a new logo. Actually, they put up a new logo for that. Um, Suburban Proctologist Official on Instagram, Subproc Podcast on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm. No, it's reverse. It's Subproc Podcast on Instagram, Suburban Proctologist Official on Facebook. That's true. I got, I got there. Uh, Mike Matola, thank you, to Mike Matola. He did our, a couple of our logos for us, and of course, a uh, big collaborator over our journey through this. You can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, fakenerguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm a BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, where I put up a bunch of Jurassic World Dominion reviews. Uh, not reviews. Uh, lists. You can also find my writings on Atomic Geekdom, where I go through where I'm going through 50 of the most defining moments of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, called Revisiting the Infinity Saga. 36, no, 37 is in the description below. There's also another article if you're interested in hearing more of my thoughts on Jurassic World. You'll have a ton of it, but you also have an article on Atomic Geekdom about the Indominus Rex that you could check out. Um, 
and I edit Kaijurama Media, where I forgot that I put up a piece on Monday about the second season of Godzilla, the Hanover Bear animated series, finally coming to YouTube. Screw Ben, of course, you can find at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find his um, his writings on Go Nintendo, uh, Old School Gamer Magazine, and Fusion Gaming Magazine. Um, yeah, check those out. Mm-hmm. And Ryan. Hey guys, you can find me everywhere on the internet at DJ Tony Snark 616. You can find me live on Twitch and YouTube when my brain lets me. And Sparks. Um, real quick, uh, I did forget uh, again, bad podcast bro. Ben also said about the Vader anthology book for the Fickner <laughs> Book Club that uh, the book, he didn't say a lot. The book was great, and the story with the love struck girl was my favorite. Great stories all throughout. Beautiful. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, I'm Sparks Witty. You can find me at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty, just uh, waiting to go to infinity and beyond. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to our channel. Until next time you see us, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs> <laughs>